I looked at the potatoes. I painted the potatoes, what they were like. I waited for the potatoes to reveal their mystery. Five old potatoes in a moldy white bowl, soft and forgotten, blushing green in the throbbing dark. They mold in their pursuits. I left them next to the sink, precise, a landmark. You might forget them there. I think that you might forget them there. Think that you might forget them there. And welcome back to WTF and Vonadil. I'm Spicy Ryan, and I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world with... The Fox Danger. And today we're joined by our esteemed, but not forgotten, but hasn't been here in a while guest... <laughs> the Scholar Funkworks. The Scholar Funk... What, what is that? What, 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 okay, cut, cut. What, what is this? You gave me the nickname after my last iteration of History of Final Fantasy XI. Okay, that was a terrible, was it. terrible judgment on my part, as all judgments are. So, thank you for rejoining us, Funk. The yeah, Funk no, Danger. <laughs> and today, we are going to be discussing all our normal shenanigans, but Empyrean weapons. Because apparently, we've not joined a uh, discussion on that and, and covered those. We had a nice topic on mythic weapons. I think we covered relic weapons. And we even did some lore and stuff in the past, but we've not covered the mythical, magical, Empyrean weapons, and the time has come. And you guys are along the ride for the ride. Enjoy. So we'll start off with the guest, of course. Funk, how are you doing? Well, thank you for asking, Spicy. <laughs> oh, you're quite welcome. <laughs> instead of forgetting well. you. If, instead of forgetting me, just glossing over. I've been working on my good old mastery rank. I'm still rank seven. The mastery rank is in the really super serious system of ranking up that little number on the flag next to you when you talk in the assist channel, but not your master levels. Not to be confused with master levels, yeah. I was You've thinking I was going to You've been chasing eight for a while, man. I have been. I ranked up from seven, from six to seven uh, maybe a year ago, but I'm from still seven, seven to eight is just a long grind. I did a whole bunch of Abyssia. I thought I'd be ranked eight a long time ago. How unfortunate. I, I just don't know how you're going to face the world not being rank eight, you fucking scrub. I need to probably work on some blue magic spells. Does that count? I think it does. Oh. We, we basically. Oh! We also figured out, uh, Birth figured out that you can D level. He changed his nation in the past. He lost his middle level Tana and he ranked from eight to seven down. Are you kidding me? What the yep. hell? How, wait, he, how do you lose that? He didn't do the fucking quest for that to not lose the rank? I think it's, it depends it depends on which nation you're in. Yeah, so the, if you switch the quest nations, for that lose... nation. So there's a quest line in the, in the past for Sandy, Bestock, and Windurst. And if you don't do the quest line for those nations, which is like the quest mission line of the Wings of the Goddess mission line, then you can derank every evaluation if you haven't done the last missions or whatever. I'm not sure about that. I think you have to rank up in campaign for each. No, different... no, no. It's, 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 you have to rank up in campaign normally as you would, as you do. But it's the quest line. It's not the complete quest line, but at a latter portion of the quest line, you eventually gain the, um, unfortunately, did not meet our expectations as high as they are when you go to your evaluation and they tell you that, you know, we're not going to take your medal away anyway because you're our, uh, our fucking hero or something. But it's the quest line for that uh, nation mission rank thing that keeps you from deleveling ever. Once you yeah, it must be it. it. Yeah, that, that, I know it's it. But after he got it back, he went back up to rank. So it must be a very big way on the mastery rank. Well, that's middle good. Of I'm focusing on that. And I've also been almost, almost done with my 2013 history. Are you not? Well, oh, wait, hold on. Before we go to 2013 history of Ben deal here, are you not done with your ranks of the campaign medals? Or? Not done with that. I'm just saying birth found out that you can be level. Or are you a Wings of Altana? 
I have I have middle of autonomy. Yeah, I'm okay. not going to switch over ranks. I'm thinking that I'm not going to bother with other countries. I know he did lots of campaign ops, and I think we pretty much figured out they don't matter. Yeah, he had been editing the campaign ops thing. I don't know if you can determine they don't matter or not because there's so many things adding up into this, but... Yeah, it's going to be like the last thing I do if I ever even do it. At this point, with how people are completionists for this whole game at this point to get mastery ranks, it's just doing every single possible minuscule thing in this game. And now I've been working on the stupid uh, Moltkarp quest. That's been fun. <laughs> Please contribute your life meaning more meaningfully to society in a way that matters or something to that effect. Yes, yeah, so that's it's a quest and a title. So titles do matter. Yeah. So it'd be like two things at once if I, I mean, done. I'm the leader of Asera. That's my title. So I don't know if you have a title. So everyone well, should bow down and give you all their mock carve. Bow down and give me all of your spike flails. Same thing. <laughs> well, good luck with that, man. Like, that sounds like way too much. Like there, there's a lot of those quests that can be fun, but I think just sitting there grinding out all the quests forever <laughs> just doesn't sound great to me. It's it's more than that too. Like right now, I've also been working on guild points. Oh, I got no. my aprons because each apron gives you a title. I just switched over to cooking as my oh, last one. No. For the hat and the apron. Oh, that's awful. Oh my, that's straight up awful. Why? There's a certain point where things aren't reasonable. Doing every quest and every mission and every mission line quest and everything like that—that's pretty reasonable. Doing every ROE every nm like that's reasonable but changing for aprons that's wait wait so i'm i'm like level 120 something cloth right so if i were to take cloth and be like oh you know what i'm gonna go get my smithing apron and i switch over to smithing doesn't it like de-level your your craft i can answer this one because i've done it oh, no. too. okay full fun can answer because he's the guest and he's done it he knows better so you can switch over to guild points but you have to be i think it's adept to actually get the apron in the craft yeah. So you do need to rank up in that craft, and Levels you will not be level plus. Oh. 68 plus, plus the actual rank. So everyone 70 gets the cap. You have oh, to actually yeah, yeah. level up. Correct. It's by turning in the item to the guild master. And when you do, you unlock the ability to level your other craft, and you will de-level your main craft. It's best to do it on the mule, or stick it out as long as you can as a craftsman, and get the you, points before you, you switch. If you if you make something level seventy or sixty plus now, because that's what it is, you will well, de-level yes, it. Yes, you skill. could de-level it if you craft, but I did not craft while I did this. So. I mean, honestly, I'm not even that concerned as to why I would care about deleveling cloth because that craft is just actual garbage. So maybe I should just do it and get other aprons. You know, I was concerned about the progress on Escuchion, but Spicy said that it doesn't matter. So that's why oh, yeah, Escuchion. What's it? It got a scoot in its chair. It's Scoochion. Whatever it's called. It's sh- whatever, the shield. Fucking scooch over, honey. It's a uh, Scoochion. <laughs> so, yes, you can obtain any apron for any job in the game. I obtained the apron for a cloth craft on my main because many, I'm many sorry. moons ago when Synergy first came out, I had max thwacking when you, you know, you still cannot to this day change your points in Synergy. So what you pick is what you get. And in order to max, uh, you know, safety lever and the more important items, since the whacking is already taken, I could not choose repair. But you can get a repair effect from wearing the clothcraft apron that you make into a clothcraft smock for synergy. Not that synergy is that important, but hey, I can store it in a slip. It costs me nothing. I will have perfect synergy. Maybe one day, if I'm making a synth for someone, you want that repair. Even if you're making like the the Fodia Gorget, the the Hachirin no Obi, stuff like that. You want the repair because maybe things don't go perfectly. You don't want to start over. You can just repair. And you I got uh, yeah, I got the Clothcraft smock because it looks better. <laughs> so. Well, all smocks outside of the logo look the same. 
Well, yeah, but it looks better than the the yellow apron or whatever. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you made yeah, a smock in terrible. general. Yeah, the, the, I agree. Yeah. The smock does look better because I am also a puppet master who liked the way Gotsad's outfit looked better than the typical guild outfit. But yes, you can, uh, as long as you're 68 plus in the cap of 70, uh, but if you don't rank up, obviously you wouldn't want to. You can't go past 70, but the cap is 70. If you rank up at 68, you can create in guild points to obtain any guild's apron, then switch back, and it's locked in again, obviously. But as Funk did say, if you craft something that skills you up in the meantime and go to 71, you will de-level from 110 to 109 your main craft. So how many aprons deep are you now, Funk? Oof. I only need the chef's hat and the chef's apron now. Oh. That's scary. But what's something I'm not going to touch is chocobo racing. Ooh, no, I, I don't I mean, want to do that. I mean, that it's a title, man. It's like five or six or seven titles. It takes a month to race a chocobo, and you have to breed ones that have traits. So good good luck with that. I mean, if you're on a Sarah, I have one that has not, uh, what's the thing, endurance? Not canner, but the endurance thing. What'd you name it? Spike foil? Um, (laughs) uh, Neo? I named him Neo because he's going to save us all. Oh, okay. (laughs) Take the red pill? (laughs) <laughs> I only take the blue pill so I can keep myself hard for four hours. Anything longer, consult a doctor. That's called priapism, Fox. Anyway, anything else going on with you, Funk? Yeah, I've been finishing up the History of Final Fantasy XI. Not, not the History of Final Deal, like you call it. It's the History of Final Fantasy XI. Oh, my bad. 2013. My bad, sorry. The History of Final Fantasy XI. This isn't some lore in here. This is actual developer stuff. Lest there be confusion on who's doing that, because, I mean, maybe the the amazing, astute, astounding, unparalleled community team on Twitter for this game releases something similar that might possibly infringe upon the actual collection of works of quality of which you've established. Heaven forbid that might actually happen and they live up to their wage and title. I mean, most people would need both reactions, both sides of it, right? They're just pretty much one side. Maybe they can release a, a video on YouTube and get a collection of reactions and make a reactions to Eleven video and really live up to their oh. community title. I think the reaction video should just like die somewhere <laughs> in a fire. Like, why would you watch a video about someone else reacting to something? It's, it's, it's almost like you can't process your own emotions to react to it yourself. I, I just want to watch this guy pretend to be excited. He's like, oh, oh, the shit. Look at this. Look, the expression on his face is like amazing oh they're obviously feeling themselves to make it over dramatic i'm sharing in my feelings i am validated in being a human being it goes to show how isolated we are fox and well, funk. to be fair though i did watch a video of a uh like a music composer um reacting to dancing mad because i wanted to hear what he had to say about it about the composition as a whole um so i guess it's not entirely based on their their reactions themselves but why call it a reaction video? I would want like a synopsis video. People I don't want to feel good. Work properly, I guess. A- Any more sure. feeling happy is like a uh, an anesthesia, uh, anesthetic drug towards like people's feelings of the world. Like they want to feel happy. They don't want to acknowledge. He things. likes it. I like this now. Yay! Happy. Yeah. Good vibes only, Fox. That's what Jeez. I'm getting. Oh uh, sure. Well. I wish them the best in that. An ether, an anesthesia, uh, you know, uh, a milk of the world. I don't know what the title is. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you're working on your history of Final Fantasy XI. Sorry, Funk. And Oh, you got it right. Yes. Yes. Well, right. And what people, that's the history of, of Von Adil, man. That's just the way it is. I think everyone yeah. calls it the history of Final Fantasy XI. Yeah, do you? You're the only one who does not. Oh, look at me. The guy who hasn't read. It'd be different. 
Hashtag rise above. Other than that, and too much going on over here. Okay. Next, next week is the uh, five-hour broadcast. The f- oh, yes. Yeah, so... Are you going to cover the whole thing? Well, actually, <sighs> you cover the updates, but are you going to stream that live? <laughs> He's as disappointed as I am already. I can hear it. It's 2.45 a.m. Ooh. Ooh. I so don't know. Is it an egg timer? It'll probably be, be all <laughs> Japanese. We, no, we never touched on the egg timer thing with table. That's going to be tonight as well. I'm hoping they do something for English people, though, because they're using the survey questions we had for like, your, which, what do you suggest for the developers? And what oh, do you? I hope they read mine. They'll, yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, I like this game What's as much as the next person, but <laughs> I can't see a scenario where I could talk about this game for five hours. I mean, I think we've topped out at talking about this game for like three and a half. Four. Four. We can almost get there, right? But but just think, they don't have like as broad of a topic, I suppose. Well, I don't know. I guess Final Fantasy Eleven and as a whole would be a very broad topic, wouldn't it? Well, they're gonna I, do- I just don't know what they're going to talk about, and and don't they have that one guest coming on or whatever? For, yeah, it's um, that one girl um, for Grand Blue. I'm not sure about that, but I'm, they, are you talking they about the community the rep who is just fucking just going to be? Uh. Not the no, it's um, it's a voice actor. It's the the uh, Japanese girl. Oh, that's different. I mean, that's that's she's been in a bunch of stuff recently. That's okay, I guess. I talk about expectations. I don't know. I just, I just don't really. I just don't see what they could, they could talk about for five hours. So I, I'm going to watch out of uh, morbid curiosity. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit there at attention for five straight hours and try to try to follow along as they talk about stuff in a language that's probably not, uh, probably not going to be converted to our own. Maybe through subtitles. I don't know. And it's Amiri Kato is who I'm talking about. And I imagine they're going to do something for us because why would they take our, our questions or answers or whatever and not do anything for us? That's a good question. Uh, play online forums. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure something will probably be late, you know, two weeks from now instead of one week. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that's what the official forums were all about. So <laughs> taking our taking our inquiries and doing nothing about them. Yeah. So as far as I'm doing uh, today, it is the return the long-awaited return of the fruit beer. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. And it is the turning on the 67th day rising over the capital of Ukraine here as the Russians have invaded. So, Slava Ukraini, Haroyam Slava. And let's try these Sunrise Over Sea Fruited Kettle Sour from Tilted Barn Brewery with their logo or slogan here, uh, Raise the Barn. <laughs> That's it? Is that Amish? Just raise the bar? No, it's from Rhode Island, which not I mean it's not far removed from Amish country, but it's not Amish country. Let's let's uh ooh, let's try this. It's fruited and kettled. Mm. It's a live sip, ooh. What's the verdict? Yeah. It's a fruit mm. beer. Okay, got it. Yeah. You said it was a live sip? Yeah, I mean we're getting the live sip right now, right? Well, oh we got I thought you were like heard me sipping. No, no, that's what. Uh, okay. I, I didn't hear you yeah, I, I, I opened it for my turn here, so I could. Okay, I, I was gonna say, is my sneezing and things coming across again? Because I do not want to repeat. Sorry for anyone. I, I fixed it ever since in post. Ever since Funk mentioned it last time, so I guess an apology isn't due. Uh, around <laughs> three and change hours, uh, the last episode end there. I was sneezing and I did not know it was coming over, so I, I edited that shit out. Uh, that was that was part of my day I spent fixing my mistakes. And sorry for the sneezing. 
I happened to catch it before you took out the the pauses as well. So I'm like, what did it stop or something? Like, yeah, turn up a bit yeah. I, I you know, instead of like editing it, like when I'm fresh, when I go to bed and wake up, I'll like that night before everything, I'll I'll do stuff and be like, okay, I think that's pretty good. And I'll wake up and be like, yeah, I finished that, didn't I? I'll just publish it. And it's like, oh, I did not finish that. Maybe you should not do that. Yeah, well, when when you go until like fucking four in the morning or some shit. At any rate. This is why we don't do one and a half hour podcasts anymore. (laughs) Well, uh, you're here, so it's going to be super short. We're going to cut you off. We have a time limit to adhere to, unfortunately, Funk. So thank you for joining us. It's been a good podcast. Good night, everyone. Adios. Sorry, fucking Nara. (laughs) So uh, this is under, I mean, it's not. Okay, let me read the story in the side of this. Uh, store cold, enjoy fresh. Sunrise over sea. It's not the sea, it's just sunrise over sea. Sunrise over sea is our fruited kettle sour series here at the barn. We enjoy experimenting with a variety of fruits, and this tart, refreshing, low ABV beer allows us to feature new combinations in each batch. The tartness of this beer shines bright, while the fruit character provides a tidal wave of flavor throughout. We hope you enjoy. Tilted Barn Brewery, located in our historic barn, we are proud to be Rhode Island's first farm brewery. A visit to Tilted Barn allows you to tour the brewery, walk through the fields, and relax in a century-old barn while enjoying the fruits of our labor. Our small batch, handcrafted ales, are the best enjoyed fresh. So, this is like a fucking advert, of course. We're not sponsored by anyone. Uh, so oh. be sure to make sh- make the trek early and often for a true farm-to-pint experience. Cheers, Matt and Cara, whatever, sure. One Hemsley Place, Exenter, uh, Rhode Island, 02822, Tilted Barn I think, the, uh, I think the strongest selling point is where they invite us to join them in their barn. <laughs> Do you feel like you're in a barn now? I feel like I'm tasting part of the barn. Tasting the barn. You know, if you like sours, this is not, not a bad experience. This is not overly tart or sour either. This is, this is pretty good, actually. I will give them a good... Uh, their their art is also some weird lemon on fire with tentacles walking, but the tentacles are hops and other plants with a conch shell and a fish making it's a very weird uh Salvador Dali modernist etc. sort of art style on the can here. So it's something. Not bad. Otherwise, um so I'll talk about my cats for a second here. Oh boy. <sighs> Shout out to New Jersey, because the other day, while I was in the toilet, Carrot decided it'd be funny to open the door and throw the cat inside and say he misses you. And I'm like, what are you doing, you fucking gavone? Close the door. You know, so I appreciate it. And then my uh, immediate reaction is to yell at her to be a fucking gavone for a second, which is, um, if I had to translate that, that's like a uh, unsophisticated, unmannered, sort of fucking rude pig of a person. You fucking gavone. So if someone's sitting there at the buffet eating all the shrimp or something, you call them a fucking gavone because they're a pig. Uh, but that's that, and my cat got out the other day, and I am very upset to have to report to everyone, but my cat has been, uh, you know, a victim of the times. It escaped, I didn't know it escaped, because Carrot was not paying attention when she opened the door to let, like, you know, the olive tree or something out, whatever you people like her do when they're taking care of their plants on the porch. And the cat got out, I did not know until I heard a bump at the door, and I go, where's the cat? And she goes, he's inside, he's sleeping. I go, I look at the bed, I go, there's no cat in that bed. Where's this cat? I look at the door, I go, and he's there, and his face is covered in black. He was, like, rubbing on a tire or something. So my cat came back, Justin Trudeau and all, in blackface. So I apologize to everyone. He's upset by wearing blackface to come back in the house. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yes. Whitey is now blackface. 
And that's that. Otherwise, in game, as far as Odyssey goes, I have capped Sakpata Sword and Paka Staff I mentioned last time, I think. Agwu's hands last night. Uh, and Paka's body is uh, 21. Hands are 16. Legs are 25. Heads 25. I'm, I'm getting all this shit capped right now. We're, uh, we're banging shit out. Thanks, man. But otherwise, uh, that's been going very well. Some member decided never to really show up again, didn't say a word. The only thing he said, in fact, was that his son is now 1,000 pounds. So, that is actually the exact quote. My son is now a thousand pounds. Gotta go. <laughs> and I said, oh my, that's a big boy. And apparently he can lift a thousand pounds now. And he's so proud that he cannot tell us he's not coming. He's not telling us when he's coming back. Has said no word to us. And as a member of the static who's gone through all V20 wins with us and has been there to farm most of these mobs and rank stuff up, he's not said a word. So that's him. His son's a thousand pounds. That's good. Otherwise, we brought Basing... And other people, so shout out to the Link Shell here. The Link Shell's actually grown a lot recently. Anymore, it's like 30 fucking people. Anymore, I'm going to start taking out of the fucking concierge at this point, because it's really good. I guess my nice toxic personality has warded all the shit people off. I mean, not that if you're a shit person, you're not welcome, as long as you're willing to improve, because recently uh, some people couldn't attend. Half the static, in fact, they were doing dinner, setting pictures of, like, fried ice cream with what looked like soy sauce but i assume it's chocolate sauce all over it with a giant roasted marshmallow the size of your fist on top of it which is really weird when it's the size of the cup it's in but anyway nonetheless uh cory g and who's the last one starts with the k that joined cory k-h-o-r-y isn't they're in the discord as well oh man i'm gonna fucking kill is myself this k-a-c-i-l person k-a-c-i-l casile I guess. Yeah, I, I put in the notes, didn't I? No, I just happened to look down and like they said something in LS chat. I, my game's on in the background behind my MF. Let me check these <laughs> notes. I don't want to leave this person out because they joined in the night and it was uh, as good of a pug. It was better than a pug because these people came. They didn't suck. They were prepared in terms of like they were not the best. They didn't have v, they didn't have any V20 wins. They didn't have like cap gear like it was like RZ or whatever. But they came. They were prepared. They knew how to play their jobs. They They... You know, we successfully beat Ongo V20 one out of one just by picking up people we've never played with before. And we did Times 3 Farm. We did Shoal C. We did Shoal B the night before. Whatever. Just like people aren't there. Like I asked the Link Shell now, and it's actually really good people to fill in. Like they're not absolutely 10 out of 10, the best maxed out people as I, you would not want to be because if you've already reached that point, what more do you have to strive for? But shout out to those people in the Link Shell and uh, the, the WTF one and the Link Shell in general for really stepping up to the occasion and not being just full of shitty noobs, I guess. Not that there's a problem with that. It's just I'm proud that random people instantly that I've never played with showed up and like really rose to the occasion for the hardest content in the game. That's impressive. Very. Yeah. I, you never, you never knew what they were capable of before, but now, you know, they can at least do what they did there. So uh, yeah. I mean, one of the one on is pretty good because I invited Laboob. <laughs> Laboob. Uh, one night we're missing just one person for the static, so I'm like, I'll invite Laboob. He knows what he's doing, right? He's got everything. And we tried to do Ongo, and not only was his wild card not up for Ongo, which you think you'd mention if you're fucking joining an Ongo, but he's like, uh, I'll lock my weapon in so I don't lose my TP at the start so I can skill chain off. We, so we run up and had the Black Mage do a veto here and there, get TP in the lobby, veto here and there, Laden Salute or Wildfire to close, make a Helix Burst, and then we go to town after that. I open up, da 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 so the Corsair starts, you know, so we can get a free Helix in there while everything's setting up. And he's like, uh, I'll just make sure my weapon doesn't change. I'll lock it in my, my gear swap or whatever. And at the start, it's like, oh, I guess my weapon didn't lock. I lost all my TP. And I'm like, oh, that's not a good sign. 
And then as we're fighting, it's uh, wild cards not up. Sorry, guys, my gear swap's not working. And he had to stand, like, next to the mob. He's like, I can't see the mob from down there or whatever. I can't, like, everyone's casting. The Black Mage is fucking magic burst in the mob. He can cast in the mob, then you can see on the mob. And he's like, I can't see the mob. Let me stand up here. He's getting dispelled. And he goes, oh, my macros are all gone. <laughs> I'm doing everything manually. And he goes, oh, my gear swap's not working. I reloaded it. I don't know what's going on. Sorry, guys. And we, we lost that, obviously, because you're not skill chaining. You're not doing anything. Your rolls aren't on. It's just, it was a miserable experience of writing the boob. I'm sure he's possibly played this game before and, and things have worked, but when you show up with your one hour not being up and don't mention it, your macros are gone, your gear swap's not working, you can't see the mob and hit it, can't communicate, da 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 then that was that was a typical pug experience on a Sarah. That was good. What a boob. What a boob. Why don't yell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he would be something, and that was not. I mean, maybe he's okay, but that was that was a lot of things at once. That's like five fucking things at once. That's a lot of problems. The one hour thing alone is kind of like, dude. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of problems. Like, I don't understand how someone can just not know to not tell you that. I, I think that's the most concerning point because that would just that would just tell me that you've never actually done this content before. Because you know that wild card gets used. I'm surprised by how many people don't have V20s uh, done in this game. Well, it's not even V20, man. Like, if you've done V15, you would know. If you've yeah. done V, v, even V10, there's an argument that you might want wild card on that, depending on how bad, bad yeah, your card is. You'd want it. I'm sure, I guess. Just to speed it up, at least. I mean, but I know that it. at the very least, at the very least, V15, you're going to want wild card. So if yeah. you've done V15, you should understand how V20 works. Like, yes, it's an integral part of it. Like, you need to reset rate. The difference between civil sorcery. The difference between V19 and V20 is ridiculous. It, well, only because of the regen, because V19 is not too hard compared to, you know... 15. It's the damn ad, really, that's causing us well, to screw up. Well, the ad for Ongo is not bad. It's the ad for, like, Arabati or something that can be pretty bad. Yeah. Ter terrorize, multi-attacks, just being a bitch in general. That that pig sucks. We did almost uh, get Bazing, shout out to Bazing, his win recently, because... <laughs> when it was at the 2% and I'm like I don't need to use a panacea we're good it was magic defense down we'd almost beaten it it was almost a 1% I'm like I'm not going to use a panacea we're almost done here I'd like been chugging on the whole fight and then I got one shotted because the magic defense down and all stats down is on me and I'm like ah oh, you fucking cunt and we lost with like 1% I'm like oh, I'm sorry Bays and that was on me I didn't use a panacea for the 50th time and that <laughs> was painful but also, I guess we can shame Carrot here for a second because she was working the other day on a spreadsheet and it had country code and state code. It was BEL and BL for Belgium. And she's like, is Belgium a country? And I paused for a second and stared blankly. And I'm like, and instead of answering, I said, well, what do you think it is? And she's like, she's like, I don't want to answer that because you're just going to go, yo, no, no, come on. What do you think it is? She's like, no, I'm not going to answer. And eventually I get it out of her. She goes, I thought when they say they're from Belgium, it's like saying they're from Berlin. And I go, oh, hold on, hold on. Are you saying that's all? She, no, no, stop. But I, I just don't know. And I goes, so what do you think that was? She goes, I thought it was like a state, like, like it's a state of Germany. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. So shout out to the American public education system for not teaching people a basic map. Hey. It always uh, surprises me how people don't even know time zones. Not even a time zone. It's a fucking country. I mean, even she, United States time zone. She's a smart woman. It's just like the fact that people don't know geography kind of surprises me. I mean, I couldn't tell you where every European country is. I mean, do you know that Belgium's a country? Yes. Do you know it's not a state of Germany like like Berlin? Yeah. Okay. But then there you go. Really, that that's mostly from my exposure to GeoGuessr than anything else. 
What is GeoGuessr? It's uh, it's integrated with Google Maps, and it's a game where uh, you can go head to head with someone, and you have to guess where you are based on where Google Maps like drops you in on street side anywhere in the world, and the closer you are, like the more points you get, and you're trying to uh, basically kill the other person by dropping their points to zero. Um, it's actually a really cool game, um, and it kind of gets you familiar with like what a lot of these areas look like. But I'm not gonna lie, like the only reason I know that that anything different from what Garrett knows is because I know that Belgium is separate because of that game. Like that's that's literally it. So my otherwise fun. otherwise Belgium has never mattered in my life at all. So why should I know? Girl, are you Belgium? Because I want to violate your neutrality. So, so <laughs> the last thing, a little boy. So the last thing in my in my how am I is uh, I mentioned last time Brenda. I never actually discussed the joke in the podcast. So if we recall my bully I have who made a blog on me saying, oh, I'm a horrible person, whatever, whatever. They have continually with a sock account every single time to the level of like 20 something sock accounts posted about me on their own personal blog. No one reads because it'd be like reading someone's live journal in 2022. No one does it. And this is their personal live journal. And uh, the joke is, here it is, I pulled it up. None of this surprises me. Don't be surprised if Spicy Brian tries to turn it around and make excuses for his bullying. He does to the people and tries to make himself the victim. He is why my friend Brenda doesn't play Final Fantasy XI anymore. <laughs> so, I apparently made someone named Brenda quit in this person's blog, which is obviously not true, even if it is, it's stupid. And so, the meme within our group has been, thanks a lot, Brenda. And Brenda is now memeized in our, if that's the word, memeized, memorialized in a meme in our group. It reminds me of the Karen thing. Uh, apparently, also, they've, they're still posting on socks to this day. Uh, last Wednesday, let's see. He is an asshole to more than you. I'm surprised there isn't more blogs detailing this emotional terrorist. Oh, boy. Well, I'm just going to say it. Am, am I the only person that's, like, bored by this person? <laughs> <laughs> Fox, do I, I don't, have to, do I have to emotionally terrorize you to make you not bored? Like, like this person doesn't matter, and they clearly don't matter in their own lives, right? Or they wouldn't try to like make something out of nothing in order to get people to comment on something that's going on in their it's lives. It's only them. Uh, 20, so 29 I guess just let them let them burn out in the quiet darkness where they belong. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Brenda's a pretty good thing. Have you ever met anyone in this game named Brenda? Because I have not. I I, I have not actually. You ever met a I human a being named Brenda? I knew a Brenda back when I worked for uh, worked as a as a uh, corporate trainer, but like that, she was a nice person. I mean, this person is clearly unstable and not the same person. So, I've known a Brenda. <laughs> How about you, Funk? A Brenda? Yes, I have known a couple. Really? Long time ago, not Is that recently. a Midwest thing? That was in Michigan, so probably. Brenda. Midwest thing. I've never met a Brenda. Mm. Met a Brienne, but then a Brenda. Oh, and the also the last thing too. So the Miryu thing. Oh boy. So apparently every number two link shell, as in any link shell from the concierge I pick up now, is now kicking me over the Miryu thing, and I've become persona non grata in the entire server atmosphere. Are, are you surprised? <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised, but <laughs> I will say that the Miryu spike flail shall now continue until the morale improves. Because at first yeah, it man. was it was some guy who was just being cheeky and like oh this is stupid let me do this and the entire server Reddit R step of XI not the better R such on a fancy one one had freaked out just everyone shouts yells auction house posts just everywhere just going nuts and that's fine but weeks later 
everyone is still going fucking like the Mario bonus is almost capped again. Almost capped again. It's 80 now. So that means that after the loss, 20, 40, 60, 80, it's five days. So it's been at least almost a month since this has happened in terms of the Miriu wipe for everyone from Rosma. And people are still, a month later, being incredibly anti- Like, this is the most important thing in the community's life right now. So they are all consumed by this. I pick up random link shows that just kick me, which is fine, because what I saw was one person doing this to be stupid, and the entire server just ganging up on someone to just be, like, kicking them from their link shell, posting they want to ban, just just absolute vitriol being spewed at someone over something entirely very minor in this game. As in, like, Domain Invasion was their food stamps, and someone just fucking took it out of their mouths or something. And the server will not stand up to bots at RMT, but apparently they will universally, you know, gather together and coalesce around hating on a single individual for spike-filling Miryu a month ago. And still to this day, like, he was in, uh, yesterday, in... Rabau at the, you know, Odyssey home point thing, number two there for the crystal. And just random people were just all spamming slap on him. So apparently by spike flowing at one time and by joining it uh, a week and a half ago, uh, I am also now included in like, you are trash. We want you banned. We report you. So since apparently we can't stand up the bots at RMT in this game and we will stand up and absolutely try to beat down any person who does something stupid. I absolutely want to see Miryu reset at this point just to fuck with these people because if that's how the community will act, especially in Asura, then Asura can go fuck itself. And I absolutely despise all you people. So that is my message on the whole Miryu thing. That's an update on the whole situation. Because at first it was cheeky and funny and silly and stupid. And it's like, well, I see someone being ganged up on everyone. But now it's like, oh, fuck you people. You guys are assholes. Right, make a stand. <laughs> and I've joined his link shell as number two. I didn't even know he had one, the Player Way 3, which is apparently, I was in it just today alone, and it was a much more enjoyable social experience. The other number twos I picked up been really shitty. But just, they also have come to the same conclusion, like, we were just screwing around, but how everyone's been, I'll absolutely fuck these people. So they didn't start off wanting to do this in the terms that it's become to now, and the reaction everyone has uh, done in general has made even that group as well have been like, oh, we're going to do this now because these people are just just horrible. I don't even do domain invasion anymore, except for points. I wasn't <laughs> yeah, doing right? it at all. I didn't fucking care about it. I mean, I'm currently sitting on the the thousand points or whatever for the very last earring I need from it, and then I just haven't even picked it up yet. I got accused of trying to manipulate the worm ash price on uh, the official forums, and I'm like, that's Dude, because a lot of these people who have who roll in there with like six plus characters and like get it weekly, try to do it as efficiently as possible, and so like every twelve days they get a worm ash. That's still ten days to get a worm ash. Well, right, but when they reset it, it stops being 10 days to get a worm ash, and then it's uh, every instance of those days, you now need three attempts at a worm. So it takes three times the amount of time over the course of 10 days for them to get the worm ash, and that's what they're really mad about. Of which they turn around to pay for CP, EP, and mercs and fucking gear and stuff and win. So fuck these people. This is absolutely a crucial part of breaking the whole working and RMT mentality. This is part of the chain here that needs to be broken. Oh, yeah, I don't care about, like, (laughs) what they spend it on. Who cares? But uh, that's that's why they're mad, though. Like, I'm explaining what is actually the case here. There's still 68 on the zero right now. Yeah, and I've never sold a worm ash in my life. And I'm like, I'm not doing this for worm ash price to make it more expensive. Why do I care? But I I was accused of manipulating the market like I care. Yeah, it's 26 stacks up. So it's like, it has it popped in how many days now? Like a month? And is this many still around? It will be popping today, probably. So hopefully I do not miss it and can join, or hopefully Rasmus around to spike flail near you because it's time now to reset that bonus. Sweet. 
<laughs> I could care less. Yeah, I only do I got, beads. I, got I don't care about points. I mean, I was kind of annoyed that I couldn't go out and just do a single dragon like, what is it, eight days ago at this point when I wanted to get to the 1,000 points that I'm at now. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go out there and just like get it in this one go. And then I saw I got 40 points. And I was like, wow, that sure is shitty. And then I just went off and did other things. Yeah. But it's not <laughs> crucial to gameplay in any facet. I mean, like, I, I mean, I got all these tells and PMs. Like, you're making it horrible on new players. It's like, no, stop it. Get over this. Really? I mean, if anything, you're just opening up the chance for them to get additional beads towards their Aeonic. They're going to earn legitimately, right? <laughs> so I like the way you think. So you got to farm it anyway. How are you, uh, Fox? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I had a midterm last week. I have um, a midterm coming up on Monday, and then a midterm coming up on Tuesday, and then I'm also doing like a, a shit ton of like math proofs and stuff um, for a test that's due. That's not a midterm. That was part of the last midterm that's due this upcoming Tuesday. So I got a lot of school stuff going on. Um. None of it really seems unmanageable, but just when it all hits you at once like this, I, I don't know why the tests are always stacked on top of each other like this. It just seems like a really poor way of doing it. And I think better communication, spreading them out over the course of like three weeks um, where they won't like overlap like on a weekly basis is is better because I know that when you get to like the more involved classes, like those, those. Oh, did we lose them? Yeah. Let me get the notepad out. I'll start. Yeah, that'll be absolutely stupid. Uh, but yeah, I got a lot of that going on. Uh, I got some programming that I have to do. Um, I have to you might want to restart that because you dropped out for like a good minute. Oh, yeah. And then my internet here is shit. So it's not worth repeating anyway because it was yeah. just me talking about school stuff. So school stuff still happens. So no worries. So shout out to the American um, education system. For? Oh, for your test being stacked as well in a inefficient and stressful, needlessly manner uh, to make your education more difficult. I would say it's stressful. It's just... Well, there's no reason to stack every test at once. These classes are, this is a campus. They, these teachers can speak to each other or know how to stack these things. They just don't care. They all do it at the same time for a reason, obviously. So it's, it's not like it's uh, not manageable or not intentional. Well, so I can argue as to why that's the case, but I mean, it depends on. It's not more efficient for student learning. Why would you want every test so at once? It kind of is because you have a certain amount of the curriculum that you have to hit throughout the, the entire, uh, semester in order to in order to actually like accomplish the the end goals at the by the end of it and if you are moving stuff around or delaying anything because part of this has to be on this part of the mid or the midterm and you have to cover this portion here uh then by delaying that you're just artificially delaying the 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 semester itself and and you continuing to learn so therefore you're you're causing a drop off on the end well, where you now don't have everything that you need by the time you end the class. Wouldn't that encourage cramming? Would what encourage cramming? Having all tests in a similar time frame. I mean, yeah. So how do, how do they expect people to reasonably retain the information of which they're paying exorbitant amounts of money to study to gain something? And if they want, like, if you want to have all tests at well, once, I ha- to do it. well, and, and is, is it really conducive to retaining information to have all tests in a narrow window in like a couple days, few days time to... You know, is that really an optimal way for people to retain all of the effort they're going through by making them study for multiple things all at once? You can only retain so much at once. So to prepare for that at the same time frame, it's like you're doing too many things at once, I'd imagine. Yeah, but I don't know, like if if you actually attend the classes and learn it, like the, the, the exams themselves at this point aren't really super difficult. So it's not like you would see in a in like a movie or something where there's this like. It's not Japanese. Exam. 
and everyone is expected to get like a D on it. And that's supposed to be a good grade. Like that, that sort of shit doesn't. So I'm sure there are tests out there where that is the case, but it's, it's not like, it's not like, you know, a competitive math or something like that where that, you know, you're going to run into those sorts of things. Uh, basically, as long as you have like the ideas down and you know how to apply them to a problem, then you should be good to go. Like you don't need to know like every answer forever. You just need to know how things work. It surprises uh, me that, a, that it, a test is a reasonable evaluation of one's abilities based on your presence in the class so far. Because usually tests are not based on reasonable ability based on what you paid attention to. They're based on like retaining certain answers in a challenging fashion just to like get you. Oh, that's grade school tests. That's well, not that's yeah. Tests. Well. I mean, college also, I did go to college, so I do recall it being ridiculous like that, too. Yeah, I so far, I haven't had to learn, like, because like what you're describing is more like a vocabulary test. Um, This is vocabulary. not, like, yeah, like, you, you have to learn something that is a definition of something else, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I did, I did take, like, tech classes, though, so having to learn lots of acronyms and re reciting definitions of things was part of that. Yeah, but I it, for for what I experience, that's usually the lower end of it. Like you don't like the tests aren't composed of that. Like they have some of that on there, but to not hit every single point on that is not going to be the reason you don't get an A on that test. Ports um, protocols. Yeah. So basically, all mine come down to is going to be like, hey, do you understand like how these proofs work and how you like set up the outlines for them, and then okay, uh, a process is different. I like a process. Yeah, like, it's everything. A process everything I do. Everything I do throughout all of the, the schooling that I'm doing from here out uh, is all process based. So uh, like the like my midterm coming up on Monday that also coincides with a project for the, the same class. It's all like programming project. Uh, basically, I have to prove that I know how to code, which is not the same thing as just learning a bunch of definitions. It's like, hey, I, need, I have an objective. Can I apply this to the objective? And then I also have to take a more involved version of that um, and turn that into what's effectively like a pseudo video game is, is the project itself. And that's going to be due like seven days later, um, but they do go hand in hand with their ideas. And then the, the test that, that occurs exactly after that is going to be in a different programming language, but it's a similar situation where I need to be able to use that programming language to do those things. And then I do a project on it. And this is kind of nice having both these at the same time, because I don't know what, like looking at it from like an industry point of view, like a client may need me to program in a certain language or I mean to me be able to program in a different language for like a different project afterwards and being able to switch between these actually sounds like a good idea. So I'm actually kind of glad I get the experience of having to do both at once. But at the same time, it would be nice if they all happened on a different week, but that's really just so I can get more free time. So do any of these classes teach you how to finish the Black Mage calculator? Oh, uh, no, no. I learned how to do that like over a decade ago. Oh, oh, okay. I just, you know, I just got other shit to do this. Oh, yeah, I just, you know, I was just wondering if they <laughs> teach you. I mean, I could, I could jump off this call and I could finish the block page calculator right now. Hey, I, I think honestly, people might appreciate that. A t shirt, right. too. Later, guys. <laughs> so, outside of school and, and your mashed potatoes, Fox. Do you have anything other of interest going on? Maybe your beer or maybe your gaming or I've also uh, this is probably this is probably the weakest IPA I've had in a long time. Uh this ten barrel beer, brewing. This sour brew is really good though. So sorry, go on. Oh, cool. Um I wish mine had some sort of like notable flavor to it, because usually I drink an IPA because it has like a bit of punch to it, and the this one right here doesn't. It's 
it almost tastes like I'm drinking a lager, Ooh, which dry hop is wrong. Yeah, it's, well, it seems wrong. Um, this is yeah, cloud mentality. I think you put it in the notes or whatever. Yeah, I did. But uh, yeah, it's it's like the weakest IPA I've had in a long time, so I probably won't be getting this again. Um, usually, like a, a better a better beer there. And then, as far as in games concerned, uh, we're just farming Odyssey, and that's really all I log in for nowadays because you know Dynamis didn't go down today. So yeah, no one joined us. I've never. This is the first time we've had no one join the shot. And we even instead of myself, I'm like, oh, maybe it's just me and the, the mirror you shit. I don't know why. Basing shot why we just no one join us. Like, why didn't we just go in as four? Because uh, by that time, <laughs> we don't need all those other people not doing anything. Yeah, I figured two black mages, a summoner, and ninja wouldn't be terribly efficient. Tomorrow, if you want, we can just go yeah. But four I could, I could jump on Geo sub white mage or Bard sub white mage. Yeah, but then you're not getting two. points. So like, I wanted to not defeat the purpose of. No, I mean, but I get, am getting get gill. Yeah, we do get gill. Yes, and when I'm trying to finish Farsha, getting gill is definitely an important thing. I've got your crushers over, so no one joins you now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. It did just end uh, a couple days ago. I decided to work so, on Hervelgamir. Her Hervelgamir? Yeah, as well. So I want to start saving up points and buying plates and stuff, too. So. Yeah, uh, I, I also want to do Hervelgamir. I, I, I don't know. I may still do that. Like, I haven't committed to either one. But it just depends. Farsh is I, more I don't useful. Maybe. I, I think so, honestly. In terms <laughs> of what a, you can do with master. it. On a Beastmaster? In no. general. No. <laughs> there's, there's nothing that Farsh is going to do that my aimer can't do. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, but... Mm, yeah, okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's, I mean, whatever I mean, whatever you want there. That's, I, I'm more I mean, I, I, guess I, could, I guess I could level Warrior and do Warrior <laughs> well, things. Your last job. Yeah, the only job I don't have at 99 oh, and almost smack. the only job I don't have mastered. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I just don't know how much I care about it. Like, I don't have a shit ton of gill and I never focus on making gill really ever. So when I make one of these projects, usually I just sit down and just try to do it. But because I'm so wishy-washy between Leviathan, Harvard Lemire and uh, Farsha, I'm just kind of building up gill. And what's funny is like the completion on every all three of those is the exact same gill number. It's like 62 million. And I just don't feel like sitting down and making 62 million. So I guess I'll just get there eventually. My gill's been rising. I'm almost back up to 300 million spicy. Must be nice. I I don't spend I just, on stuff. So like when I make a weapon eventually for the jobs, the few I have, it's like, oh, there it goes. See, I just buy stuff that matters like when it matters. So like, let's say I need some piece of gear like i'll just save up and buy that piece and then just not care about amassing gill afterwards he has slops plus one he has hopalon plus one you don't have them you have the nqs right yeah but i don't need the hq the hq is totally unnecessary hey i bought the hq <laughs> cool <laughs> i'm glad man uh but yeah it's totally unnecessary i thought about buying it the other day and i was like man it's probably more important for me to just like try to buy heaven no plates instead yeah. <laughs> make something where i get to actually play around with something um it yeah that's really all i care about making remus for now it's like can i make a build around it that seems interesting to me and otherwise i i just i just don't care like i i don't i spend a lot of time afk um so i would normally like stay logged in but because the internet here is so terrible like people can actually see how often i play because i'm almost never online now because my, i get i get dc'd if i'm not paying attention i hope you so, come back to us soon fox i i guess whatever as oh, a, why did my shit cut out? No, 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 you haven't cut out. I'm just saying with the internet being shit, I hope you come back to us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just me standing there AFK. Like, why, why does that matter, right? 
different than Felgar being AFK in the same spot, and I come back the next day, and now he has the arc shield on AFK in the same spot. Hey, sometimes you gotta log in, or Must I guess moved. tab, <laughs> tab over just just to equip an item, right? But yeah, basically, <laughs> nothing I do is really that exciting. Um, I like to do some programming stuff, but that's not really what this podcast thing is for. So as far as like, in-game related stuff, I do I do cool stuff when people want to, but we have anything crazy going on. I changed over as a final thing I forgot to mention. I changed over from being Rune Fencer in our Shoal Seas to being Blue Mage in our Shoal Seas. Oh, nice. So we go in as like Warrior or Dark Knight, depending on who's there that night. Dragoon, Core, Bard, Blue, Scholar, you know, standard mm-hmm. setup. And with Regen and a couple Mambos with full Naomi gear, because I want the extra defense in this case, I'm able to cap mm-hmm. out evasion on blue mage with traits and spells and uh i mean i'm not casting spells on me so that's a misnomer uh with traits from spells and gear and buffs and aida papodos con queso arriba nice. and with that i'm able to cap with ja mambos i can cap everything in the last floor without having to care so it's been really nice because it took i had to make some overrides in my lua which i will have to update for anyone that cares about my lua some overrides, some exceptions, like because uh, you don't want your Cruel Joke gear, Magic Accuracy, not to equip because in the last floor, especially, <laughs> I did not have Cruel Joke as an exception. Really yeah, and, and it like dooms nothing. Like one mob got doomed <laughs> yeah. out of the whole group of two mobs. Like just 20 mobs, like two mobs got doomed. So a 10% raise is unacceptable. I made an exception for that what spell. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, so hey, you fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I even made I actually... an exception rule in my Lua. I just never added the Cruel Joke into it. On the same vein, I, I actually really want to go as the uh, the polar slash tank for my group as Black Mage. Um, but I was looking at it logistically, and I just don't think there's a way that I'll, I will be able to do it. Because I, Because of the people that will be shifting in the group. So well, you what it really boils down to, uh, I could. Um, we would have myself. to have a situation where we're inefficiently using our stuff. But uh, yeah, so if I have a free tag, I'd totally do that. But yeah, um, I've been wanting to pull Black Mage, uh, pull on Black Mage because it's, uh, I think it's completely viable. Like I've, I've molded over quite a bit. Um, there's uh, just a little bit of coordination you have to do with your Corsair and you should be fine. Um, the main thing that stops me from doing it is moving people around who are doing specific jobs uh, within our, our segment farms. And yeah, so, unless I can get people on jobs where they can actually perform and what's what's funny is like one of them is i don't want to ask abject to go back to being a scholar not because he does a bad job of it but he actually does an excellent job it's it's that he doesn't need to go as scholar anymore so right now he's getting points on bard and it's good to have him as a bard option because we use him in shoal c or, or jail i mean um as bard sometimes so it's not just always me no matter what though Fox, um, eventually you will cap on these jobs and you will not be able to take the liberty of i don't want to have this person in this job because they're not getting points anymore you're just kind of to accept that some people will no longer be getting points at the end of the day really i just don't know what i'm gonna put felgar on because <laughs> uh, because like i put him on paladin because all he has to do is is be able to something with an arc shield there. yeah so i don't know i don't know like i've i've put him on dd before and that will never happen again and then i've i've put him on bard and he does okay but he does that thing where he, he sings the uh the script of dummies and, and shit and that's uh, really not good and you why? can't do that on the fly so i not even i funk. just don't know what to do yeah since that was funk groaning I, no that sure was that me was groaning one. but i'm like, not even like i've played with funk obviously and not even not obviously but i played with funk before he left the server many moons ago and he would never mm-hmm. use scripts funk, what is it man 
Like, I'm sure you see people like use scripts to sing songs, but if you're yeah. the one who's actively playing the class and it's not just your alt or something, why the fuck are you using a script to sing your songs? How goddamn lazy is yet to be? I mean, <laughs> right? It's a macro. Be <laughs> watching Crunchyroll or some shit. And it actively harms you too, because if someone gets dispelled, you need to be able to switch over to a um, a dummy pianissimo mode so you can replace. How that would song he pianissimo me on Blue Mage in my group? But I need two mambos. How would he? How would he I do that? How, like how is he? Gonna, I, I, I don't. There's no script for that. I mean, I guess I possibly could, but he doesn't have a script for that. I'll do it manually, but then it'll probably mess up his scripts. Well, you just write a script real quick that would just pianissimo those. Like I, I know how Dude. you would do it. The problem is that you can't do that on the fly have without tried, overwriting everyone's songs have you tried putting him in a corner just like stick him in the corner and just you know just disappoint him put a hat on him that says dunce just like just be like this is where you're going to be this you know until you make good decisions this is what's going to happen to you and just like just just put him in the corner for a second i mean i've i'm kind of at the point where i'm just going to have him come as that job that i need him to come as and then contextualize whatever. a punishment fox reach consensus and a punishment for the group the the problem is it ends up being the only person who takes over a year to figure out what he's supposed to do on his <laughs> job. Over a year. So, so if I change jobs, it's going to take him over a year to do it again. Whereas if I change someone else's job, they're going to be able to do it instantly. Like if I put Abject on Bard, he'll just play Bard, right? Or if I put him on Scholar, he'll just play Scholar because he can do that. But I, I can't change his job. I can't change his jobs, or I can't change Fulgar's jobs, and that's kind of a, a problem. But I'm not the kind of like super cold hearted asshole that, you know, I come off as sometimes and I'm not just going to like kick him from the group or something because he can't play more than one job. Yeah. I mean, it'd be rude to beat down. It's on frustrating. A, it'd be like, you know, a disabled person. It's just kind of, you know, beneath <laughs> you to beat down on someone. So, so disadvantaged. The, and... the, the thing I'm really disappointed in, cause I could, I, I would be happy to just keep everyone on the same job forever as long as like everything works, I just don't wouldn't want to fix it. It's just, I really want to test this black mage stuff out for the community. I would love to have you do that with me because it would be really fun just to do that. Yeah, it would be cool. Um, but yeah, I, I want to test it for the community to show that there's yet another thing that black mage can do. So I'll just get all the black mage shit out of the way. Now I would like to be able to test it, but I don't know when in the near future I'll be able to test that idea. They threw out on the last podcast, you know, Fox in our discord recently, people have been talking about gearing up their black mages. We're actually having like, just based on people listening to us, which is an interesting concept to me because we're not, we're not like GI Joe where we say like, brush your teeth kids and you're going <laughs> to, you're going to fucking go, fight, go fighting plaque. Uh, you know, just like we're not we're not like a Saturday morning cartoon where like change your life or something. But apparently we're having an impact on people who want to who want to like like they're listening to us. and They're getting excited about Black Mage because it is a fun job. It's different from any job in the way you play it in this game. And like it's interesting, but people are actually gearing up in Discord now. And it's like, oh, that's cool. It's nice to see that. It's cool. Just like, it's good to have options. Give it a chance. Yeah. Like in a times three farm, sometimes honestly, for like we've been just doing tier ones instead of multiple failing of tier threes because we can do two tier threes depending on what they are, like Zevioso and whatever. We can we can narrowly beat that out because of spreading your buffs and your your good jobs and everything out, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it like ends up taking a lot of time and extra points, so there's no reason not to just do like a tier one and five to six minutes or something and save. 30 minutes for the whole night or something and just trade those points in to do it again with extra points we determined that it was just not worth the extra time of sitting there in the lobby changing your jobs and all this and that and we just started doing tier one it's like our night ends really quick now we're done in an hour and a half instead of multiple hours and we just 
we're not we're, we stopped on Wednesdays. We're not doing Saturdays or Wednesdays now because we're winding down on extra points we need. People want to live their life. Knee wants to go lift weights or whatever and take a walk with his lady. I you know I go sit and watch stuff sure. with Carrot and we're we're winding down. But otherwise, having a black mage on those uh, multiple fights there and stuff for whether it's Ubanai or something, the stat down. I mean, Ubanai you don't want to <laughs> do blunt damage to, but just being able to throw out some some nukes on the magic burst if you're coordinated and not just screwing around or whatever. Because the other night with those uh, Corey and G and everyone we mentioned that came and joined us, we had a uh, ranger doing uh, true flight on Ubanai, a warrior using Nagling Savage Blade, uh, Basing was on Beast with using uh, Decimation with the Ambuscade Axe, which is Fusion, and I was on Thief using uh, Vajra due to the buffs we had at the time for another Fusion. We were making lights constantly. Just everywhere, just lights, two fu- two frags, two fusions, which, you know, two fusions alone is pretty rare. And just having a black mage in that setup for a times three farm be a great job to apply the stat down, a magic burst, and it'd just be a good contribution to the group at that point. So it's good to have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, there's there's a lot of stuff on the lower tier content that you can justify just putting just about any job in for. But, you know, the more efficient the run goes, the better. And especially if you're, like, you have a member that's limited on what jobs they can come, like, it's good to have those you know extra options available that maybe they can go as so that way nobody has to like sit out of specific runs just because they didn't level those jobs or whatever and as a more inclusive yeah more yeah. inclusive but the, the job is fun so it's good to have something different and on a final note before we get mm-hmm. into the empyrean stuff here i'll have to make a timestamp in the episode again because i guess it's special to talk about empyreans and not talk about this stuff that we talk about as a podcast but as a final note on the discord i'm going to in an effort to stop the lurking because like we've been getting so many random avatars and names that are joining the Discord, I'm going to assign automatically a lurkers tag to anyone who joins at this point onwards, where they only get to talk in general, and that's the only channel they have access to. And if they never speak, they can never say anything but general or something. Maybe even just make a lurkers channel, which I don't make extra channels, but just a lurkers channel that just only they see nothing in besides that. And if they don't talk, they don't get out of the out of the lurkers channel and that kind of thing. Because what's the point of that? Well, we're having all these people join who just like join and just sit there and never say a word. And okay. like, if you're never going to talk or participate while you're in Discord, I know lurking's a thing, but I'm just not fond of lurkers, especially well, with. Sometimes, sometimes people just want to join so they can like, gain some knowledge about stuff that goes on. Like, there's helpful channels in there, like health and theory crafting and math mechanics. But say hello or something, just say anything. I mean, just... I mean, I, I, I can identify with them because. If I were to join something and I don't particularly care about talking to people, which is me in a nutshell, like I just do not give a shit about talking to other people. That's just how it is. Like I could join something just for the information. But we're not and... a we're not a wiki though. We're inherently not. I mean, I've seen lots of discards where you have to click like agree to the rules or something, then you get access to everything else. That'd be fine too. But I mean, even just like I want just say hi, just something like I like you don't have, to have a conversation, just like. Like I I feel like there's bad actors that come in and just copy what we say or whatever and just just. Like with um, lately with the nonsense happening, it's like I don't want nonsense at the going end of the on. Day, so. At the end of the day, if someone's just like coming and copying what we say, like who cares? They still have to live with themselves at the end of the day. They know where the information came from. Because just <laughs> like how just like how anyone new is closed off to the trash channel and the uh, yells of a Sarah channel, which are two fun channels, but if you're not participating, you don't get access to that. Like just like that, I don't. I mean. I mean, if they had access to the Fox Danger Lab, that's fine because no one can post in there besides you or I or a guest or something. So, 
that'd be fine to have access to for information because your findings do get put in there. I would definitely give access to that, I suppose, and I talk about it. Yeah, I think that one's just you, me, Martel, and Chia. Yeah, no one else can post in there besides us so far, and that's information-based only to read on and and do stuff. So, I mean, I would like to put, if I have any findings in there, I want to put, like, the evasion value for Schultz in the last floor and stuff like that. So just Mm -hmm. random tidbits that should be on the wiki but have not been put in the right spot or anything or... Like anything that's there. what that's there for. Yeah, the actual information we can provide. So yeah, that'll be that'll remain open to everyone as it is now. So okay. yeah, so in, in that regard, we can still respect the learning and stuff, and no one talks in there besides us because they can't. And but at the same time, I don't want just because we talk about random stuff all the time, whether it's the the Reddit or just anything in general. I mean, the 20th anniversary is happening, and then we're talking about disappointment in there. It's just like. If you're not participating, you don't need to just sit there and watch people talk about disappointment. You can watch it anywhere else. See, I, I I just didn't understand because I care mostly about making people better at this game. I agree. I, I don't and really I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I just that. want to play with people who aren't shit anymore. Correct. So, yeah, I want to be able to pug and have the person not be bad. So I don't see what closing off information does. Yeah, for those we're not going to close up any information, but most of the stuff that goes on in the Discord is not information. Yeah, I don't give a shit. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Sure, man. But otherwise, Funk is still with us. So let's go with you. <laughs> yes. Let's let's you and your three week old wine that doesn't apparently taste different, and now your honey mead. Honey mead. Honey mead. Put, put it in a glass. Dear Fryer, Funkworks the second. Could you please discuss the Empyrean introduction you have written down here in the outline for us all today? Okay, so the Empyreans came from the Trial of the Magian system. We all know how that system went. So many different weapons and armor and everything back after, well, right during Probisia days is when how you upgrade stuff is through Trial of Magians. If you don't know what the Trial of Magians is, you trade the Moogle something, you get a bullshit objective that you don't want to do, you do set objective and come back <laughs> to the Moogle and he hits you with stars in the face, you do more objectives, that's, that's the Trial of the Magians. Like everything was that. Even these uh, ad- these adventuring fellow quests, level of quests were from Trial of Magians. Those adventuring fellows were really next level, if I had to say so myself. Actually leveling mine up right now from my mastery rank. So next level. I never a- Absolutely. <laughs> the most next level, next levelness you can get is an adventuring fellow. I mean, there should be a short on that. Oh. Anyways, the at first the weapons were, because you had different paths to take when they first were introduced. It took a while to actually find out which path to take for the for the Empyreans. And they were pretty easy to do, even though you had to do the uh, all the, like, Glavoid and all those ones up up to that stage. But after that, they had the heavy made, heavy made of plates for 1,500 for each stage, I believe, for that one stage. Yeah, it's 1,500. That was pretty much a slap in the face. We thought you could take them up to rank 99 or level 99 really easily, but they added the heavy metal plus the cinder and the dross. If... When Voidwatch came out. If you want first-hand testimony back then, since I very vividly recall it, at that time frame, I was a Blue Mage with 85 All Mace because that was easy to get. And at the time before they released level 90 Empyreans, it's like, that's the best weapon you can get. The Spam CDC, you're the coolest Blue Mage ever. And I had it for a very limited window. And then when they were like, it was not hard to get that. But then when they released the metal plates, people just stopped getting it because at the time when they came out, like it was more difficult to do those fights and everything, and getting those plates was just, was just like the ridiculous uh, 
jump in, in just difficulty there. Sorry, I burped. It kind of feels like Alexandrite at that point when Alexandrite first came out. Yeah, it's like you went and did all of the, the ambuscade, not ambuscades, the assault missions, and, and you did uh, Yar and all these things, and you have all this stuff, and it's like, okay, now bring me 30,000 Alexandrite. Same, same feeling. <laughs> it's just like, at the time that that came out, when Voidwash was the endgame content, it was just this mountain that as soon as I saw it, I go, well, fuck that. I just never did it until <laughs> until Carrot came around and Carrot helped me actually get my heavy metal plates many, many years later. And I still use all my to this day because not all the time, not as often as I like to, but I, I'm, you know, just that was just ridiculous to get plates and it's just a painful experience. Even did, you end up doing, did you end up doing old school plates, Funk? I didn't do old school plates. I think I actually bought mine. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't, buy my, I didn't buy my plates. What it was was I bought the... Um, Did you sell Wormash again? The iron, the iron giant things. Those little 50, the 50 that you need. Oh, yeah. what are those called? Just metal plates? What are those, what are those called? Well, you look oh, it up. Uh, iron plates. Iron plates. Iron plates. Yeah, iron plates. Yeah. Those now also... I remember now, after, uh, after you had the retrospect of it, that I also bought those colorless souls. And I remember now that the person who I bought them from must have been hacking it somehow because his item never disappeared. <laughs> so there's actually it was like a clear, though. I method. knew who it was. It wasn't like RMT. No, there's a resting method that, that that works for that. I don't know why more people don't oh, know about oh, it. Oh, oh, oh! Are you talking about for farming the the colorless souls? Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that one. <laughs> but how was it though getting help with like the the chloris or whatever else you had to do? Because you couldn't do it alone back then. Back right? then, Chloris was really painful. So this was truly an event where you had to have people in groups or friends or static or link shell or something help you or mules back when it wasn't as popular do this because be fighting Chloris back then at like ninety nine <laughs> non eye level was actually you know more difficult. Like you could have trioed it with like a monk and white or duoed it with a monk and white major, trioed it with some friends, but for most people, it was just not nearly accessible. In terms of like, no one wants to sit there and farm one person's weapon like it's dynamis back in the day. It just did not happen at that point because people were past that. So most people didn't have these final weapons. A lot of people had 85s. And even then, like farming the Chloris Buzz. I mean, as time went on too, even before I level, it became less difficult from gear creep. But even still, it was not until I level like super easy to do with I level. Yeah. So basically, you and two others pretty much did each other's weapons, log in and do that all day. It's a, a lot, lot of work to get items. It's, but the first zones are the worst zones. Yeah, for sure. But moving forward a little bit, this is 2013 because I just found this out oh, as I was doing this uh, 2013 stuff. The idea of getting oh. the weapon skills originated from when Dell was implemented. Players give the idea to devs in the official forum from the feedback received on how to fix the RM weapons after Dell weapons were added. Whoa, 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 are you saying that the reason we have the Empyrean weapon skills accessible, which Merker for Black Mage alone, if we're not Black Mage for five fucking seconds again, as we always do, is incredible for the experience and job changing and, and one of the most important weapon skills one of the jobs gets in terms of Empyrean weapon skills? Are you saying that that was actually from the devs listening to English suggestions and they actually gave us something and that everything we do isn't worthless and we should just say SE's garbage? Well, it could have been English, but it might have been Japanese too. I'm not sure. Okay, okay, if it's Japanese, then everything I said is valid. But it was basically the player's idea. Because coin weapons were a big thing back then. They were. I had a couple. I had a few, actually. And after Dove was introduced, all these ones we got left behind for at least... It's from, let's say, March until November of 2013. You could not upgrade your RUM weapons. That was a painful time for some people. I recall certain people, Fox, that we may know who were... 
I remember having conversations via the cellular phone. Oh no. <laughs> with certain people who were talking about how they're going to quit this game and never come back and never play, which obviously did not hold up, um, because uh, I work so hard for my, uh, you know, Terpsichore or Twashtar, any other 75 weapon I'd done upgraded at this point to anything, that uh, how dare Essie ruin all of my weapons? This is bullshit. I'm going to quit the game and never come back. I remember some a few phone calls where I was the voice of reason saying, hey, look, they just made Delve. This game's changing a lot. Give them time. Things are going to change. And is it really, unless you don't enjoy this game, is it really not worth playing? The same kind of stuff I say today. Uh, my yeah. reasoning has not changed because were really the weapons the reason you enjoy this game? Are you going to quit this game over weapons? I mean, come on. I enjoy my... At that point, I had 99 Mandau. That was one of the few... That was the only relic I had, and I worked really hard to have my, my dream of Mandau obtained because I'm like, I'm a cool thief in a Barbie world. You know, my Mandau's garbage. I'm fantastic. You know, you can braid my hair and dress me everywhere. And I was upset that my Mandau was now worthless because I had a Mercy Stroke set. I was a super thief. I was always on at the time. And then that was just garbage. And it's like, dude, I love my Mandau as much as you love your weapons, and I'm not going to quit the game over a weapon. I said the reasoning, too. I used to love my Blob Ulch, my level 72 special thief dagger that I farmed Gubus for for days in the Sanctuary of Zita, uh, just farming Gubu Moss and shit, and I'm not going to quit the game over that. But at the time, uh, when that feedback came back that Funk mentioned, everyone was just up in arms like the biggest scandal since the fucking salvage bands. Everyone was like, I'm going to quit this game. My weapons aren't good. Da, da, da. You know, that was that was the situation at the time. And this is right after uh, 14 came out. Because 14 was November, tw- or, uh, August 2012. So everybody basically went to, a lot of people went to 14 after all this happened. And they all came back. I wonder why. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really understand that notion where someone's going to like make something and then use it over a course of time or whatever, or for however much time they were able to use it. And then like, if something better comes along, suddenly everything they've done up to that point's invalidated because that's not the case. Like you still accomplished all those things that you accomplished using it's a character. It's not a weapon. Exactly. It's exactly right. It's a character, not a weapon. Um, So your weapon gets replaced. A big deal. Maybe you probably shouldn't throw it out. Just saying, just in case something does happen yeah. in the future. People did that, but, though. In protest. Uh, yeah, and like, SC cares about their protest. They might have been able to sign a fucking petition. I wasn't... I, I was still not playing during this time. So, like, this is, like, during my break when all this shit went down. Correct. Um, but I know that I would have never thrown away any of the weapons I would have made if, uh, if they had done this, because there's just always that slight chance that they could do what they did. Make them better later. Yeah, which was unusual because it was unprecedented that they would place all these weapons as if like that's just it like no one cares about these but like this is a from a from a development standpoint this is a big chunk of content you can have people invest their time in why would you replace this so it doesn't make sense to just remove that from the game and as they came to their senses they realized there was a lot of from the magians and any like dynamis and everything they had had in general it makes sense to reuse these assets to continue the game's uh, life and the income stream that you have so they obviously as anyone would think would come like because i thought this is a time and like these weapons aren't going to be dead forever these are important they're not just going to abandon them and i don't think i was wrong and ended up being right they're not just going to get rid of these they're important and that's how it works i mean logically you're looking in on it and not having him participated during that time it seems to me like people sh- it made more sense for me for me for more people to have been more excited about this happening they jumped the because shot. that gets 
because that means more people would be able to contribute in content meaningfully because now everyone is like Mac trucking things for damage, whereas it didn't require, you know, a Rima book. This is like correct. When Delve came out, since you weren't around then, it was the final, uh, in my opinion, chain being thrown off the community in terms of participation and content where anyone now could have a good weapon. Like people would yeah. at the time just farm Delve in a very, very inefficient manner. People would yell as yelling groups go and you would join just to kill the fodder mobs in Delve and get like maybe two, 3,000 points and go back into Delve again to farm up points once you kill the mob on the outside in the, in the fracture instead of inside Delve because that was more difficult, of course. And just to get like the 119 version of like the bag mix for the pup or the sword mm -hmm. for blue mage, like, like people were going nuts for these weapons because they were so much more powerful or close enough in power to these uh, ultimate weapons we had at the time, Imperian included especially, because everyone's using Ukon and Verithragna and stuff. And just everyone can now participate in content without having now these ultimate weapons just as they can today where they've not abandoned that value, which is what's good about that especially with ambuscade weapons, really proving that point. And just people went nuts because their exclusivity, their elitism, their everything that they had treasured and valued, all the hours and work and gill and crying they put into manipulating people to help them was now out the window and it just felt like they had lost you know, all their clothing or something and they just couldn't handle it. Weird. This is the time when BG pretty much died almost, like the forums. Yes. Because the elitism basically was, was not there anymore. Anyone could have the same weapons, like you said. Are you saying the BG forums were fueled by elitism? Oh, yeah. So elitism was the uh, really the, the final dagger in the heart of elitism that. Elitism fuels it all. <laughs> there's good and bad elitism, just like there's good and bad bullying, I previously argued, even though that episode is one of the most rated down on our YouTube, which is funny. Uh, just, it's, I don't think that's particularly, I don't think people listen enough to do that. That's probably our, our good friend with all their sock accounts. But just there's no reason like elitism is a trailblazing function that helps develop the things that these people who are not elitist end up copying. So for all the shitting on elitism people do, these people end up being trailblazers generally because of their their deep desire to obtain and succeed, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the people that end up posting like like Martel is an elitist. He may not act like a rude dick because he doesn't. He's a real proper gentleman from the South with his whiskey and all that. But he is an elitist because he wants to know the functions of the game. He wants to know what's better. He wants to have the right stuff. He wants to you know, be optimally geared at the situation. Like he wants to, he wants to be informed in a way where he can succeed and be stronger than the people around him. That's elitism. That's, that's being, that, that's the definition. Essentially, if I had to make one up is, is being Martell is being elitist. And you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's an important function in the game. Hundred people have to cry it. It is funny, too, because a lot of the conversations I have with him are usually opposing points. Like, the way he does things is very different than the way I do things, like, when it comes to approaching power. You're both elitist. <laughs> and, yes, it, it, that's actually, tr that's very true, yes. And, like, it's funny watching our conversations sometimes, because it seems like we're not actually getting along when we actually are. So. Yeah, and, and you both have a real <laughs> gentleman's accord about that. So I think people need to differentiate between being an asshole and being uh, an elitist who cares about, you know, being an optimally geared elite character versus someone who's just trying to compensate. Yeah, I am for the best gear I can possibly get. Yeah, everyone wants that. That's what everyone's striving for in this game. Everyone is striving to be an elitist in this game. Everyone wants to be optimally geared, beat all the content, be the strongest, read the guides for the optimal setups and what they should be using, what's this quick that I can do. I mean, all this nonsense. And that's, in that's the elitism. same vein, 
in the same vein of a lot of the ideas you just threw out, like there's also good pride too. Like if you go too deep on pride, you just end up in a really bad place. But it's okay to be proud about the things you do because there are things that you strive to achieve, right? Like you can reflect on this as your character and then you can speak from those experiences to try to help other people. Uh, of course, using it properly. And it's completely okay for that to be the case. Like, I mean, it, it's kind of hard sometimes to differentiate bragging and, you know, just being super prideful about what's going on and, and like being prideful in a way that actually helps. Um, I, I struggle with that sometimes because I come off as like, I know that I come off as 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 a, as a dude who's like elitist in a negative way sometimes, but that's not actually the the end goal. Like it's most of the time, like if I talk about like how much damage I could be doing or something in a situation, it's it's so that I can show people that they don't need to be optimal to to reach that point. But you should have enough pride in your in your character and your abilities when you play this game because it's your hobby. It's what you're investing your time in that you should be able to have a good end result at the end and doesn't require all these other checks and tallies that everyone says is required. And then, you know, it's, it's in effort to try to help people reach these goals that are definitely obtainable. I I guess it's the easiest. I think a good baseline Fox for what we do here and always encourage is that as long as you're making a weapon and Imperium in this case for a reason to use it, not just like what weapon should I make? Let me check the guide and, and fucking blah, blah, blah. As long as you're making a weapon for a purpose, kind of like how I had made the post recently on r slash Final Fantasy Eleven of yeah, it's, subbing it's so something that I can for join a purpose, shout. not copying a sub. So I can join, join shouts and say that I'm R15, right? Yeah, it's not so you can join. Like, I had people join recently. It's like, well, not join recently. They sent me a tell, like, I'm R15 core plus eight roll, blah, 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 best in slot. And I sent the tell back. I go, when you say best in slot, I'm really not interested in inviting you. And I did not invite this person because I said that. Because I will receive another tell for my uh, best in slot core, of course. But when you said it to me, I'm not interested. But as we always encourage here, just making a weapon and knowing why you want it. Like when I want to make her Vilgamir, it's because, not because, you know, ooh, fast case 50%, I can macro that. Let's make a lot of work for macro piece. It's because I can run in with extra MP and do death and stuff and situations where it's appropriate. And in general, just have a fast cast piece that does not inflect upon or, you know, change my MP setup and my idle sets and stuff or fast cast sets. And I can, you so know, funny emphasize that this is your, your stance on it now, because your, your stance on it when I first brought it up was like, why would you make a Virgil Mirror? <laughs> yeah, I was like, look at the fast cast. I was not looking at the yeah. whole point is I was not playing Black Mage then. And when you play a certain job and see what it can do for a job, your opinion evolves over time as it exactly, does, yeah. as you do, where it's like, wow. The Merker plus 10%, really not that great, not important. It's helpful, I guess, but the MP plus three something or 200 and close to 300 plus the fast cast for death on a job that can run around and not change its gear for making the optimal death 999 straight nine magic burst and then get all its MP back because they have a boosted Merker and stuff with extra MP on the staff for its set. That's actually a real function of extending the job further than it can naturally go. Like, on Summoner, I wouldn't give a shit about the job. Like, the staff in general, like, on Summoner or something else, like, maybe Scholar could possibly use it in a fashion, but not as ideally as I think it's really a Black Mage weapon for how it is. Like, like in a job like Scholar, a Summoner, I wouldn't care. Like, the, the whole thing, on my, my opinion before, would not change. But now that I've played Black Mage, I'm like, what can I add to my job to evolve my gameplay and go out there and be more, more fucking fantastic and flare my little flick my little wrist around a little bit more. And, and for Helvelgamir is a weapon that I would make in this case. So 
We will get to oh, that. We'll yeah. discuss it more later. Yes, we. Yeah, see, we had the same idea. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. will get to that weapon because Funk is going to continue unless Fox has an interjection here about the weapon. <laughs> no, it's fine. I. I mean, I have something about like Imperians in general. I. I'm not big on them. I actually don't like them. They're that generally much. not that amazing. In They're general. just damage. Yes. We'll, but we'll talk about that with the first weapon's very throgna. We'll see. Yeah, that so way. it's probably better the Funk just goes with it. Yes. <laughs> we have a little more talk about them getting the Varathraga. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You will do the rest of it. Imperians also have potency and damage that scale TP, but their system is more generic than Mythics or Lux. Every Imperian gets an occasionally doubles damage aftermath that is currently thought to be the same for all weapons. And I think. Yeah, it's overvalued. Similar to Mythics, any level aftermath will override aftermath level 1, but only aftermath level 3 will override level 2. Nothing overrides level 3, so it has to wear off before you can put it back up again. Also, unlike Mythics, Imperian aftermath cannot proc on weapon skills. Unlike Relics, Empyrean Double Damage can proc on any additional hits, double attack, triple attack, Xanchen, initiated by the weapon. It cannot proc on counters or retaliations, and Varathragna is strange in that it can only proc on hits generated by one of the hands and only on the first hit. It's not strange given that, that Safari also works that way, and I believe the occasionally multi-attacks also works that way for either uh, King Konkin or Glonsfoss, yeah. Yeah. Well, this came from the wiki, so we should change this then. Well, yes, pro- we probably should. People might actually read the wiki. I, I don't know. Oh, God. God forbid. <laughs> the easiest way to remember is that the slot the weapon is in is the slot where that's going to take place. So if you think about the fact that you have an offhand, it's never going to occur in that offhand because that's not the slot that it's equipped in. It should, so, though, yes, but, you know, it might be, it should. It might be a little too powerful. Because you can't wear a strap. Well, hand-to-hand specifically, like, you can't wear a grip or any kind of offhand, so I think the hand-to-hand actually needs that on the offhand. But grips and stuff are made to kind of level them out with dual wielding and hand-to-hand jobs, not to be like, you don't have a grip on hand-to-hand, therefore it should proc on both hits. Because you can't, on a dual wielding Mm -hmm. job, proc on both hits. So, Yeah, it's true. It's just you don't have a choice in your offhand to boost yourself like a dual wielding job does. So at the same time, when that offhand proc, especially at this point in the game, maybe back in the day it would have been more dramatic. But at this point in the game, would it really be different than like choosing a TP bonus offhand kind of thing? Like, because like with those especially, it really leaves the jobs like Monk and stuff behind. Not that like yeah, that's a whole mechanics problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not like specifically designed for like oh TP bonus weapons are going to come back in fashion because of like the way the game is structured with accuracy and buffs and stuff. But you know, what Funk was saying about the nothing overrides level three aftermath, I think is the bigger thing that needs to be addressed. I, that, I think that'd be nice. Yeah. If you get 3,000 TP and you save it, you know, you should be able to override it. I agree. Makes There's sense. no reason yeah. you shouldn't be able to. For a Mythic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a terrible design choice to have that wear off. And what's cool about that too is if that was available, you could actually make the weapon less effective in DPS because people would be obsessing about keeping AM3 back up again. You know they would use it yeah. less effectively. So it would actually yes. be funny. <laughs> For sure. One thing that's overlooked with all Arima weapons is the Afterglow. Kind it's true. Of, kind of. <laughs> well, you th- it's something you forget that exists because you as the wheeler don't get it. It's such a minor boost compared to when it first came out. They really should boost it with uh, 119.3. They really should have like doubled the effect of all the after- uh, afterglow effects. I think SE even forgot it existed then. <laughs> even SE forgot it existed. Because no, it came out with not eye level. <laughs> for the Empyrean, afterglow gives critical hit rate boost plus 5% for everybody but you and your party after you use the weapon skill. On BG forums, when everyone was the latest, there was a big point of contention, I recall reading, where everyone was upset that the uh, Afterglow effects did not impact the user itself. They were all very you know, disappointed by that. Yeah, because you 
put how much money into getting your glowy weapon before they were easier to get? I don't know. Ask Felgar. <laughs> Pekka 99. <laughs> right. Felgar and his fucking afterglow shell where he got angry tells. That's another thing, too. Like, similar to Miryu. Like, Felgar legitimately, by his own, of his own accord, and all his effort and everything, without cheating and paying and this and that, when, I mean, he bought stuff, but it's not like he paid, like, mercs and stuff to do it. Of his own accord, with his own effort, went and made an afterglow shield. I forget, was it O-Chain afterglow? Yeah, he has O-Chain. Yeah, and people started saying... He has Aegis, too. Yeah, he made O-Chain afterglow or whatever, or Aegis afterglow at the time, when it was ridiculous to have it at 99, you know, he did, like, farm ridiculous stuff. And he would just get all these angry tells from people just like just telling him off that he had made an afterglow on a shield. Like, how dare you waste it? Similar to how I had the uh, <laughs> monk in Abyssia so with black belt and no sub job. And I got angry tells from people. How dare you waste black belt items? You're worthless. You're gimp. How, how's a gimp like you get these items? Like people just fucking just go off. Like similar to Mirio, just people go off over ridiculous stuff. And, and sticking it to those people is always the greatest. Speaking of Orchain Afterglow, it gives you a reduced physical damage minus 7%, but it does not bypass the 50% cap. Yeah, it really should. It should, should because PDT is the most underwhelming of all the damage reduction types nowadays. So. Yes. Because you get PDT too now. And that wasn't the time, yeah. honestly. Honestly, at the time when they released it, PDT was very important compared to MDT, but they've changed the game over the course of the... You know, the, you can't keep everything balanced naturally and think about everything, but still, it was... Still, should it could just be it. generic DT. <laughs> yeah, that would just be nice. it. I just yeah. DT, yeah. Like there I get is... that O chain is like the physical focus shield or whatever, and we'll talk more about O chain later. But the fact that it gives that PDT to everyone is kind of dumb as as it stands out. I honestly would have been more okay with it just continuing the trend of being a crit rate boost like everything else. That'd be fine too, just to give some well, party, you know. Dardabla gets the glowy effect, but you don't get anything <laughs> from it. Oh, Dardabla. Do you have a glowy Dardabla? I now have a glowy Dardabla. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only way to still make that is uh, to do the, uh, the 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 tier two path, right? What is that, like, like 3,000 so Rifcinder or Dross or yeah. something? Oof. The yeah, Rifcinder. I, I so. Oof. That's so gross. You know, that honestly, nowadays, with the, how the game is, it would make sense just to be that guy. Why are you why are you going red? Like most people walking up to you wouldn't even know that that's the case because people have various lock styles and stuff. Yeah. So nobody would notice that that that's that that you wasted like that many plates on absolutely nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think it even yeah. shows the afterglow word in the Diablo game. So there's nobody even know you have it. <laughs> so that has fucking stupid. Be, that has to be a, a like some sort of like bug or something. I'm they pretty sure this I add manual add it to BG. Yeah, this oh, is before Lockstyle, yeah. I guess it's true, yeah. It's, it's You're rough, really man. proud of your dirt It's really rough. Well, should we go to Verathragna? Yeah, let's go to Verathragna. Uh, do we want to have... Fox is the monk in the group. Do we want to have Fox read Verathragna? Sure, the monk that does not have a Verathragna will read Verathragna. So, Verathragna is an Indo-Iranian deity. Uh, the neuter noun Verathragna is related to Avestan Verathra, obstacle, and Verathragnon, victorious. The word is cognate with the Vedic Sanskrit. Verathragna is a hero god worshipped in Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism, as in the religion of the Persian Empire? Modern day Iran? It. Zoroastrianism is one of the world's oldest monotheistic religions, uh, having originated in ancient Persia. So, yeah, I guess oh, you're right ahead. 
<laughs> it contains both monotheistic and dualistic elements, and many scholars believe that Zoroastrianism uh, influenced the belief systems of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Whoa. The weapon skill victory smite. Fox, what? are you saying that the the bangles for the legendary red mage in this game were made out of Zoroastrianism and not actually giving tribute to the player in the game? Are, are you saying that? Uh, I think so, man. Oh, well, the Avesta bangles. The Avesta bangles. Are you saying that? Is yeah, that, is that the message. I, I, I mean, I guess I can, I can infer that based on what uh, we have to say here about Earth Rock. <laughs> I don't believe you. Avesta, okay. Avesta was the greatest fox. I don't believe you. Go on. It's, sorry, it's, it's okay. I, I apologize. I, I couldn't resist. Go on. Uh, the weapon skill is Victory Smite. That's an obvious reference to the meaning of the word Barthragna. And uh, yeah. So as far as like how the weapon in game goes, it's really interchangeable with uh, God Hands, which is not a weapon we've talked about yet on any of these podcasts in the sense of, you know, going over all the Aeonics. But uh, the Aeonic and Barthragna are, are pretty interchangeable in fights. Um the Ionic to me seems to perform better in situations where you don't have as many buffs because of the nature of Howling Fist and how it helps that. But um, the crit rate on on just, well, the crit damage and everything uh, surrounding uh, Impetus and what Verithrogna do for the Victory Smite weapon skill and the synergy of, uh, you know, the the aftermath of these Empyrean weapons and Impetus, like you can get some really cool numbers. So it is still a really good damage option. Um, I just think that in content where you're not fully buffed, it kind of falls off in favor of uh, Howling Fist, though. So the the PDF increase um, from having a crit in your weapon skill is still noticeable, and it still does lots of damage. So people tend to go back and forth on which one's better. Uh, honestly, I, I like God Hands because I already have God Hands, and I don't think I'd go out of my way to make a weapon that basically performs about the same. It depends what you're doing. I I would say that it's really nice that Howling Fist being you know, your best weapon skill, depending, or if you're using footwork, having the boost of Tornado Kick. Yeah, I mean, because Verithrun is not helping Tornado Kick. Uh, we would change weapons at that point, of course. Well, that Tornado Kick is going to suffer if you're um, attack starve also. Um, the, the One of the beauties of Howling Fist is that it has the attack mod on it. Yeah. That's, that's why you use it over Raging Fists, actually, in situations. In general. So, I mean, there's times where Victory Smite and Light is really nice, and the effects of the am3 and stuff on the weapon itself is cool and it's generally regarded as one of the best monk weapons but god hands for the work and everything and what it does for your your best weapon skill in the situation you should be in is really uh not far off if not better in a lot of situations i think verithrogna would be a lot more interesting to me if you actually got like the triple damage procs on like counters and stuff that's what i was gonna um, say it's a bummer it's the first hit only yeah exactly uh, but I can see it just being absolutely broken, gross, and stupid if it wasn't, though. Because Monk is on no, yell increasing gear. And... <laughs> it's no kick attacks, you know, or anything like that. But at least both uh, fist swings, it should be. Just, just deliver a world-ending kick where you're, like, kicking someone for 13 <laughs> The world, though! With, with my fucking energy legs. <laughs> Is that what footwork did back in the day? Is that like you can only kick? Time stops. Yeah, it, it made it so you only kicked. And it was like, you had like a higher delay. You seen people like, do that. Image. Yeah. Fucking Billy Blake over here. And step. And step. <laughs> Bruce Lee. He gets some shit up. Oh, man. Enter the dragon kick. Yeah, I have two monks in my group that, that have Verithrogna, and they, they, do, they do great. 
but they also do great when they're using their their uh god hands their god hands yeah so. but fox what is best in slot come on i just tell me bro just tell me i want to know what i'm buying <laughs> right uh, you should probably close out of the podcast if you want that because you should probably go find a nice belt that you bought that was best in slot belt at the belt store and and just jump in the closet yeah because if you're asking that question you're listening to us it means you missed the point entirely but i want to know um, the point I don't know. Do you have anything else for uh, for Varith Rogan in particular, Funk? Like, I personally with? don't. I never really played Monk or Puppet Master, so I can't really comment too much. They're not great. I can comment on Pup. They're not great on Pup because of the strength weapon skill of which Pup lacks a lot of great strength gear. There are times where I've used Victory Smite as a best option for skill training and making extra lights and stuff, and it is very good. You can use it on Pup. And there's times where using Varith Ragna in a niche situation would be great. And if you really love Pup to the point where you care about the master DPS so much and, and synergizing with the group perf- uh, perfectly in any situation you can encounter, then yes, on a Pup you could. It's better for Monk, obviously, but there are times where Victory Smite, especially when you're getting CP, is the most times that would come into play. It's come into play on certain Tier 1 NMs I'm farming where I take Pup to Odyssey because it's nice to play Pup. Where I like making the skill chain, it, it does comparable damage to training pummeling situations where you're not really buffed. And it's, you know, a better weapon skill. I mean, it depends. It really depends. If I'm using King Coke and Strain Pummel's better. But one, one thing that's always bothered me about how the community looks at Earth Ragna and God Hands is that I see a lot of, there are people out there who think that you should like swap weapons based on whether or not you have impetus up. And I think that's the stupidest idea ever because you're not going to like swap weapons, lose all your TP and your AM switching to God Hands and then swap out of God Hands, build up your AM3 again, you know. Make why sure would you, you give it up? Is. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, it, it feels like you're going. wasting you're wasting a lot of shit. Like that that's like wasting DPS. that looks like someone who has observed a spreadsheet and goes, "Yeah, you know, it looks like it's best in this situation and it's best in this situation, so I might as well use it under this situation and not use it under this situation, but they don't realize that there's a whole bunch of in-between where you're wasting a bunch of fucking time trying to do that. Simon says, switch weapon. Well, I wasn't going to go down that road. <laughs> it's it's really dumb. Please don't do that, guys. Like, <laughs> If you've ever heard that before, just stick with eight, one of those weapons and make sure your buffs are appropriate for it. Your outcome will be fine. Introducing worst threat of the week, Simon says in his PDL thread... <laughs> Wait, is that a real thing? It is a real thing. I have not linked it to you. I did not oh, think we were going to go into it, and he got into a thing with. It's nonetheless worse. Well, I mean, I didn't bring that. him up. I didn't bring him up specifically. <laughs> I, now that I'm thinking about it, he did have that PDL nonsense in that thread. So, I mean, now that it's nonsense, he was trying to help people. I guess you might even like the thread, but we, I did not prepare it beforehand, so we're not going to go into it. So, no. for best or worst thread of the week, you determine, I suppose. But now we have. If we're going to move on here, Twatswater, Twashtar. Uh, I want to do All Mace, of course, which is after this. So I guess one of you two, maybe Funk or whoever wants to All do right, it. I'll do Twashtar. Yeah, go for it. We'll do Twatswater. All right. Sorry for butchering these words. What? <laughs> oh, oh, do you want me to do it then? No, no. You can do, you can do All Mace. Okay. So Twashtar is a pie server. Also going to be called an ice cream cone. <laughs> well, I mean, called a lot of things. Tvashtar is a Vedic artesian god or fashioner. He is also mentioned in later literature of Hinduism like the Haravasma. Tvashtar is stated to be a skillful craftsman who also created many implements, including Indra's bolt, the axe of Brahman's body, and a cup for divine food and drink. He is stated to be the creator of forms and is often stated to be the crafter of living beings and wombs. Yeah. 
He also is considered a universal father and an ancestor of humans through his daughter, Saranyu. He is also the father of Brimspati and is likely Indra's father as well. Craft that wound. You know, that was a really good description of all those things. So also as well, when we say uh, Sanskrit is comes up a lot, a lot of times in these episodes for weapons and stuff, Sanskrit is in like an ancient Hindu language of India. Uh, I quickly Googled it and it told me without looking at any links or clicking anything that uh, Sanskrit is spoken by like 1% of Indians today, as in people from India, naturally. And it's, you know... Apparently, obviously, a very rich history and everything to the, I don't know if you've ever looked at Indian history, very fascinating. But it's uh, a lot of things are taken from a language that apparently no one speaks anymore, kind of like Latin. So it's yeah, we'll Indian talk more Latin. about, we have lots more Sanskrit in this uh, episode. <laughs> but Tavashtar is what we're talking about, and Tavashtar is the actual weapon. Tavashtar. Maybe easier to say or something. But the weapon skill is Rudra Storm. Rudra is a... Uh, Rigvedic deity associated with the wind or storm. One translation of Rigvedic. What what the fuck is that? We can look it up while I continue. I will do that. Sorry, I just want. One translation (laughs) of the name is the Roarer. This name appears in the Shiva Sarshanma, and R. K. Sharma notes that it is used as the name of Shiva, often in later languages. The Sri Ridram hymn from the Yajurveda is dedicated to Rudra and is important in the. Savid, Savism sect. I have it here. Savism sect. The intense lyrical acrobatics that are going to go into this episode. Oh, it's going to be great. So Rigveda, <laughs> Rigveda, whatever it is. The Rigveda or Rigveda in two words here is Sanskrit. Rigveda from praise and Veda from knowledge is an ancient Indian collected, collection on Vedic Sanskrit hymns known as Suktas. If I said that correctly, it is one of the four sacred canonical Hindu texts, uh, Sruti, known as Vedas. So a Veda is a text, a sacred canonical Hindu text, and a Rig is praise for said text. So it is a canonical praise text of the Sanskrit Hindu uh, religion that used to exist that is apparently not a thing. Because apparently, San- well, Sanskrit's not spoken. I can't say that. The Rigveda, the the Hindu canonical texts, are no longer worshipped. I don't know that. Rigveda has originally been transmitted since the second millennium BCE. Uh, the, the, the linguistic evidence indicates that the bulk of Rigveda Samhita was composed in the northwestern region of the Indian subcontinent from around 1500 to 1000 BCE. The wider approximation is 1900 to 1200 BCE. Has also been given. Interesting. So it's old. Yes, very old. I mean, it's a bad takeaway for it that it's old, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not, uh, not like, like, this is like the kind of thing we would want our, our buddy, uh, God, what's his name? It's been forever. Oh man. He's been here two episodes and it's been a long ass time. It's been like months. What was his name? Fox. Um, insert cut here. No, right. no cut, no cut. We're going to do this. Hold on. Let me keep scrolling. Um, buddy who was on here was on here um well i mean let's uh pan over to the uh podcast guest list <sighs> i don't have a guest list well i'm just looking at it on the discord right now oh 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 i mean uh, nothing no one's like jumps out at me are you talking about yatnar oh, no uh yatnar no i don't know man he did the samurai and the ninja episode Samurai and the ninja episode it's from, oh it's from jersey portuguese 
Yeah, he's just not on Discord right now. He's logged off. Hold on, let me, let me scroll down. Uh, to our fucking hundreds of people here. Yeah, good luck with that, man. Drilo. Uh, I hate when they grayed out. You can't even read them. Uh, well, for purple names. Did you just like, did you never? Oh, wait, maybe he never actually joined the Discord and he just like called in. He joined it. Did he? Oh, I don't know. No. <laughs> that is that is unfortunate that we did. Virius? Virius, yes. That was yeah, Virius. Yeah, Virius was the guy. He helped us quite a lot in the Mythic episode, too. Yes, yes. He was, he was the one. I had to get back in contact with him. It's been a while. But Anyways, Twice Turning Game. What you're making this spicy? It's, I have it. I love it. I have Mondao that's 99 on eye level because why the fuck would you improve that? Do not use Mendelix, um, a Mercy Stroke. Do not use Mercy Stroke ever. Terrible. Uh, but I have Aeneas, I have Vajra, and I have Twashtar, all R15. And I use both of them, all three of them, in fact. And they are good weapons. And Twashtar specifically will be the utmost. I'm buffed up. Balls to the wall. Uh, what can I do with my TB bonus offhand? I'm not concerned with anything else in the world, and that is the weapon that I will use for that. Otherwise, last night I was fighting Ubanai. I, as I said, I was using Vajra because it was ideal for the situation over using Twashtar, as most thieves will just use Twashtar because, hey, I'm spamming best in slot. And it is a very good weapon skill. It is nice for darkness, but it is not always the most appropriate situation to use it. As I've said in the past in the Thief, uh, thief episode, do not save up for AM3 unless you start the fight with AM3 from like waiting in the Odyssey lobby or something. Do not save up for it. Just weapon skill 1, 2k at the most. Uh, if you're not using a TV bonus offhand because you're fighting something hard and still using it for a skill chain bonus or you don't have Vajra, etc. Uh, and you have Gladys hand, Gladys Knife offhand on Thief and uh, display a Dancer as well, I'm sure. Then yeah, you can get AM2 sometimes. You could save the extra one attack round. It's fine. But do not get AM3 if you do not have need to help it. A lot of weapons, in fact, go for that for Empyreans in general. It's not a mythic weapon. You do not get a massive bonus. It's 10% extra proc rate. Do not waste time generally unless you have it going for 3,000 DP. It's just a, a lowering of your DPS for white damage, which does not contribute more damage to your overall parts. Yeah, the augment gives damage plus 4 at rank 15. That's crazy. Well, daggers are low base damage, so improving the damage by 4 is just normal. So I think it would be a little bit more. like maybe It is low. Eight? Well, compared to what they get the Mythics, they gave the Mythic like 12 or 14 or something. Oh, yeah. Mythics yeah. were low yeah. in face You'll see that trend. You'll see this trend across all the Empyreans, though, where the uh, the augment is, is much lower, and then the uh, also the base damage on these is much lower than a lot of the other weapons, too. Um, it, it tends to lean on its aftermath for... And these generally have the most appropriate damage boosting. Like, even if you're using, like, attack... If you're attack-capped using Aeneas or something, uh, maybe you're using Vajra, etc., and you're attack-capped, using a Twashtar in the offhand for the extra 50 dex is, you know, a great use of the weapon ideal in that situation for a random... Usually, in that situation, you'd be using it in the main hand, but sometimes, rarely in the offhand. Uh, using it in the offhand for the extra dex is why I think they gave... Because in the main hand, you get an extra 20 dex and agility as well, besides the extra boost of the weapon skill, which is generally your best weapon skill anyway for a lot of these weapons. And, you know, they really tried to balance it out that way. Lower damage, better stats. and Because stats also add the base damage. So they may have four damage increase, but having the extra, like the mythic weapon does not get an extra stat increase. So that extra 20% dex and agility uh, for a weapon skill like Rudra Storm, what is it like? What's the stat mod there? Is it like 60? Let me pull it up. Dex. 
it should be 80 decks. Yeah, so 80 percent of your dexterity there. So you may only have four base damage, but 80 percent of that 20 there will also add to your base damage in the same way weapon damage would in the equation. So it's no different. Instead of adding physical damage to the weapon, they added extra dex, which is more useful for the weapon skill and for crit rate. So it's not as bad as it seems. It's actually better. It's weird that it gives gravity. It is weird. It used to be cooler than it is. It has come into play sometimes. And if you're fighting something like Alexander for the high tree battlefield for certain some reason, for like the, the weapon skill damage, skill chain cape, and the situation for Thief because it's Twashtar. If you're fighting that, you would not want to use Ruger Storm because the, the gravity effect, it would make him constantly heal himself. Do we input on it, uh, Fox? The Twashtar? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a dancer. I don't have Twashtar. Um, I, I don't, like it for Bard. Um, making it. Well, for see, as Bard, I'm perfectly fine with uh, Mordenrime uh, with uh, with Karnuhan. Yeah, I'm yeah, but AM3 goddamn. sucks. If you're in an event like Odyssey C, you don't want AM3. Well, that's true. Um, use Aeneas then, because you have it. I do use Aeneas. Uh, it all depends on whether or not I can I can kill the mob with two Ruger Storms, or if I can kill the mob with uh, with two uh, Mordenrimes. In this case, because honestly, Mordenrime, Mordenrime is still going to make a distortion. In this case, for Vard, honestly, using Aeneas is superior to using Twashtar because the TP bonus and higher base damage, even though you get that extra dex. Uh, the higher damage store TP and base, you know, the TP bonus for Aeneas for this quick, you're fighting a group that is resistant to slashing on Bard and Shulsi. Aeneas would be the proper choice here for two Richard Storms with TP bonus to close out that skill chain to kill the mob instead of using Karn, which is the number one weapon I see Bard using in Shulsi, which is absolutely fucking garbage. Stop doing that. Just, just be yeah. If you're fighting a bird or something and you're using Aeneas, just, just do that. Stop using Karn. Like, the bards that come and use R15 Karn in the groups when I shout for someone will never parse higher than 10%. They will parse lower than me on tank. They will That's just do terrible. Like, Karn is not a weapon to use in Shulsi. So I use Karn and Shulsi on anything with wings because two Rudra Storms does exactly the same thing as uh, two You mean Aeneas, rides. right? You swap to Aeneas. I use Aeneas also. I use both. So on greater birds like that, what you just described, I assume you mean like the Creighton mobs. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, because I, I there's no way your Karn is doing better with Ruja Storm than Aeneas would. It just doesn't happen. It does exactly the same. It there's no way with the higher base damage and TP bonus that your Karn with lower base damage does exactly the same Ruja Storm damage. Two kill a mob. Well, two kill like, a mob. Two weapon skills yeah. to kill a mob. Yes, you're, but you're, in you're general, bard, your bard is not dropping Ruja Storms that are one shotting birds. And yes, and not one shotting <laughs> birds, but in general, exactly. you know. There's no so I mean anything else is parse padding, so I just don't care. Like the TP, it, there's no reason not to kill. have the TP bonus at least, or the or the store TP. So I'm just trying to make the point that they're not equal in terms of they maybe perform an equal role because no matter what, it's dying into weapon skills, but they're not equal in terms of general approach to the weapon. I guess I they just they don't perform any differently than each other when it comes to bar. In this, you know, um, if, in your situation where you're inviting these bards, they're probably just bad. Like most of the time, initial C run, I'll use Nagling, but I mean that's not what this podcast is particularly about for this episode. But Nagling. um, yeah, like I'll I'll use Nagling unless I'm not supposed to use Nagling, which is for any situation where slashing damage gets resisted. Like I can kill one of those greater birds and two savage blades as well, because they don't necessarily resist the slashing; they just will die in two hits. Like that's this the guarantees it at least. It's the unfortunate world you live in with Bard. Well, I mean, it's guaranteed with two Savage Blades also. Like, it, you, it just isn't going to matter. Now, when it comes to like a job like Dancer, I would say a Tosh Star probably does matter quite a bit um, if you want to be the hero that spams the damage. Um, I don't 
care about dancer in that particular role though like if i want to be the hero that spams the damage i'll be a like a heavy damage dealer like typically if i bring a dancer it's for support and this is where i kind of come down on a lot of empyrean weapons because all they are is damage they're just big dumb damage um so i don't <laughs> care about washtar at all like if i was a thief oh i mean i am a thief but i'm a terrible one if I was a serious thief, I would care more about Twashtar yes. because a thief wants big dumb damage because they're there as a damage dealer more so than a, than an actual dancer. And I'm sure some people will will absolutely like twitch at the eye that I said that because dancer is an amazing Zerg job and it's amazing with a Twashtar. It's just I don't feel like that's the most value that a dancer will bring to a group. So I like to look at, you know, the whole scenario as to why you're making this weapon rather than just one niche case where you're allowed to. Uh, do your grandpa's, you know, trance shit where you just spam as many Ruger Storms as you can on engaged until you engage, right? I'll have you know on a Kalunga and Zevioso times three farm that the <laughs> dancer doing grandpa one hour, et cetera, with Twash nice. was the thing that made us win with like seven seconds left after a attack down <laughs> Zevioso kind of happened. Oh, it's so, very good. And, yes. and Dancer's an amazing damage dealer. I just... As far as like a critical weapon is concerned, though, I would not say a, a Twashtar from a dancer's point of view is critical for the job. Correct. Especially when Aeneas is not terribly that far off. It's, it's only damage. And if you care about damage, then make a Twashtar. That's where it all comes down. It's obvi- I would agree it's more important for Thief, and that's why I eventually made it was just for Thief. And I like playing my super serious Thief because it's nice to play a job that everyone discounts and, and have an effect <laughs> with Collaborator and Super Jump and stupid stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And skill chain closing, as that job excels at, and Twashtar helps excel at that stack skill chain closing the same way a dancer can. But when you talk about how, what you want in a dancer, I agree with you. Just that when someone wants to be all the dancer they can be, in this case, <laughs> knowing exactly how to best utilize a weapon, say you're like Table or someone listening to us because he's cleaning his garage out on the weekend, whatever the fuck that guy's done. Hi, Table. Then... You know, having to decide if you want to make Twashtar in terms of your priorities of things, whether it's dancer's main focus and role or not, if you're a serious dancer, you want to eventually weigh out, should I make Twashtar, which is, I'd say yes, obviously, but when or where or how important it can be to me compared to other weapons I had that are easier, vice versa. Since I'm not a dancer, Fox, how would you then put in where you would put Twashtar in the ranking of importance for your personal, like, not your play style, of course, still too, but... In terms of a general approach to being on the dancer you can be, what would you say about that? Uh, I would put it below a Chronica. Really? Yeah. A Chronica is incredible. A Chronica, for those and who don't know, is the defense plus waltz dagger from uh, Odyssey. From it has, it has Emnity and DT and everything. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, it has almost the same base damage as the Aeonic, and it just adds extra stats that, you, that you'll need when you're in the role, the niche roles for dancer. That dancer can fill very well for things. Say so you're not um, doing any tanking. Twashtar is Twashtar is niche. Like you, you're doing it for damage. In this case, you're not helping the party as directly as you would by being alive and being able to support the party through the means of of using a Chronica effectively. And that's just kind of how I rank things. Um, I would I would put uh, I would put the Terpsichore closer to the top, but not at the top. I think Set and Cobra is a little bit better than that. 
Um, but again, most people will just look at it from a damage standpoint and be like, oh, Sentinel Cobra's garbage. Well, no, when but, I bring a dancer, I want it. Generally, when we bring it in Shoal C, it is to put on Haste Samba steps and to actually care. I will, I will in the, in the yeah. times three farms we do, I will have a dancer and Red Mage there and no other healer. And the dancer is doing most of the healing while also contributing to DPS and doing debuffs and Samba. So the role I put dancer in is the role that you also agree dancer is best to be put in. But in the off times that you like want to come to Ambuscade as a dancer, so that that would be all the dancer you can be. I would say that Twashtar is in that rather for the jobs role in this situation, if you want to be that uh, damage to the run dancer because you want to come in and you have extra. Oh, yeah, climactic is done. Yes, <laughs> like, then then yes. In terms of weapons you can use like Set and Cobra or Chronica or something, and when, how you rank them there, I would agree with. But in terms of how Empyreans and being done damage are seen, uh, you know. I so the obviously your rouges aren't going to be as powerful your climactic rouges aren't going to be as powerful as they would be with twashtar it's it's the clear winner across all of the daggers if you're going to be spamming um Ruger storm and you're buffed appropriately right but the things that, that are coming to the table now nowadays for classes that wear light armor is do you have enough defensive stats to back up the damage that you're putting out and dancer can hide behind uh, fan dance, but that's only physical damage, and it greatly negates physical damage. It's amazing in an oh shit situation. But other than that, you really just have the malignance fallback, where you notice the defense penalty difference between like heavy armor drop seeker or sacpata. So being able to wear better sets while getting like eight percent of your DT in a weapon that already has a high base damage and already has a high utility for your job to me, seems more synergistic to the job than just being able to put out some damage. And that's why I stand where I stand with Twashtar. And I agree, too, because I've changed. I've lost 20 evasion, which is nice because I've gained... I'm level master level 23 now that I've been doing this stuff at Odyssey Shoal C. I, I got master level 20 just by doing spamming uh, omen farms for uh, Stalwart Detritus because that's, you know, what I do. It's really quick. It's like 10 to 12 minutes and it's super fast and then it's really low master level points, but you do it enough times for enough months and you get to rank 20. Uh, it's been nice to get that extra 20 evasion, of course, and agility, so it's more than 20 evasion. And now that I've gotten that, losing 20 evasion from switching from Malignance to uh, Nayame on blue, and in general, uh, mm -hmm. the extra defense, which is a big boost by far on Nayame, I've, I've actually switched to that because it may be less evasion from agility, etc., than Malignance provides, but it's more DT, then Malignance as a set provides, which is really important when you're having evasion accessories because with full Nayame, a D-ring, and the uh, staunch Tathom, you cap DT. And with full Malignance, a D-ring, and staunch Tathom, you do not cap DT. So the set alone provides more DT in that regard. But losing the evasion is actually nice because the large defense boost on Nayame in this case is a really big pickup. So I've actually evolved into using that set over Malignance in this case. And it goes along with, you're talking about doing the damage uh, defensively to survive and contribute. Nayame and stuff, and the pieces you can pick up on Dancer, like a Chronic has defense plus, uh, for why you ranked it so high, is you know a big part of contributing in a modern sense to how NMs are for rank 20 and eventually 25 of Odyssey is, is the direction it's gone to. If you're wearing Adamar on a blue, or a, especially a fucking Dancer, you're just going to get destroyed. Some new tights on a Dancer, or a the other day we had someone get destroyed. They were they were on a job. I don't remember what job it was in the pickup group. They had not geared out their job fully. I think it was uh, Chronic Hurt on something. And he was using like some new tights and a Gluddy's body with Adamar hands. He was just getting like fucking blown up even with Gluddy's body. So having mm -hmm. the extra stats 
has been very important nowadays for this content. Yeah, seven what tights should just be retired by now. Well, for D, for DPS are the best still. Pretty good. Yeah. But still, I, it's how long? How old are they now? Come on. Well, well, I mean, how old are we? Come on, let's let's, let's the, the old the old thing is not really relevant. The only thing from Sinister Rain now, dude, brutal earring, brutal earring. Come on, <laughs> I still use brutal earring to this day. And Supernomimi, come on, those things are fucking older than your mother. So, Funk, you said that you actually like Twashtar for Bard, and you know, well, I don't I really find Rudra Storm that different between the daggers when I'm doing stuff on Bard. So, like, why do you why do you like it in particular? I don't have it. I was saying it would be nice oh. to have. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, okay, it's in certain situations, like soloing. Not really group content. I wouldn't use it there, but just like extra DPS if you're trying to kill something. Like right now, I'm out here killing these damn uh, snow pelt rabbits. Snow pelt <laughs> rabbits for what? Filling up my uh, adventuring fellow. Oh god, is the adventuring fellow part of your mastery rank? Because yeah, there's quests to rank them up, right? Oh, I've so done those quests quest actually. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but the if next... you want to just go through and smash stuff, then it'd be nice to have, I guess. If you're only bard leveled. Yeah, I mean, if you're being all the bard, you can be, as the meme originally was. I mean, that's it is a weapon. It's not nagling, but it is a weapon. Yeah. Which is what's funny, because on Thief, nagling is underwhelming, but on bard, nagling is better because the, the, the gear you get access to. Yeah. it's I, I've always hated bard's TP sets, like, with, yeah. a, with a burning passion. I think yeah. they're terrible. But Nayame yeah. rank A, Fox, come on. Yeah, I'll screw all my other jobs just to make sure I have a bard team. Come on, it also hands for Dragoon, 26 magic evasion. Come on, we throw it in. <laughs> I'll just wear Gluddy. I have My <laughs> so, Gluddy's ranked 25 now, man. The hands, it feels so nice. good. Oh, man, it feels good. I even use them on, on like, like blue or something now. Well, I think our, our stay at Twashtar has ended, though. Yes, so now we're going into the next weapon, which is All Mace, which I will do, because as Funk wrote here, it says All Mace. Mm. Spay or enter, enter thick with two C's. Period. <laughs> two C's. All mace is the thickest sword in the game. It is the so biggest, thick. baddest, thickest, fattest bitch with the most daikon legs you've ever seen. And it says here in the legendary song of Roland, all mace, all miss, or Almacia is the sword of Turpin, Archbishop of Rhymes, one of the last three francs to die at the Battle of. Ronceva Pass, along the Roland, Orlando in Italian, which apparently is relevant, I guess, and Gotlar de Hum. Unlike Roland's much more famous sword Dorandal, which is a weapon in this game, very little is said about Almace in the Song of Roland. However, the Norse saga... Oh, I see we're, we're doing this now for me. I guess I should have not read Swashtar or anything. It should have... The Norse saga, the... Carlomangus saga expands this slightly, claiming that the sword called Kurt, better known as Kurtana, with a C, uh, Olmace and Durandal were three swords forged by the legendary Anglo-Saxon blacksmith Vagelond, um, and presented to Charlemagne. Charlemagne tested the swords, if you don't know who Charlemagne is, very historic, tested the swords by seeing how far they would cut into a steel mound. Kurt pe uh, penetrated a hand's breadth, but was notched. All mace penetrated a hand's breadth without damage. The Durandal penetrated half the length of a man's foot, in quotes. Charlemagne gave Kurt to Ogier, uh, the Dane, the Almace to Bishop Turpin, and initially kept Durandal for himself. Later, he was told in the dream to give Durandal to Count Roland. 
another legend, if you were following all of that fucking convoluted shit. Am, am I the only one who actually like put their hand up to their foot to see the difference in these measurements? <laughs> Seriously, dead. Yeah, man. Okay, as long as I'm not a alone. foot's length yeah, versus it. a hand's length, I gotta say that's mm-hmm. only about maybe a twenty-five percent difference, maybe maybe a thirty if you got a big fucking foot. You know what they say about big feet? Oh, big yeah. fucking shoes you gotta buy. So, <laughs> clown shoes. Another <laughs> yeah, fucking you know bozo the shoe here. Another legend written about Kirtana himself itself claims that it, Durandal, and Charlemagne's Joyeuse, which you know that weapon, are a set of th- are a set of three, leaving Allmace's origins unexplained. The etymology of the name is uncertain, but it may be derived from German or the Old Norse Almacht, meaning Almighty. Weapon skill Chantusigne translates to swan song in French, an expression in use in France in France since the middle of the 18th century. It is basically the last thing done by, a so- done by someone before dying, which is why it's my favorite weapon skill. In art, it is therefore the last remarkable work of a poet or an artist. The weapon skill animation is a reference to Don Diego de la Vega, drawing the Z in the mask of Zorro. Discuss the weapon in the game, in parentheses. So... <laughs> with with swan song here being the uh the, the hill skill. you die on fuck <laughs> and and the funny thing is 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 this weapon is usable by like by like the some of the three hardiest jobs in the game in terms of just, yeah yeah uh, paladin blue mage and red mage like if if you have to go out of your way to die or you have to fuck up right? let me tell so, you i find ways funny. to die on blue mage all the time yeah it's it's just funny that with such sturdy jobs they can take care of themselves that uh, the weapon skill attached to their Empyrean weapon is Swan Song. I so. pulled a group of weapons the other day in, in Shoal C, and I wasn't thinking and turned off my uh, malignance over, like malignance and Naomi now, my, my evasion override. And I'm like, all oh, these weapons are casting. I'm going to cast Silent Storm, but I want it to land. And I just, it's my dick space, my control enter on my thumb. Mm. I hit it like without even thinking and went to cast Silent Storm on all this group of mobs I just pulled, and it died. Because I had all these ten mobs at once hit me at the same time, because my evasion dropped from cap to nothing, and I'm like, "Yep, that's my blue mage dying," because I was stupid and thought about silencing so what them. What I've always hated about this is the Zoro weapon skill. Like, I I do not see it's the awesome. connection. I don't see the connection between this sword and Zoro. It's Don it just, Diego it's de la Vega. There. I I get that, and I see that you're passionate about it for some reason. Don Diego, but, <laughs> he is but, a real I, man. I don't know why Damn the swan Vega. song from the Almace from the Song of Roland has anything to do with Zoro. You see, <laughs> what not? Dion Diego de la Vega is a real masculine man who happened to know someone who lived in France because Spain and France are right next to each other in the geographical globe. So his chant de signeur. His Chantou Seigneur <laughs> and his swan song and Don Diego de la Vega once met in a late night here in the, the balcon, the balcony of lovers. And the Chantou Seigneur met with his precious power of Don Diego and they made the most sweetest song, so, swan song you've ever heard. And that is once how again, the story of... The thank two. you, public education system, <laughs> for bringing us that after so many years. God. Cultivating. I was thinking the whole swan song was supposed to be after the, before the mob dies, not you. If you've ever you, held a woman by the know, gooseneck, you've heard the most beautiful swan song of Chanteau Signeur. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense, Funk, but it's just not the first thing that I can think of. 
it's like i'm the one using swan song so therefore i'm performing the swan song right yeah yeah so it's like the mob is performing the swan song on me and if that's the case then you know i'm probably it's the opposite of spirits within i came home and saw my wife sleeping with what, don diego de la vega and i sang the sweetest swan song you've ever heard <laughs> oh man should we give it to ninja if, uh, if like the meeting occur or something but no ninja <laughs> swan song gonna explode <laughs> oh man only oh, a true. We'll get to the terrible ninja one. Only a true Olmes Wilder <laughs> in the vein of Don Diego de la Vega <laughs> can, can truly usher in the true power that is Shantu Signa. I hate using this weapon skill in games. But I'll, I'll it's really Signa, good. Though. It can be. It can be good. It feels so bad. It's light, man. Light and distortion. It's, it takes a very important place in Sword's limited weapon skill, skill chain capacity. Very important. I'm guessing you're the only one here who has a, an all mace then. I do have all mace, and it, is, it is R15. So you do CDC a lot. I citizen quite often. So it depends. So if I'm going to roll on blue major, I've joined a shoal C, and I'm just doing damage. If I can't one shot a mob, there's no reason since I'm using an Imperium weapon with AM3 and it's doing more damage than my fucking Thebron offhand. It's doing no white damage. <laughs> We've been over this right. many times in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you're not one-shotting a mob, which you are not on Blue Mage and these floor two at least, at floor one you're generally not one-shotting a mob without like PDL and etc. You don't get PDL gear on Blue, so you can't. You're not one-shotting. Well, you this do. Mob. It's just not gear you. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's well. I mean, you get Galetti's. But... Well, Galetti's, yeah, but in general, you're not one-shotting these mobs on Blue. Most characters do not one-shot mobs. I think I'm like 2%, 3%, like 8%. You're not one-shotting in general on these jobs. You have to be like, you know, super fox math here to gear out the most perfect set for this without, you know, perfect tactic, etc. So if you're not one-shotting them as you're not, and you're on blue to do damage because you're in a group that doesn't need you to support or pull or tank or, you know, and you can do damage and cruel jokes still, it doesn't change that. Uh, and you're not one-shotting with a horrible offhand doing the white damage, it makes the most sense in the world that your best weapon combo is all mace and Zantsetsuken, the offhand you can use there from Odin if you have it, and doing two CDCs to skill chain. But if someone comes over and fucking ruins that and they're interrupting your skill chains because they jump on it. Bard. Yes. It's happens, bard. And you're not two-shotting it with a skill chain because someone fucked it up on a higher <laughs> floor. Then you got a problem. You might, just, might as well fucking switch over. But on the lower floors, at least, is when I would definitely use this. It is the best weapon combo. Fuck your Nagling and Thebron. This is going to be a better weapon combo because what you should be doing is if you are low on one mob and you have another mob in front of you you can hit, you should be CDCing that mob to kill it while finishing off with Empyrean Aftermath and offhand damage white procs. It's the same case of like using Ukon Severa in, in, um, in Shoal C. Same reason you use that weapon on Warrior, even though it's not Chango or something else. Same reason you use that is why you use All Mace on Blue Mage. So may not be as strong, but... You're not getting white damage out of Thebron and Nagling. Not, not in the least. Two C's thick. <laughs> Two C's thick. Don, Di the <laughs> Don Diego de la Vega likes his bitches two C's thick. Uh, Give me two C's of thick bitches, doctor. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Calibolg. Who wants to do Calibolg? It's, what are we going, Gaelic Irish here? I'll do Calibolg. I, I like me some so soda bread as much as the next guy. Um, okay. This is, this is this is the good, fun Gaelic to speak. I want to listen to this. Oh, this is good. Kalibolg, sometimes written as Kalibolg, or Hardblade, 
uh, in middle Welsh, it was Caldfuk. <laughs> Because I will never be able to pronounce that. That's Khaled like, Fuk- what is that? Khaled what is that W doing in there? <laughs> it's but, a consonant, Fox. <laughs> a consonant. It's it's there being a consonant in fucking my day. D F W L C H. Lots of consonants in a row. That's the Welsh. name appears in the plural as the as a generic word for greatswords in the 10th century Irish translation of the classical tale, The Destruction of Troy, uh, Togail Troy. During the events of the Tainbo Kulang. I think is how you say that. <laughs> I There's an E in there, I guess. Mata, yeah, but it's you don't know what that means. Iolila Machmata takes Kalabolg. Sure. Away from Fergus Macroish when he discovers Fergus's affair with his wife, Medib. <laughs> oh man, I hate when people sleep with my Medib wife. My Medib he gives it back when the uh, Uraid or Ulaid U- Ulaid uh, rally against his armies. Uh, Fergus wreaks havoc against Ulster's forces with his blade, but a Conal Kernock, Conal Kernock, yeah, sure, uh, Colonel Mustard <laughs> convinces him not to kill uh, Conkobar <laughs> Machnessa. Man, that, that dude's got a sweet name, Don uh, Diego Fergus de la Nessa. We should talk to him about more later. Fergus strikes the three great strokes on three small hills instead. Blasting off their tops. Oh, that's that's right. <laughs> like, a, like a spring break. Three great strokes <laughs> and he blasts his top off. That's <laughs> great. Um, so the weapon skill Torque Lever is one of the weapon skills I hate most in this game. It's three great strokes, if I do say so myself. <laughs> the legendary weapon wielded by the Irish hero Fergus MacRoish, uh from the Ulster cycle of Irish mythology it is said to be a two-handed sword. That made a circle-like arc of rainbow when swung, wow. and had the power to slice the tops off of hills and slaughter an entire army. Um, appeared in other games. Uh, Titus's ultimate weapon is the uh, Calibog, and he, uh, fuck the Chocobo Racing minigame <laughs> that comes from. Yes. Way to go, Funk. Uh, yeah, I, I hate Torque Lever um, for the same reason that I don't like to play Sam in that that 95% hit rate when you're capped uh, shows up so often, and I miss so many Torque Levers. 5% of the time every time. 5% of the time every time, so I'm not like a huge fan of that weapon skill. Yeah. I mean, losing a little bit of accuracy, hitting 90% of the time, every 1 out of 10 misses is very noticeable, <laughs> so it's not hard to get to it's 1 so out of 10. Annoying. It's really bad, honestly. Yeah. It's a real equalizer there in terms of damage. It's why I'm very partial to the jobs. I, mean, not, yeah, I think I think Dimidiation is the only great sword weapon skill I actually like. It is a, it's for the best weapon. It's, I mean, it may not do the damage other weapon skills do, but in terms of its usefulness, it I, just doesn't feel like it's balls. It, yeah, like and a lot of Dark Knights are like, yeah, Torque Lever all the things, you know, because you do like sixty k unless you miss. I, I'm glad um, that Dark Knight did not lose tradition all these years, all this all this while here, that it does not lose tradition of like uh, swing and a miss, and just <laughs> you know missing all its weapon skills. I'm glad that it still has that stigma after. 20 years in this game because now it's 20th anniversary is right around the corner well i have a calibog it is not done <laughs> because i don't play dark knight enough is that because have... you haven't experienced the events of time kulagna fighting alil Makmata, who takes your calibog away is that why you haven't uh, i'm gonna go with yeah uh, that is the reason no i just i just don't I'm just not a Dark Knight. I mean, I am a Dark Knight. I, I can do Dark Knight things. I just don't... You're just have, more fond of, like, Kurgos, even though it's not a better weapon. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I'm more of a fan of, like, Kurgos and things I can do with, like, Kurgos with the TP bonus. That makes I you just, a gimp. 
It's true. Although you can skill chain a lot better with that, so technically that may make you not a GIMP because you may be doing an optimal combination of skill chains. Whether it be in real life or a video game, it doesn't <laughs> make that any less true. So isn't, the uh, isn't Kalibaga like Dark Knight's pretty much one best weapon these days for damage output? I mean, there's there's gonna dumb. be some staunch defenders of Liberator, and I think Liberator's a cool weapon, but um, it's the yeah, Bajra of, of weapons. Yeah, most of them are going to exactly, and most of, most Dark Knights are gonna be like, yeah, go Kalibog stuff because you'll you'll get the instant gratification of all that attack the Dark Knight has and being able to use all the PDL Dark Knight has access to in your auto attacks during AM. And then you have a weapon skill that has a really awkward modifier for the job. It's <laughs> it's eighty percent vit. It's, it's really, really weird. <laughs> and a job but is not has known for vit, really... even though the armor gets it because it's heavy armor. Yeah, and it has a really really high FTP on it. So generally, like your Dark Knights would be like smashing things at two K plus um, if you save up for a little bit and enjoy that wide damage. Um, well, generally, they're it. yeah, Paladin <laughs> can use it, and then they can you know the that's never come before. It, there's a reason for that, and that's because you don't have a shield on when you're using Kalibog. <laughs> hey, I remember, Pal- I remember getting Ground Strike back as Paladin back in the day. Yeah, because so, like, I know that when I walked into content, I was like, hey, what if my white mage used a great sword and was less good at white magic? This is before the shield buff, right? That's fair. So, the shields don't matter. Are you telling me, Fox? So is this actually the same properties of CDC? Because great sword gets absolute ass skill chain properties, kind of like sword does. You know, really yeah. weird balance uh, effort that SC's done to this game in a convoluted fucking manner. But at least this can make light. So. Are, are you telling me that Paladin has no use for Torque Labor? I mean, come on. Yeah, I am actually. I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. Well, not even an ambuscade, man. Think about the, the damage Paladin oh. could do, man. It'd be doing some damage. Oh. Don't do it. Trap. At least it gives you 50 of it. So, pal- Just equip your all mace and, and sing the song, the swan song, because. Chant du signeur. Yeah. Sing the song of my French people. Oh. I will smoke a cigarette in your face while I speak sweet nothings into your ear. Oh, je t'aime, mademoiselle. I want to this... sing you my swan song. Oh. This weapon is the epitome of of what I don't like about Empyrean weapons and that it only does the one thing. At least Liberator does other stuff and can still do lots of damage. This is simply just a damage weapon and I'll probably finish making it someday because, you know, Dark Knights are there to do a lot of damage. Like, that is that is the role. So I can't really come down on it the same way I came down on, like, Dancer using Twashtar, right? It's like, if you invited that Dark Knight to your party, that's because you want it to Mac truck things with damage. And that is exactly what Kalibog does, provided that they don't miss. By the way, Basing, if you're listening to this, I am giving you a tribute to the south of Belgium right there with my great French pronunciations. So mm. there you go. Well, Fox, here we go. Shining One on Paladin or Kalibog on Paladin? You can get the fuck out of my party. <laughs> Come on. There's a time. There's a time and a place. Come There's on. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. It's probably, it's probably Shining One. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Because chances are you chances are you need a piercing option <laughs> and there aren't very good piercing options floating around. So, so you heard it here, kids do not make Calibolg for your paladin. If you can, you get the fuck out of Fox's party because why? Because you are there to be a paladin. <laughs> I, hey, Hey, there's times I, I do damage more. on rune fencer. I put on Adamar gear and everything. I try to be like, all the shit rune sound, I can be. It's going to sound like I'm really shitting on Calibolg, but I can't stress how good it is for dark because I have Calibolg darks in my Odyssey static and, I, we use them on embos and it's a fantastic for embos thing especially it's especially yeah it's, it's it's great it's fantastic but I it's mean, not exciting all it does is truckloads of damage if you don't miss <laughs> calibog 
I feel like every time a Dark Knight pulls that weapon out, it should have that backup noise from a truck. Boop, boop. Well, it's going to be the weapon that's going to be uh, emblazoned on the uh, Daddy's Love uh, oh, Daddy's Love shirt. Is that coming? Is that coming? Can I print that coming, with, yeah. with my own two hands? Can I print that? You, you'll be able to. Yeah, I just got to get past midterms and I'm going to get back on it. But I'm, uh-huh. I'm making a point to not forget about it. But yes, Kellogg is is fashioned on that particular piece of armor that you will be able to print out and wear. <laughs> and uh, it'll, it'll be there waiting for you. If you're in the U.S. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the poster child for for daddy's love which 80 percent of the people who listen are <laughs> god man i don't know i don't have much else on it i, I talked a lot about it. yep so we'll move on to the next weapon which i feel like fox should cover as well even though <laughs> let me keep going it's farsha it is farsha i mean it, it could be a secret beast episode even uh only... a secret beast episode in here we'll have funk do yeah. ukan vasura afterwards Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep on Farsha, but I will read the stuff, and it's basically, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it in order. So, Farsha, also known as a Parashu for some reason, uh, Sanskrit, Parasu, is, this is how we get Farsha, thank you, <laughs> is the Sanskrit word for uh, battle axe, which can be wielded with one or both hands. Uh, I wish that were the case in-game, but uh, the choice weapon of Parashuram, Parshuram was one of the few Brahmin guru who were also masters of hand-to-hand combat. Uh, he is considered on par with Dronacharya, the guru who instructed at Pandavas in the epic of Mahabharata. Uh, Karna, half-brother of Pandas, took instruction in weaponry from Parshuram, a disciple of Lord Shiva, and was known to have terrible temper, having lost his father to the evil Asuras. I you know, Asura is, it's always there lurking, isn't it? Uh, Parashuram, in his anger, uh, got rid of that word. <laughs> it starts with a K and immediately is followed by an SH, so <laughs> shit's tria. <laughs> sure. The martial races of Earth, seven times over. The Farsha was known as the most, most lethal close combat weapon of the epics. I believe it's pronounced uh, Kshatriya. Yeah, man. <laughs> the weapon skill. <laughs> Cloud splitter. The first one was known to have supernatural powers. Uh, it had four cutting edges, uh, one on each end of the blade head and one in, uh, one on the end of the shaft. Okay. So Farsha is the best reward axe for beast. Oh, wow. Wow. Ukan Sabara. Uh, go ahead, man. <laughs> hold your, hold your over-eager <laughs> horses here. Look, so I'm making I'm making a Varsha. I and, talked about this last Clown episode Spitter's, too. Clown Spitter's is cool, right? But like, as far as Beast is concerned, Beast is going to get far more mileage out of it. At the end of the day, uh, yeah. it does far more for the job. It does. It's probably going to do better magic damage too um, overall because Primal Rend is a strictly better weapon skill. Um, even though uh, Cloud Splitter has no uh, no D stat in it. Uh, it doesn't mean that it can take. It means it also can't take advantage of favorable D stats if your charisma happens to be higher than the mob's int. And if you're paired with the black mage, that can very well be the case. So you can get bonus damage out of primal rend where you wouldn't get it out of cloud splitter. Um, cloud splitter That's is actually nice. a very good point. Cloud splitter is nice in the fact that it will provide you fragmentation. And that's very, very important for Beastmaster being basically like the samurai of axe users because you get to you get all of the properties. Like you you can close or open basically any weapons, any skill chain. And if you have that knowledge with your pets too, 
you can go nuts. So Cloud Splitter is really cool because it covers fragmentation without you having to use your pet. The thing is, you don't need a farshid to do that. So, you know, take that for what it is. Um, on Warrior, it's a bit more interesting because you can use some TP bonus shenanigans and it can probably replace Megling uh, for the same reason that you would want to use an All Mace in, uh, in like Shulsi runs. It probably does very similar things. Um, and that's what I'm most interested in finishing it for is to eventually like do a warrior and testing that. Um, I have seen Farsha do a good job, um, but I've also seen Farsha be less good than Dolikenis. So, you know, it just kind of take it for what it is. You're not always gonna be able to do magic damage, but on warrior and Beastmaster, being able to do have a weapon skill that does good magic damage and has good skill chain properties is pretty nice to have. So, um, that's kind of how this goes, but it is actually the best reward axe for beast because it'll help you cap your mind in a in that one slot very well, um, while being able to retain all of your other uh, reward, you know, recast stuff uh, or your reward well, totems. And so, other slots, so I do also going back to the balance of this game and how great sword and sword are horrible for skill training, but uh, axe is actually super super good. Axe is incredible. Axe is one of the best skill training weapons in the game, obviously, mm -hmm. based on how we're talking about it in this very moment. But, you know, Beastmaster's one job, a warrior can make use of this too. It does not get access to yeah. Aimer. So while a beast may get better use out of Aimer, not only for the aftermath for the pet, etc., but the fact that warrior cannot use Aimer makes this viable for, as I said last time, using Clot Splitter in Merit Groups, especially as a Black Mage Bursting, was very effective. But if you're fighting Zerd or anything else that has magic damage in this game, that's the best weapon for a warrior who is the master of all weapons in this game, of course. I, I think it's also the only way that a warrior by itself is going to be able to make darkness is um, without like an elaborate multi-step uh, is with Cloud Splitter to Cloud Splitter because it has no gravitation option on its axes. Yeah. The, so it, it, it will never have that component. You'll have distortion, but you won't have uh, gravitation. So. so it's, you know, another one of those things that's, you know, some jobs benefit more from other weapons than other jobs, like with Twashtar. I think that Farsha, while it's nice for, obviously, as you say, reward for Beast and for certain situations of skill chaining, because it is a good skill chain property sometimes, especially for if I can't beat the dead horse enough CP. But uh, Warrior, I do think it's more use out of it than a Beastmaster would. Yeah, I, and it's just because the Beastmaster has access to Cloud Splitter without the Farsha. If it needed the, if it needed the Farsha for Cloud Splitter, then there's more of an argument for Beastmaster getting as much out of it. But yeah, it's it's just Cloud Splitter's not as good as Primal Rend at the end of the day. I do remember when Cloud Splitter first came out, people were mad that it was not better than Primal Rend. Yeah. How the tables change or turn or how the tables get cleaned up. <laughs> now it, now it's great. But then again, you have to have a Beastmaster that can actually like drop Primal Rends that are real Primal Rends and not just, you know, hey, be a here. Geo with a Geo with a slug. It's interesting how the augment gives strength, dex, mind, charisma plus fifteen. Yeah, it boosts like basically every weapon skill you could be using with an axe. Not sure why they do that with every every weapon. Just the the dex is a weird choice on it. Like having strength, vit, mind makes sense, but um, you don't really get a whole lot out of dex on an axe. I think there might be one or two weapon skills that have a dex mod, but I mean any amount of extra accuracy is kind of nice. So cool. <laughs> that charisma for charm. Oh, oh yeah, wow. you know. Well, charisma for primal rend. I mean, you can still primal rend with this thing. I know it's, it's just not gonna be as good as aimers. I'm not trying to make it a secret beastmaster episode. And I'm glad you put that here, Funk, because my mind's already going there for how like beastmaster the job that I really want to play. If I was willing to buy an extra wardrobe, which I'm not yet, 
And why <laughs> does Beastmaster be the job that I want to pick up personally? Black Mage, we get a lot of that wardrobe because I'm getting. To I that can point. show you the world. But I do think <laughs> Charm would be cool to bring back. Besides Farsha having be. you know the extra Charm ability. If things were Charmable, it would still be around. Yeah. Can you Charm and Shoal Fox? Uh, yes, you can. Wow. Uh, I can actually I think about the I limited can, utility. No, you can still charm. There's just no reason to charm because ready is strictly superior to sick because you can choose what move you want and therefore you can tailor your pet to the situation. But think about so it, man. You could like better. bind something. I you mean, could if bind, you're... or you could just like take this mob that has like 60k HP and just start running around and fight other mobs with 60k HP. Like I can charm apex mobs. So I can take this mob with 160k HP and have it fight another one. The problem is, is it doesn't scale that well because they're meant to hit players with their TP moves, not each other. So it would take forever for you to kill an Apex with another Apex. It's it's just bad. And that's the problem. You know, Verily could be useful in Odyssey. If by time <laughs> out, by the time out, try on the last thing if you're fighting it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Mob. You're not wrong, and I never thought of doing that, actually. That's, that's super smart. <laughs> I should actually macro Verily for that exact reason. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. As you go to... Because you never know. Verily a ram or something. <laughs> oh, shit, it didn't work. <laughs> I don't think you can Verily. That's be like a charmable mom, right? Yeah, exa- that, that's the point. Yeah, yeah just if something ram. at the end teleport happens to be something you can charm. Oh, no. Caracols. I'm excited about getting Farshaw and Beast because I think I can do cool things with it. I just... Don't have high hopes that it can replace Aimer in terms of usefulness. So um, it's kind of like the Hervelgamir of weapons for Beastmaster. I guess. Which we I, haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> I, I, I'm I going to make it because Beastmaster is awesome and I want everything for that job. I had to stop myself from making a Guttler the other day. Why not? Uh, we talked about this. Like Guttler is great for like using uh, Blackbeard Randy. Uh, that's right. And I don't use Blackbeard Randy very often. Well, very often. See? There are times of which there you are, use Blackbeard Randy, times. and you might want to have a Guttler in your arsenal, as well as having a physical gravitation option. Yeah, but right now it's probably better for me to just finish making Farsha with that gill instead of hey. just like dropping it on a Guttler. Hey, I'll give you I can make Guttler right now, but I'm not. You can check my H.com history or whatever if it's still up there. Um, it shows me buying a uh, Rimlala Stripe Shell and then immediately selling it. <laughs> uh, let me pull up the Fox Danger. Oh, it even has you with. Uh... With Bruce Lee or whatever that is, I don't know. Sure, your normal avatar now. Yes, you did buy a striped shell for twelve mil and sold it back the next day <laughs> for twelve mil. Yeah, I meant to do it that night, but I was having internet problems. You so bought rockfin teeth and arch. Wow, you've been you've been on a buying spree. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, take comfort in the fact that there has been no Archmaid staff sold or on the auction house or zero up right now since you bought <laughs> since your. Since I paid too yeah. much, yeah. Since you bought yours, and that's that's you know it's a good weapon. I paid like I paid like over twice the cost for it. And no one is not never on the auction house, man. So it's always going to be on there. Yeah. So that's a sleeper weapon. I know this isn't like Black Mage you know Dynamis, yeah, or Black Mage episode, but people should get Archmage staffs. We can um, still do it tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's an incredible weapon. But yeah, that's that's all I had for Farsha though. Uh, I highly doubt because I don't think anyone else here is a beast, right? Like I don't know I'm how much more needs to be said about it. I I actually re-geared mine. Oh, oh cool. Wow. So yes, I am a beast now. I'm pretending to be excited. Oh, did you do it for Odyssey though? Yes, for Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, so, outside of the leech, it's still still kinda cool. 
So in Kalunga, you get to be a hero. Like Beastmaster is so good against yes. that T Rex. Yes. We have not tried Beast against that. We tried it Come against on. our body, though. It's perfect. Well, your blades, your blades are so savage. Like I'm doing like 50k savage blades um, as the person who's basically also a Geo. And, and you're helping everyone else's fun. damage is great. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> that is like the job, uh, the fight that Beastmaster is made for. His job. It's real good. I like thinking um, all the tier twos as well. It's really great for tier twos. My my parse in that fight is actually kind of low though, because despite the high weapon skill damage, I take really good care of the slug and I make sure that it doesn't die. Uh, so I actually run it out and stay it out of range, and then run back in, and then I'll have it come in and do corrosive boots when I need you to. You have puppet master problem. Yeah, basically, I, I I try to make sure that that I keep it alive so that I can use the the bestial loyalty one if I need to reapply like killer instinct and stuff. Like it's really awkward to juggle the timers, uh, but that affects my parse. But then again. The warrior is there to be the star. I'm just there to help him out. See, that's the and problem Table has as well, where he says you're basically in a random deal in the lobby to get your uh, killer instinct back up, but you actually take your pet out of range and, and keep it there so your timer's ready. Yep. Yep. I run it in and out of the fight the entire fight. That's how it's done. But yeah, it's cool you did that, Funk. I hope you actually have fun with the job because it's it's really rewarding to actually play once you get into playing it, like outside of just doing Odyssey I've stuff. always wanted to be a beast, man. I just don't have the time and I'm enjoying it. If you, if you have fun doing skill chains, like the 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 elaborate skill chain dance that you can do between your pet and all of the axe weapon skill properties is insane it's so much fun yeah i'm gonna try my best to keep playing it i docked like 60 mil into it after yeah. i fixed your uh little lure there <laughs> oh yeah you uh you had to fix the validate i'm glad you use his <laughs> instead of, like all the shitty ones out there for beast so it's nice to use god there are so many different sets though Falkirk's is very good though. Uh, mine has more sets than Falkirk's does, but well, it is you make great. sets for like uh, shell crusher, like attack capped, attack not capped. Like you like yeah. lump everything in into one thing, but separate sets. So you'll have like seventy weapon skill sets, even though there's like five of them. <laughs> You're just mirroring just, the, the, all the same gear too. You just mirror them. Yeah, dig normal most of that. I think for now anyway. Yeah, I think a generic weapon skill set for those things like um like just. Shell crusher thing would have been fine instead of making it, multiple sets. I like the future proof things that I don't have to go back in and rewrite the code later. Yeah, uh, so, like, if a piece comes out that's very good for like one specific thing, I want to be able to differentiate that set. So that's why I have that minutia and breakdown. I, you know, being in the that. spirit of Don Diego de la Vega, I am not in the same spirit of like if it comes out later and I got to change it, it's fine. It's easy to change. But at the same, at the time it's there, I want to simplify. I don't want to like. Like future person that's not going to probably change or might not. I mean, I'd rather just have it be ideal for the situation and be like just a generic set. That's fair. In mine, though, you do actually want to pay attention to the killer instinct sets, um, the the killer sets, because uh, that is going to be specific to whether or not you have uh, killer instinct up, and you definitely want to make sure you're swapping into the gasapi. And if you swap into the gasapi, you actually want to rearrange some of the other stats in order to make it good. You don't just strictly replace the gasapi with whatever you were weapon skilling in before. So those ones are actually meaningful as opposed to, you know, just attack, mid-attack, etc. Yeah. Okay, Ukan Vasara, also known <laughs> yeah. as Ukan Kirvas, Ukan Kirvas, is the symbol and magical weapon of the Finnish thunder god Uko. Similar to Thor's Mjolnir, Ukan Vasara means Hammer of Uko. Similarly, Ukan Kirvez, Ukan Kirvez means Axe of Uko. It was said that Uko created lightning with Ukan Vasara. Uko's hammer was probably originally a boat-shaped stone axe, 
When stone tools were abandoned with the advent of metalworking, the origins of stone weapons became a mystery. Stone axes, still called thunderstones, ukan vaja in Finnish, were found in the ground, especially after drenching rains washed away dirt. They were believed to be weapons of uko, stone heads of the striking lightning. Shamans collected the and held the stone axes because they were believed to hold the power to both uh, heal and damage, which is weird considering the weapon does not. Uh, modern pagan Finns uh, sometimes carry hammer or axe pendants around their necks, much like Christians sometimes wear crosses. I don't know why that's relevant, but in uh, game model, <laughs> it looks exactly as described here with the boat-shaped stone. It's a giant stone on a, on a handle. So the weapon skill, Uko's Fury, derived from the origins just discussed. Um, if this weapon skill is translated into Japanese, it means something like Uko's Wrath. Discuss the weapon in the game. So I really do like the model. It is pretty cool. Especially yeah. with the story behind it now. Yeah, the story makes a lot more sense now. It's, it's nice to actually. <laughs> Why is my axe blunt? I don't understand. It's a big <laughs> rock. Yeah. Put a it's rock a cool on weapon. this finger. It's a cool weapon. It's one that I hope Norcris makes um, because it's. I would like to have a warrior in our group with that option. Basing's finishing his up, actually, so we can actually have a warrior. Cool. So I've heard of warriors using uh, two warriors in a farm using Ukons both, and they switch the rolls up to like uh, chaos and rogues roll or fighters and rogues roll actually so just ride out all of the uh you know crits and aftermath procs and they just use like rogues and fighters to maximize the damage for the whole run yeah i can see that because the white, pretty cool the white damage in this weapon puts out will finish any mob you weapon skill it just you know blunts that stone right into its fucking head it's the whole point of warrior to damage so obviously this weapon is good right yeah, exactly. uh, well, honestly, people look at Ukon as a shit weapon generally in the community. They don't. What? Well, yeah, Ukon's not seen in a favorable light. People say use Nagling or Chango. They don't ever say use Ukon because it's like a, very a Nagling. Particular... <laughs> well, if you take Nagling out of the fucking equation, they, they Throw say. Throw some use... rose on some shit. I think Uko's furry is a. If you're a furry. Uh, Uko's <laughs> furry. Claimed. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that's a decent weapon skill. It's uh, it's, it's not, like not great. Justice, which it's is not. Bad. Yeah, it's not great. Because uh, I know that that one of the warrior weapon skills is bad, and I think that's King's Justice. That is King's but, Justice. It is However, bad. Uh, so Uko's Fury, eighty percent strength, FTP of two, uh, mm. delivers a twofold mm. attack that slows the target. Chance of critical values of TP, and it's essentially the same as. As using CDC or something, 20, 35, oh. and 55%. Does it have FTP transfer? Uh, it doesn't say so, no. no. 15%. So, slow. like, you, you have a chance of it being a 2.0, and then, of course, being raised by PDF from there, or PDL from there. Yeah, Uko's Fury is. <laughs> Crap. It's King's Justice all over again. Which I misdescribed that, but you get the idea that it's going to get slightly better when you uh, grew with it. But it's not going to pull it out of anything, especially not. Uh, you know, because CDC is cool because it has FTP transfer and it crits, but with this not having both, I, I think I FTP really... transfer would help a lot on Ukos. But here, here's King's Justice, for example 50% strength, but it's an FTP gain 1.0 1, at 1,000, uh, 3.0, oh. 3, yeah, really bad, 3.0 at 2,000, and 5.0 at 3,000. So it's at least got better FTP than, than Ukos Fury. I mean, it's frag scission versus Ukos Fury as light and. If I hit back, light and frag, ooh, but fra why frag? Light and That's frag, but yeah, come on down to fucking fraggle rock here. But it's just, the weapon skill is not great, and that's the problem. It's attached to, the weapon skill is attached to a weapon 
the weapon itself is good, but the weapon skill is not. So that's, that's why you, that's why you want to ride out the aftermath because the white damage of this weapon is is really insane compared to the weapons for the job. Yeah, especially with the job with such high native multi attack too. Hundred percent double attack. Yeah, so, some solid shit. Because <laughs> as Funk mentioned, you can get uh, procs on the multi attack. Oh yeah, which is yeah. well, the utility of war these days makes me really want to level it. You know, up and shit. as much as you've said, Fox, that war is the job you don't want to level because it seems redundant. Warrior, if we can eventually do a oh, warrior episode, right. it is really good right now. However, it has been the job of, while it does sound one-dimensional, it is not because of the job of weapon mastery. And at the situation Warrior's in now, it's really good because it's able to excel in weapon mastery. It can use club with fencer and a shield for fencer. It can use piercing. It can use slashing. It has great skill chain options. It's a job that if you take it to Shoal C, it's the job that I regularly always want to include in setups because if we fight Gog Magog, good, you got club. If we fight... um, the procne or something, you have Shining One, and you'll do well with it. Uh, just having slashing, piercing, and all these scotching options, etc., it's a really good job for weapon mastery. So when we look at Dark Knight versus Warrior, Warrior, honestly, to me, shines a lot more in Dark Knight because of the versatility of its scotching and weapon options, where, like, if you take a Dark Knight to Shoal C, which is not ideal, the club it can bring in is the same club, of course, but not having the fencer shield offhand bonus is really just makes it not as good, so... Warrior yeah. really excels. Yeah, I noticed that between Warrior and Dark Knight too. That especially in a lot of the, the Odyssey content, like like Shield, like Jail, um, you can't take advantage of the reasons why you. Oh, uh oh, marking the marking the notepad here. Let's see. Okay, timestamp. And actually implement in order to to be, you know, effective in the the role. Like it's not that Dark Knight can't do the th- you know some of the things Warrior can do in. He just leaves. And, and this is what I've he just leaves. This is what I've experienced, Funk. Well, if you're cutting this. I've uh, had to sit here and manually fix these things. Oh man. Rip my uh explanation. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I watched my Discord cut out. So I'm sorry. Basically it boils down it is, is what it is. I'm gonna do abbreviated version um where Dark Knight's gonna not gonna be able to use all of its gimmicks, whereas a warrior is always gonna be able to use all of its gimmicks. That's why I prefer it generally. I guess that kind of simplifies it. Yeah. That's a very fucking simple explanation. Yep. Hey, Funk, what's uh, what's Redemption all about? <laughs> well, let's continue then. Oh, okay. Redemption <laughs> the, is the act of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. In Christian theology, redemption, Greek, apostrosis, refers to the deliverance of Christians from sin. It assumes an important position in salvation because of the transgressions in question form a part of a great system against which human error is helpless. Probably supposed to mean that Dark Knights need to be forgiven for the souls they have taken. <sighs> the weapon skill Quietus, death or something that causes death, regarded as release, a release of life. Or at least this is like life. English Christian stuff. Wouldn't it be Quietus? Uh, it's probably Quietus, yeah. As something in, that has been... Be quiet and don't use this fucking weapon. <laughs> yeah. Something that has a calming or soothing effect. Obviously, a popular word amongst the emo community because that's usually the end result of my searches when looking up this weapon skill name. <laughs> the fucking emo community. Is it really? It really was. It I took me heard like about at least the emo. I've heard minutes. about the emo community since I left high school. So, in your research, you were saying the emo community regularly came up in your your search results here. When I'm looking for this word, yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna put this in the Google. Hold on. <laughs> wow. It took a while to just align up this though. I thought there's more to it, but it really is not. Jeez. It just means death or something that causes death. 
I got bat, Q, I got QT in the the images here, uh, lowercase t, uppercase Q, so TQ, QT. Uh, I look for images. New rock music and pop culture website. Um, the emo band I found. Yeah. Oh, but goth bands. Let's see. Facebook, a British online music and pop culture magazine founded by founded by John Duran and Luke Turner. The site is editorial independent. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. A Roman usurper against Roman Emperor Galinius Quidius, usurper of the Roman Empire. Uh, I don't think that was what it means, though. Uh, well, let, let me pull this up here. He died in 261. Let's see. In case we need an alternate description here. Uh, let's see. Quidius was the son of Fulvius Macarena. Uh, <laughs> Macrianus. Macarena? <laughs> Macrianus. Mm. And a, a noble woman, possibly named Junia. According to Historia Augusta, he was a military tribune under Valerian, but uh, this information is challenged by historians. Ooh, how scandalous. He gained the imperial <laughs> office with his brother uh, Macarena Minor, Macaranius Minor, after the capture of Emperor Valerian in the Sassanid campaign of 260 with the lawful heir Galenius. Being far away in the West, the soldiers elected two emperors. Uh, the support, if you follow Roman history, this is also interesting. The, uh, the support of the father controlled the imperial treasure and the influence of Ballista. It's really Ballista. A uh, praetorian prefect of the late emperor Valerian proved instrumental in his promotion. Quidius and Macarena, which I was going to keep saying Macarena, elected consuls. Um, had to face the Emperor Galenius at the time that in the West. Quidius and Ballista stayed in the eastern provinces while his brother and father marched their army to Europe to seize control of the Roman Empire. After defeat, after the defeat and deaths of his brother and father in Thrance in 261, Quidius lost the control of the provinces and in favor to Septimus uh, Adonathalus of Palmyra a local client king of the Romans who had helped the Persians out of the eastern provinces and recovered Roman Mesopotamia in 260, forced to flee the city of Emesa. This is almost over. Uh, he was besieged there, and Odontus, during the course of which he was killed by its inhabitants, possibly instigated by Ballista. Which is also a funny way to put that for this game. So I'm going to go with the de death definition. Yeah, I think you were correct. <laughs> Plus this has the bat wings for the weapon skills. kind of cool. Ooh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's bat ass. Bat ass. I don't think this weapon's bad. Bat ass. Do you think it's bad or not bad? I don't think it's bad. Uh, the only thing I think it doesn't have going for it is it's compared to Kalibolg. And because Kalibolg has a good weapon skill associated with it, and Quietus is not a good weapon skill. Um, well, asterisks. It, it's not a good weapon skill. I'm not even going to asterisk it. <laughs> so the... Because you get to spam Torque Lever while also gaining the effect while being a Dark Knight, as opposed to having to use Quietus and then using other weapon skills with Redemption. Like, Redemption's not going to come out ahead of the other one. It's better than Uko's Fury, honestly, because we're dealing with yeah. uh, my cats in the box. It's, it's good for when you're underbuffed. I've actually, I have actually used Quietus on stuff. I don't have a Redemption, but I've used Quietus before as part of a skill chain because it did more damage than its counterpart. Um, and it was simply because there wasn't any... It's dark uh, distortion. Yeah, yeah it, it, the buffs weren't there. So, like, I've had it outperform Cross Reaper, but that's because the situation was really, really bad. 
Well, yeah. preparing for bad situations is not a way to, you know, you should be aware of those bad situations when you're in dark. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're fighting a times three and M or something in Odyssey and you're underbuffed with or no buffs or whatsoever or wiping or some nonsense. Whatever's going on, it, it will happen. So having a weapon skill where you can deal triple damage that ignores the target's defense is nice. It ignores... Yeah, it sounds really good. <laughs> it, well, the problem is it only ignores the 1,000 TP, ignores 10% defense. That's really low because if I type in Comlon's Torment, Spoilers for the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to be there in a second. So, Common's Torment ignores 12 and a half, 37 and a half, and 62 and a half versus, might open a separate tab, 10, 30, and 50. So, it just ignores more defense on Common's. Although the FTP is higher on Quetus. Yeah, it's just you, you never actually, see it because Scythe, identical has, FTP. Scythe, Scythe just has better weapon skills to use a majority of the time. Yeah, and uh, the only time this can look good is when you're already in a situation where you're looking bad anyway because you're you have low attack. So out of all the Empyreans, if oh now the other cats in the fucking bot scratching around. Sorry, they both using the yeah. same at the same time. They're just taking turns. So it is sixty percent strength, sixty percent mind. With God, fucking cat. Sorry. Are you done yet? You gonna scratch around? You done? You done? No. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. Thank you. So, it is a higher mod than Kalman's Torment, which is next, apparently, at the same FTP, and a little lower percentage of defense ignored. But, I mean, out of all the Empyrean weapon skills that we've talked about so far, in terms of what the job has access to, for Dark Knight, this really sounds and feels, as someone who even doesn't play Dark Knight, the most underwhelming of the weapon skills. And weapons. Yeah. It's a really cool I mean, model. It looks it cool. Has, it looks like a colorblind well, there are people who really hate it, too. The, it looks like a colibri beak on a stick. The colibri beak that where they're it still going cool. through It looks cool. It's a stick. Yeah. Don Diego de la Vega would appreciate this stick. So a scythe has, like, a scythe has, like, one of the one of the better damage ratios on, like, weapons. So its white damage is probably pretty awesome. But, yeah, just having to use this weapon skill is kind of a downer. It's from a bygone era where white damage mattered a lot more than it does now. It just, it's not. Well, look at your no shoulder seat farms, you know? But even in Shoal C, there's no reason to use, probably, like, Tor Cleaver with Kalibog would be a more important usage of using that white damage exactly. than using this. So there's just, that's what the point is. There's just no reason to create other weapons to use this. It, exactly, yeah. It's, it, unfortunately, as something that just strictly overshadows it within the same set of weapons that it exists in. So. Let, let's compare it to Anguda, at least, then, which is the Aeonic weapon. Well, that's going to be rough, because Cross Reaper is arguably the strongest weapon skill Dark has on Scythe, and Anguda absolutely it, it does exactly. really stupid things so that. there's so just you know that's why i'm comparing it to that because i know you're going to say that and it's just not as good there's just no reason to have this weapon out of all the weapons so far there's no reason to have this besides lock style yeah i mean if you don't want to if you want to make it just because you like sides it's probably not a bad choice in sea farms honestly for the same reason you'd want to use any empyrean weapon with like the white damage to bridge the gap to you know this would be the last weapon you make, though. I mean, I could see a Dark Knight using this in a sea farm, but still, I mean, eh. It's probably fine. It, it, it just is. doesn't stand out. That, that's 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 kind of my take on it. It's fine, but probably doesn't stand out. I mean, there's a lot of shit that gets the job done. Like, I think there are, there are different arguments you can make as to why you wouldn't want to build this thing. But, I mean, if you want to slap a bunch of resources into something and you don't really care and you just really like this thing, I think there are much worse weapons that you could make. Like, you could I mean, be making a Ragnarok, right? It, <laughs> so, that's right. definitely better, make this redemption. It is better than fucking Ragnarok. Ragnarok. It does have uh, 35 strength and mind on it, which are the modifiers, 60% each. So 35 strength's not the worst thing, but... 
It's not the best either. Yeah. If it was like 50% or plus 50 strength, we'd at least have a little more there, but... We could augment it for 15 more of each. Yeah. Oh, okay. Augmenting it. Well, even then, why are you augmenting this? But Yeah, when you compare apples to apples, though, like a lot of these weapons that start with like a 50 mod also get an additional 20 and then 20 somewhere else, too. Look at the the augment here. This is unique for a weapon here. I've not ever seen this. I've never looked at this weapon because why would I look at this fucking weapon? But... For the augment here, Fox, you get obviously some damage. 13 damage, Quetus damage, plus 10%. And you get strength, dex, int, and mind, plus 15. So it's like Farsha. Yeah, you get all full four. Of them. Actually, I think any of them that have the split mod like that have four. I've I not noticed that in another weapon before. Like, you it's don't, either two you or four. Two. Yeah, you get two on, uh, on like, Farsha, Farsha gets four. So and Far- then, uh, Farsha and Redemption are unique then. Yeah. I mean, like it does. The, it does help Cross Reaper, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, it, and and I mean, your Cross Reaper is going to be fine as long as you're playing the game, the the game right. Like, you might have to wait a little bit longer to do your weapon skill, but that's where your white damage comes in, and it feels less bad to wait a little bit longer. But it doesn't mean it's like optimal or anything. Yeah, this white damage moved away from being optimal in this game. So redemption, unfortunately, is one of the big casualties of this game where. It honestly was never really looked at by the community from its inception onwards as being a great weapon. It just never was. It was like an oddity you would almost never see. I just don't think that a Dark Knight using Redemption is going to be as big of a difference in actual performance as opposed to like using Calibulk. I think you're going to get a similar result with one weapon skill every once in a while that's like a lot worse. I think the real comparisons between mm. Anguda and Redemption and in a situation where you yeah. want to be using Scythe, because Scythe gets a lot better skill chain properties, the well, question is, do you want to use Redemption or you want to use Anguda? So, I mean... I would want to use Apocalypse. <laughs> well, to be you, totally honest. You, well, if you take away the HP drain, Fox, for, for utility and stuff, from a pure damage and skill chaining standpoint, uh, you have Redemption and you have Anguda. It's true, it's true. And Anguda obviously is going to do a lot of damage with Cross Reaper. Um, the reason I want to make an argument for APOC is that at R15, Catastrophe actually does quite a bit of damage. does. And, uh, yeah. And it has decent skill chain properties with another weapon skill that already does a lot of damage, which is Cross Reaper. So basically, you can make double dark between um, Cross Reaper and, uh, and Catastrophe and pump out quite a bit of damage without having to put up Aeonic Aftermath from a weapon skill you only use to refill your MP, which is Entropy. It does get more damage on the weapon. But even without but there the are extra, better Dark Knights than me. It's just that's my take on it whenever I play Dark Knight. Even, I, I even without the extra stats here, we're talking an extra 362 in a POC plus an R15, an extra 21 damage, so 362 and 21 versus 354 and 13 so that's lower damage and higher stats and 15 stats are not higher weighted than the damage in the weapon so it's just the white damage it adds it's mm-hmm. really comparing white damage to using i mean having the utility of an apoc which is a lot easier to make and a lot cheaper or even on guda which and it's is actually lot, you yeah. actually have a reason to use it outside of just damage too just like can't just can't see making this weapon outside of lock style or just which it wouldn't require maxing it or just quetus which is why i don't I, I, so it's just really just the most underwhelming weapon let's move on to the next weapon i think it's your turn yep this would go down to me wrong beyond as in rongo as in you're the wrongo to make this weapon most of the time <laughs> so rongo minad rongo minad rongo minad or rongo minad 
Spear Slayer or Cutting Spear was the spear of King Arthur. Oh, Welsh. In the Welsh Arthurian legends. <laughs> Unlike Arthur's yeah. two other weapons, you know where this is going. Coward Fulk and his dagger, Carnivon, uh, Rongomniad has no apparent magical powers. In the Historia Regum Britannia, uh, Regum Britannia, Geoffrey of Monmouth, <laughs> that's a Jersey county, uh, calls Arthur's Lance Ron, presumably an abbreviation of the original Welsh name, Lamon. Also calls that this in his brute. What is going on here? Layman also calls me. Who is Layman and what is a brute? What is going on? <laughs> Je- what are we even saying? Jeffrey states that Arthur carried this lance with him in the uh, at the Battle of Mount Badon. Uh, Layman states in a passage without naming the weapon that Arthur's spear was forged in Carmathen uh, uh, by a smith named Griffin. He also adds that it formerly belonged to Uther Pendragon. In fantasy works, as if this wasn't fantasy enough, if I scroll down, it is often confused with the Lance of Longinus, which I've never confused it with, after St. Longinus, as in Longinus Dick. Uh, The Spear of Destiny, or the Holy Spear, it is the lance that pierced the side of Jesus as he hung on the cross during his crucifixion. Uh, Weapon skill, Kalman's Torment, Kamlan's Torment, Uh, the Battle of Kamlan, Welsh, Gwaith Comlan or Bridier Comlan is a legendary final battle of King Arthur in which Arthur either died or was fatally wounded with <laughs> while fighting either with or against Mordred. It is uh, who also perished. The dying Arthur tasks his knight, depending on the telling, either uh, Grifflet or Bedivere, with returning his sword Excalibur to Lady of the Lake, and he is then taken to Avalon. The Japanese weapon skill is simply named Comlan. Discuss the weapon in game. So the reason I'm also laughing at uh, mortally wounded is there's if you ever watch the animated series The Boondocks, they're robbing a bank, and uh, the guard's there and he's like, Frank, I want you to know you will not die in vain. He goes, Actually, I think I'm gonna be all right. And he goes, I want you to know you were not mortally wounded in vain. And he gets up and gets killed. So. Um, so the weapon is very rare to want or need. I've talked about it in the Dragoon Guide as a second at best, far fourth or third at worst. Just no reason to really have it over other weapons you have. There are times, though, where I've wanted it, but I would never put the effort forth to make it, unlike Quietus Quietus uh, for a Dark Knight versus Dragoon, where I've fought, like, uh, Ubenai or something on Dragoon uh, times three farm without buffs or something, or even Zevioso, depending on what's going on or attack down or something. Where Common's Torment, even on Procne, if attack down happens, will be the ideal weapon to use in that fight because spamming Common's for skill chaining or just for doing more damage than Stardiver is doing based on your buffs in the situation, which will definitely happen if you're farming Odyssey mobs, unless you're just doing times one and done. Or even if something weird happens, like an attack down and stuff like that happening. Common's Torment with Rongmion would be the best weapon combo, but you would have to be a ridiculously dedicated Dragoon to make that because you do not have to make that weapon for that. You have access to it. Yep. And the difference. And Trish gives you a TP bonus too. It does. It does for extra <laughs> defense down, but Rongmion has the extra 
vit and i guess strength with the mod is like 20 strength and vit if i don't even look it up that's the mod that it gives you an r15 and damage and 10 percent damage on the weapon skill it is a lot better than using trish but trish will do because you're not going to make the effort into making a weapon that you will almost never use outside of these weird niche like for vajra there's great use case for situations in which you'd want to use it for rung beyond it's like super niche weird situations you're not planning on even using it it just comes into play that you'd be like, oh, wow, my comments are doing more than my star divers right now. Even with these buffs I have, I should switch over. And you do. And having them up in them would be great, but it's just not worth making otherwise. If you're super dedicated and really care, be all the Dragoon you can be. But otherwise, not worth the effort. There's other weapons to make. Yeah, I only use uh, Kamon's Torment when I'm multi-stepping. Um, otherwise, yeah, in, in situations where like attack is whack, <laughs> I, I would use that yeah man like there's not many other ways you can really put it because like most situations your star diver is gonna win. but even then you could switch shining one if you had to and that's what i was gonna say too is shining one is also a beast uh when it when it's completely buffed so there's all these other options and then you could like go out of your way to make this and i mean common sortment is neat but there's no not many situations where you need to be a hero on Dragoon, and Rogmiant is your vessel to do so. It's kind of like almost like comparing, without more clear-cut usage, uh, Almace on blue to, to this weapon, even though there's more clear-cut usage in my mind for Almace than there is for Rogmiant, because you could, you know, it's just, I mean, they're very comparable in terms of usage. So for how I approach blue, you could approach Dragoon in the same way, but blue is also a far more versatile and useful job than Dragoon, so it's really hard to justify this weapon compared to a job like blue. Yeah. I know nothing about Dragoon, so I believe you. <laughs> I happen to have written a guide. No, that's fuck that. It's other Spicy um, Ryan, not you. The other Spicy Ryan wrote that guide. I'm taking credit for things you didn't make. Do you actually watch the Discord funk where all the times I post yes, I do. Say, I said it's other Spicy Ryan. It's great. It works. It's fucking Everybody beautiful. believes it. It's ridiculous. It's, it's li- that's the whole problem with everything. It really demonstrates the problem, the fallibility of humanity. But not waxing poetic here in the gothic sense of the scythe weapon. Uh, Kanagi, because I want to make this quick for that polearm. Uh, I'll do Kanagi because I did a typo here. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, I thought it was going to be a fox thing because it's a ninja no. thing, but that's fine. Uh, well, no, I, I, my ninja has self-respect. <laughs> I'll just I'll read the description. You can. <laughs> uh, this is good. All right, so I meant to write, the meaning of Kanagi is not clear. The characters in Japanese is, is not unclear, huh? It's, it's supposed to be not clear. Unclear. Or unclear, yeah. yeah. The characters in Japanese are a coined word that cannot be read. If you try to read it, it's possible to read it in simple words such as kamenagi or kamenaki. However, the single word itself does not exist. So kamenaki is not a word? Yeah, or kamenagi. So the weapon skill is blade high or blade he. Kanji for the weapon skill can translate to secret in Japanese. That's all I have. <sighs> yeah. It's pretty so, lame, just like the weapon itself, huh? There has yeah. to be a story to Kanagi. Not really. So, I didn't find anything. I, I I don't know. I've never I've really looked into this, this thing either. I'm looking so, at JP Wiki. Let's see if JP Wiki can help us out here, because you have nothing here. Well, this is where well, I found this. I couldn't find anything else. That's it? That's all I could find. On JP Wiki, that was it. Yep. <laughs> what well, the fuck? Why you go on that journey? Where do they get that from, man? What are the origins just, of Kanagi? This fucking unknown mystery. And the tagging on BG is an unknown mystery. Unsolved maybe mystery. That, maybe that's the point in itself, because it seems to like really lean hard on like being like unknown. So maybe that, that is the actual point. That it's like this thing 
because like it would blade with blade he here um which translates to secret in japanese like it, it it makes sense that you know the kanagi is on the same vein where like nothing's supposed to be known about it and okay i think that they could be just doing this really clever thing uh with a weapon that you should not make i'm gonna use bit. the really bad <laughs> google translate here on on jp wiki it says the origin of Kamanishi is unknown. In the first place, it is a coined word that cannot be read as Kanagi in this character. If you dare to read it, you can read it from the words such as Kanazuki and my cats are fighting. Stop it. Stop it. Get it. Come on. Fuck off. Fuck off. Stop it. Um, they're, in the, they're in the bed fighting for the bed. One's, oh, no. Wait, he lost the bed. So, if you dare to read it, originally, Kanagi is a haunted priest who is described as Shrine and Shinma. I don't know what Shinma means. Uh, if you are young, the last boss of Abyssia's story, if you're young, <laughs> I don't know about that. The last boss of Abyssia's story is God Dragon, which is Shimmy or whatever. But the meeting as a weapon for God is God Down to God Down performed by Wu, it may be. So, that's the bad translation from JP Wiki. Well, if you do Google Kanagi, there is a Kanagi Crazy Shrine Maidens anime series for manga. Well, what's it about that that anime series? (laughs) Um, Looks like it came out in 2005 and the last issue was 2017. Ah, good. It's on an isekai then. (laughs) This is the hard-hitting journalism that we... Isn't Blade He pretty good, though? Blade He 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 Agility Mod. Blade Agility. So when you're a brand new ninja, Blade He will seem amazing. Because wow. like Blade Chun, actually, it'll probably outperform Blade Chun in most situations because you will be so behind on your ability to do damage, um, and it's natural to be that way. Like Ninja is one of the most awkward jobs to start out in in this game. Like if you want to just try to be an awesome ninja right off the bat, like you your your damage is gonna be underwhelming, and you're gonna wonder like what the hell am I doing? Um, it takes a lot to make a ninja good. It takes a lot of understanding of your situation to make a ninja good. And Blade He is going to accidentally be one of your better weapon skills when you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Because when it crits, you're going to get a, a pretty massive boost in terms of how much damage you're doing. Like That's how much, that's how little your damage will generally be. Um, Blade He is a terrible weapon skill. Uh, there are better ways to spam darkness for a much smaller cost. Uh, go make yourself a, uh, a Kokoku if you want to spam darkness. Because it is strictly better than using a using blade he to do so uh and you get better skill chain properties well explains uh, why i'm a damage came from when i was leveling up the skill it's so bad uh so kanagi for whatever reason has an 80 percent dex mod, or sorry sorry that would be awesome a 80 percent agility mod question mark <laughs> the uh the the weapon skill is has low stats it can crit yay um on paper it kind of attempts to look like Rudra's Storm, but it's like the diseased, terrible cousin of Rudra's Storm. Like I, I cannot say enough bad things about going down the dark road that is trying to spam Blade High He until you, you know, win the content. If you're doing that, then you're probably just approaching it wrong. And Abyssia was cool, but that was fucking 15 years ago. Probably, yeah, because you get all these crit bonuses and stuff like that. Like, even with crit bonuses and stuff, it isn't going to catch up to, like, what you can do normally on regular content. That was 12 years like, ago. Exactly. And then if you look at, like, it's the same reason why you would you should never really consider, like, maximizing the white damage on Twashtar as a primary focus. Yeah. Trying to maximize the white damage on Kanagi is also similarly a bad idea. 
there will be ninjas who will try to argue that with in and up and the crazy crit rate that you have while you have in and up that you know if you're if you're hitting that shit from the back <laughs> that ninja that please yeah they're, they're, don't do that don't do that you're you're probably not doing it right and there are other ways to go about things yeah, I mean, oh, if I you're attacking not. from the back, you might want to be spike foiling or something, so I don't know. Yeah, and when you're on ninja, it's perfectly viable because it's not going to do anything to you. So, <laughs> yeah, ninja's immortal, guys. Um, yeah, so spam Metsu. Metsu is a much better weapon skill with a much better weapon attached to it. Um, and even then, there are still better ways to do, you know, dark-based stuff. Like, you can multi-step a skill chain and, yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot of physical weapon skills from Ninja are going to feel pretty underwhelming unless you're using Savage Blade. Uh, generally, Ninja wants to live in a world where you're maximizing hybrids. Kanagi does not do that. It doesn't come close to doing that, and you will probably cry if you try to with the Kanagi. Um, Kanagi I'm not here. versus yeah. Mythic. Kanagi versus Mythic. Uh, Mythic has better weapon skill frequency and therefore is going to be better because your white damage isn't going to matter. Hey. Hey. Um, yeah. Hey. As far as as far as comparing Kamu to He, though, um, He is generally going to be stronger than Kamu, unless you have the Mythic, <laughs> in which at R fifteen, in which case Kamu is probably going to outperform it. But, so um, that's just speculation. Like I, I don't even go. I don't even consider this weapon or this weapon skill to be good enough to even like pursue as a maybe I could use this because there's it's surrounded by so many strictly better options. Even even making the ambuscade weapon and spamming uh, spamming uh, blade coup not only looks infinitely cooler, but it is probably going to do more damage. So, so speeding this up because we've been going yeah. for a while, not to cut you off. That's fine. Going from that to Masamune, hey, we got Masamune, oh, and I guess it's my turn <laughs> to read. Unless Funk, who wants to read this one? Go for it, Funk. Yeah, Funk, you read this, this one. Is, this is this is it's epic. <laughs> this this is has this has yeah, this has some stuff in it. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear that throat. It's got some uh, <laughs> circa twelve sixty four to circa thirteen forty eight. Read that Japanese line too. So you the know. word Masamune is the general term for swords engraved with the inscription of Goro Niodo Masamune. Probably means the actual person, but priest Goro Masamune circa 1264 to 1343, was a medieval Japanese blacksmith widely acclaimed as Japan's greatest swordsmith. He creates swords and daggers, known in Japanese as Taki and Tanto, respectively, in the Soshu school. However, many of his forged take were made into katana by cutting the tang nakano, nakago. In later times, that would happen anyway. For this reason, his only existing works are katana and tanto. No exact dates are known for Masamune's life. It is generally agreed that he made most of his swords between 1288 and 12, 1328. Some stories list his family name as Okazaki, but some experts believe that this is fabrication to enhance the standing of the Tokugawa family. The swords of Masamune possess a reputation for superior beauty and quality. Remarkable, remarkable and period were still necessary for swords was often impure. He is considered to have brought the perfection of the art of Ni, um, Martenstic crystals embedded in pearlite matrix thought to resemble stars in the night sky. This could be where the blue tone of the tip of the in-game model came from. An award for swordsmiths called the Masamune Prize is awarded at the Japanese sword-making competition, although not awarded every year. It is presented to swordsmiths who have great exceptional work. Many of Masamune's works are now regarded as national treasures in Japan until none are known. 
at least two are on display at the, the Tokyo National Museum. These are the katanic named Kanze Masamune and the katanic named the Ishida Masamune, formerly owned by Ishida Mitsunari. Two others, Mas- Musashi Masamune and uh, Musashi Masamune, again, I guess I typo that one, are at the Japanese Sword Museum. Appears in many of Final Fantasy games. So the Hanjo Masamune is the ultimate samurai sword. In Japan, it's regarded as a national treasure, a thing of beauty shaped by fire and born of water. Forged centuries ago by master swords with Masamune, proven in battle for centuries, legend tells of a just blade discerning and honorable. It was venerated as the hereditary sword of power by the ruling shoguns. Passed from the generations to generations for several hundred years, but after but the but in the aftermath of the Second World War, it suddenly disappeared. Records tell of a mysterious U.S. sergeant took it to be destroyed, but say, uh, but some say he saved it and took it home to America. Now worth millions of dollars, experts believe that it, is still, it may still be out there. This is the story of the ancient legendary Hanjo Masamune, Lost Sword of the Samurai. So also in the late 13th century, which is where I know it from the Netflix series, The Samurai, whatever thing is, we talked about it a couple times ago when uh, Vettius was last here. Um... Uh, in the late 13th century, the rulers of the Kamakura province near Tokyo had a serious problem the invading Mongol horse, da, 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 Kublai Khan. So Kublai Khan, the Tokugawa regime during the War of the Samurai, Masamune was originally a person who made an ultimate sword. Da, da, da. He was a very uh, fiery personality, apparently, etc. And that's the ultimate weapon. Da, da, da. So moving on to Taki Fudo. Fudo Mio is the central deity in all the Mio groupings. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but... Close enough, no I suppose. Well, I suppose for a, uh, you know, Guaylo or something, you're pronouncing that quite correctly. And in the artwork, it is positioned in the center. Fudo is a personification of Denichi Miorai and the best known of the Mio'o, who are venerated especially by the Shin- Shingon sect of the Japanese historic Buddhism, Miyoko, Mi- Mikoyo. Fudo converts anger into tells of salvation, has furious glaring face, and the Fudo seeks to frighten people into accepting the teachings of Daichini Buddha. Myo'o is a Japanese term for Sanskrit Vidyaraja, a group of warlike and wrathful deities known in English as the Mantra Kings, the Wisdom Kings, or the Knowledge of Kings. Myo'o statues appear ferocious and menacing, with threatening postures and faces designed to subdue evil and frighten unbelievers into accepting Buddhist law. So these statues are, I'm sure most people have actually seen them. If you Google it, you'll definitely ones? recognize it. The lion Buddha statues or are they a different statue? No, it's not, not the Buddha statues. It, it's like a so, like a mask. I th- I'm sure I've seen it on masks before. Oh, the Zoro from, uh, from our boy vehicle dealer. <laughs> what is it? Well, oh, no, we've no. reached the end of Spicy's attention span. <laughs> I'm not familiar <laughs> with this fucking mask uh, statue. Don Diego may not know it either. I'll have to give you a link and you'll recognize it. Moreover, Kirikara, a dragon wand around a sword, may appear in paintings of Fudo. Also, both Kirika and Fudo are often near ascetic practice places, such as small waterfalls. The dragon tail or tongue may be the reason for the yellow pattern around the hilt of the in-game model, and the hook may be a resemblance of the dragon tooth. It's not just there to open your span. I think it's Kirikara. Kirikara, oh. yeah, there you go. Sam's built Masamune, or Masamune, and they then spam Fudo. Fudo, Fudo, miss. Fudo, Fudo, miss. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not too keen on Sam because most of it is like 
praying your weapon skill doesn't miss for the same five percent reason that I don't like uh, Torque Weaver. It's a it's a bad reason. Like the the sword's really good. I think it's overused. Um, I think there are other options that can do more damage on Sam situationally, but most of them just tend to boil down to I just want to get my AM and then just ride my AM while doing Fudo because you know turn my brain off and Fudo Fudo Fudo. Um, but there are probably better ways of, of doing things. Uh, but the the sword works and it kills stuff, and that's why Sam's in your party, right? So for anyone who heard me accidentally play Gambit Ten afterwards, it was in the middle of you talking, Fox, so I can't cut it. But I think I hit I hit the thing in the computer and it pronounced Gambit Ten accidentally. So oh, oh I didn't hear it. Which is, well, yeah, but it'll come up with the recording, I'm sure. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Well, hey, now that you know how to pronounce it, yeah, yeah, it's the same as you would pronounce as Gambit Ten. So that is the next weapon and yes you were saying sam's make it because there's not a whole lot spam food. yeah there's really it's really i mean it's one of the appearance i do have two two dimensional oh oh yeah i guess if we had to compare it to doji or something but you know different reasons you'd want do you it. use it all the time funk no <laughs> really shining one oh what no, is it, I, don't. Felgar? I don't know how to switch to polar i i forgot my polearm a second time in a row guys the drats i can't switch oh uh, woe is me! I I accident. What a knucklehead I am! I forgot it unintentionally. So you made it. And you don't use it, huh? Yeah, I, I have it. I just just forget to bring it, man, because I just want to use Fudo. I'm Felgar. So Gamatian, who wants to do that? So there's two poems in this one. I, I think uh, Fox pretty good at poem reading. So let's go ahead and go, with Fox. <laughs> oh, yeah, read this, Fox. All right, Gamatian. In Norse mythology, Gamatine, Old Norse Gamatine magic wand, uh, appears in two poems in Poetic Edda. Uh, poem name, Harborsju. <laughs> Harborsju, stanza 20. Harbor says a giant was named Holbard. Methinks his Gamatine he gave me as a gift, and I stole his wits away. That's the poem. So, poem name uh, looks like number two. Uh, Skirn Small. In Skirn Small, stanzas 25 to 26, Skirnir talks to Gerd. Seest thou, maiden, this keen, bright sword that I hold here in my hand? Question mark. Before its blade, the old giant bends, thy father doomed to die. I strike thee, maid, with my gamantine to tame thee to work my will. Thou shalt go where never again the sons of men shall see thee. Skirnir condemns Gerd <laughs> to live in lonely, to live lonely and hideous, unloved, either married to a three-headed giant or forever unwed. It may seem that this Gambentine also refers to the sword with which Skirnir had previously threatened Gerd. But immediately after concluding this curse, Skirner says, it stands at 32. I go to the wood and to the wet forest to win a Gambentine. I won a Gambentine. There was a bunch of long oh. dots with like a tail. Don't cut that pause out, Spicy. Make sure you read a notebook. I, the the pause poem <laughs> then continues with further threats by Skirner, condemning Gerd to his life of misery. The weapon skill, Dagon. Uh, the name is Old Norse and has meaning of dawn or daybreak. And then uh, this weapon has is like purely utility. 
or some plus 100 on uh on level three uh or the third tier of 119 uh, once you complete it all the way which stanzas is that i don't know what stanza the curse no plus 100 comes in at but uh it, it could be somewhere in that pause your name should be changed to gird gird <laughs> gird your loins I mean, I I have no way of pronouncing this stuff with any kind of sincerity because my the the my ability to talk will never be able to pronounce these words. Like the, there there are there are letters in here that I'm only assuming are letters, um, and that have nothing even close to anything I've ever read before. Harbaro Schluge was pretty good. So the the O here looks like like Tua, like for Thor, it's like Tua. So it's like uh with O's that are to our Are you having a stroke? <laughs> Do you need medical assistance? I need fucking medical assistance, but none that can be provided. Uh, I actually, uh, for the first time since the last year where I mentioned, uh, did I mention my friend came over last year at the same time? Like, he came over by coincidence. Last year he was here for his uh, girlfriend's sister's wedding or some nonsense. He came down and I saw him. And this time this year, his he was house sitting for his parents uncoincidentally at the same exact time. So today I was sitting here with my, uh, I sent a picture in the food channel of what we were having with my my Icelandic friend, and he can pronounce these things because he speaks Icelandic. <laughs> not that this is particularly Icelandic; it is not. It is Norse, which is different, but similar enough in pronunciations that he could sit here and pronounce these things, and I'd be like, oh, okay, that's how you, that's how you say those things. And I saw him today, so that is a interlude to I forgot to mention how I was today. I had the nice wines and cheeses and breads and shit with that friend. Yeah, I'm just gonna fail at it. <laughs> and Dagon restores oh, HPMP. I, I mean, at least Gerd is easy to oh. say. Gerd. Yeah, like what uh, like like what what Funk was saying. Dagon does restore HPMP. Um, I don't know if it cures status ailments like uh, Mercury does, does not. which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of... Before I say that for, for effect, let me let me check Wiki. Yeah, just look real quick. Because I, I don't remember. I actually I actually don't even have that weapon skill unlocked because I have Mystic Boon. And Mystic Boon is strictly superior. Yep, it does I not. It restores HP and MP. Amount restored with TP. So, instead of restoring a status ailment and MP, it is HP and MP instead of just MP and status ailment from Mercury. That's super mad. And the argument... Yeah. Arguing gives make, it potency plus 10%. Yeah, so an extra 10% potency on that is still... It's an extra 10% niche. on top of, if you do it at 1,000 TP, it's 15% MP and 22% HP. So it's more of an HP restoral, which, I mean, if you were being... If you were being like the white mage that SE pictures in campaign, fighting the super bad beastmen with like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of HP... And you were fighting and used Dagen like someone, like a hero or something, you'd be like the coolest white mage. But that world doesn't exist. So. So you make it for Kursna. (laughs) I could see if you were a white mage who somehow got TP and was not interested in Mystic Boon because you're in the back line, or maybe you used an Icarus Wing because you're really a clutch, super pro white mage, or something like maybe you're fighting. Maybe you have a setup where you have tacticians roll on you in Dynamis, or your backline of Engai or something with tacticians roll from the Corsair getting ready to proc the oh. ore off. I could see using Dagen then as a white mage. That would be an there ideal are, use of it, but that's there, pretty nice. There niche. are two, two types of weapons in this game that have a, a damage-to-delay ratio so awkward that they're almost unusable. One of them we've already talked about that I didn't actually bring this point up in, and that's, that's regular Axe. Axe has a 
ridiculously bad damage to delay ratio. Um, the other one is club. Club has a absolutely terrible damage to delay ratio. Club's the and, one I know. I didn't know Axe. I knew Club was one of yeah. the worst damage delay ratios in the game, which is but weird. those yeah. those true strikes back in Dynamic Sacrobard. But dude, Black Hit on Maximentius on Blue Mage and Red Mage. Yeah, so you're 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 you can't even make an argument for white damage because the delay is so bad with clubs. So I mean, what are you what are you really doing with this weapon outside of Curse now? Like Curse it, it exists as an Empyrean. Curse one of the more backline tacticians. Yeah, exactly. But you but wouldn't white... be wearing it because you'd be using different weapons to cast with on White Mage, so it would be and having the weapon you're... skill unlocked, but also a curse in a macro for whatever and reason. White Mage is not going to be running out of MP to a, to a degree that they're going to need to rely on Dagon. And honestly... <laughs> if that's the case, buff them differently. Give honestly, them I have to say, as useful as this is for Kursna, compared to Quetus or something else that we've covered for uh, Redemption and stuff, this is the least worthwhile weapon to make because yep. if people in your party are not macroing and instinctively in their, their Lua or something at that effect of Kursna removal gear when they get doomed, then those people should die and it is their fault because there is no reason to make this and not use Yagrush or something else to AoE Kursna. If people in your party are using Kursna plus removal gear when they get doomed or cursed or, I mean, just in general, uh, doom is what you want it for. And... There's just no reason that you would have to make this weapon for this, that because Curse of Plus Gear is so good. This is a uh, macro piece for when your Lua reads that you have a session active and you're casting Curse now. <sighs> oh my god, you guys automate stuff? Uh, yeah. Boy. Ascension active? Well, gear swap's cheating, man, so. Yeah, session. Reported. I, I would only ever swap this in on a, uh, fine, an, an in-game gear swap that's tied to um, my, my Kursna with additional lines to proc a session first, I would equip this manually using the in-game system of equip sets, <laughs> using the Gamantine in that in that equip set during a session to make sure that that's up, so that way it provides this bonus. Otherwise, it's almost strictly better to just use Yakrish to do it, um, because you're, you're still going to have a fairly decent removal rate, and if your party is doing what they're supposed to, you're providing it to multiple members at once, which is the real danger of Doom. When Doom's on a single target, it's not actually that dangerous. You can spam until it's off. It's not, I mean, it's not hard to cap Curse Nani these days, right? The hardest thing is probably the Meeple Burrow attempts. So it, it is, but your definition of cap is kind of weird because you don't need to cap Curse but if you can get to like a 60-something, 70% removal rate, you know, and you can get much higher than that, obviously, but this is kind of like some bare minimum well, stuff. Obviously, people age. wouldn't know that by based on what you're saying. You're describing it to people. I guess, yeah. Um, but the you don't need extremely high removal rates for, for Doom. You just need like one or two casts. The Kursna receive gear is much more influential than adding this weapon to a white page. It's on the player receiving it at that point. When I use Holy Waters and take it off in one Holy Water for Sigili or something, and other people around me die because they don't yeah. fucking have the gear, it's on them to not suck ass and wear like two, three pieces of gear, one of which you have already, which is the Gibraltar Sass or whatever it is you carry for Refresh and whatever else you got it from, from Domain Invasion. When you're not buying your Worm Ash from Miru fucking flowing your ass, I'm sorry, then, yeah, the reason... Most people do not use a Kursna set when they get doomed, and that is when we're fighting Sigili or something, Terrible. it comes out... It, they're, just, they're just ass. So I, I have people that just don't even bother to change it, and every time it happens, I make fun of them and say, you didn't use a Kursna set, you're horrible, and you died. Because Table does not have a Yag Rush because it's not required for Sigili, 
And people, yeah. and not me, obviously, because I use like three pieces of gear, one ring. There's two. I don't even care the fucking second ring. Uh, the holy water ring, which is the purity ring, which is decent in a few sets. The sash and the neck, which is the super easy set to carry. Those few pieces of gear make a monumental difference on using holy water or getting cursed and received. All jobs. Yeah, all jobs to the point where you would not need a Doggin uh, or a Gambatine at all to increase that curse because Yag Rush is much more important for the whole group. So there's just no reason to make this weapon. But the sad thing is, is this weapon is more interesting than other weapons on this list because at least it isn't it just is. damage. It, they, they tried to do something, you know? So this one and the next one we're going to talk about, I think, are the most interesting weapons because they do something. I wish Club was better because for the Club's position in the game, I really think Club and maybe Axe in terms of damage to light ratio if, should really get a boost to what they have because they're really cool to fight with and the weapon skills they have and the skill chain properties for being balanced, they don't have great properties, honestly. So If it was reversed... And Yagrish had Dagon as its tied in thing, and Gambentine had uh, Mystic Boon as its tied in thing. Uh, Gambentine would be awesome. Like the first Mjolnir back in the Relic days is awesome for White Mage with the Hexa Strikes. Oh, that, yeah. that actually has some decent damage in the True Strikes. Yeah. But why didn't that keep the whole huge ass damage on them? I'm not sure. Well, so you got to look at what you were fighting back then, too. Like you were fighting a lot of pots because you did a lot of sky. And you're fighting a lot of dolls because you did a lot of sky. And when you're fighting this 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 fodder for these drops that you have to do day in and day out, um, this the club is going to do a lot of damage. Plus, it has like attack plus on it. So I think it has like plus twenty attack or something at that at that range. So when you yeah. combine that with the ability to do additional damage and a weapon skill that's okay, because all the all the uh, relic weapon skills are okay at seventy five. Um, you now have a, a job that did not really have an okay weapon skill. They would use their relic weapon skill, and then they could also do hex strike too, provided you had the act for it. You know, I had this weapon. Oh, Mjolnir? No, uh, Gamatoon. Oh, yeah? I do. do not, not even Carrot has this weapon. Why do you have it? On my mule. Oh. I made it for my mule level 90, back when the cap was like 95, 99. And it was really cool when it came out, and it's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on? Back from a time when White Mage melee was still somewhat cool from 75 and at the time at 95, you know, 90, 95 cap when it was available. It was when I made it for a mule when, like, everyone was like, take White Mage to Abyssia. And I was playing on my mule on my main because, like, I wanted to not play White Mage on my main because I didn't want to be the White Mage main. And to this day, I'm still not. And I made it on a mule that I have not ever really touched in, like, six years. But I have it on that character, and I was still meleeing on that character with, like, Walla Red Turban and stupid shit like that. And it was a cool melee weapon at the time. And and Dagen felt really cool for, like, a level 90-95 cap. But in the 12 years since then, it's not cool anymore. Yeah, I understand that. So for the time period in which Essie made this weapon, it was cool. They just didn't give it staying power and didn't build the game in a way that suits it. But yes, moving on. That you didn't know I had it. Game Diva. Oh, this is the character. No, weapon. we have the we have the staff next. Oh, oh, oh Fox, next. do this one. You okay? So Haverglamir. Uh Old Norse word uh, meaning bubbling, a boiling spring. In Norse mythology, Haverglamir is a major spring. Verglamir is attested in the Poetic Edda, uh, which I believe I read from before. Uh, oh, verse thirty-six. Yeah, right. Stanza. Combined from the first uh, 13th century from earlier traditional sources, 
the prose Edda, uh, written in 13th century by a Snorri Sturlson. Uh, in the poetic <laughs> Edda, I just keep saying the same thing. <laughs> Verglamir is mentioned in a single stanza, uh, which <laughs> details that it is the location where liquid from the antlers of the stag, okay, flow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Ek, ek Pirnir flow. Uh, it's understand that, the importance of stag antlers back in the day. The spring, whence all waters rise, is the source of numerous rivers. Prose Edda repeats this information and adds that the spring is located in Niflheim. Niflheim. Sure. Uh, that it is one of the three major springs at the primary roots of the cosmic tree Yggdrasil. Uh, other two are at Uraburner and Nimizburner, and that within the spring are vast amounts of snakes and the dragon Nidhogger, also known as Nidhogg. Uh, weapon skill Merker, Old Norse word means dark, murky, uh, originated from Proto Germanic uh, Merk Wijaz. <laughs> it's M I R K W I J A Z. Yeah, you Merk with, Merk with jazz. <laughs> Merk with jazz. Uh, and then the 119.3 version gets fast cast plus 50%. Some Give MP. me the gill, I'll play my saxophone. So as you were reading that, Fox, I realized Merker is basically like a spring, so it ties into the mythology. It, it is yeah. a refreshing, removing status ailments, which is actually pretty nice for the weapon skills. It's spring. an incredible weapon skill. It's fucking one of the best weapon skills in this entire thing, if not the best, for what it does for the job. Yeah. It is It is job change. Actually, it is the best weapon skill of all Imperium weapon skills. No other weapon skill for an Imperium weapon changes the job like uh, Merker does for the jobs that can use it. It's true. Um, and the, the fact that a lot of people don't even realize that it can clear status ailments is pretty crazy also. Uh, but I've used it to clear silence many times. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. It also gives you some credence to a frontline black mage. Not that that's a thing, but AOE silence or status elements is, and being able to use that's nice. Yeah. Like here it talks about the fast cast plus 50 on the I-19-3 version. Um, it also gains a lot of MP and Merker potency. Merker potency always is good. We kind of, you it's know, poo-pooed the Dagon potency, but that's because it's a lot easier for the jobs on the staff to get TP than a white mage would. Um, do a call action. Yeah, in fact, well, yeah, and then also just meleeing, even just meleeing. Yeah, its staffs have a better return ratio because of the delay that's on it. Store TP tends to matter a bit more. Um, fast cast fifty percent is sweet, and then more MP for death. And you want fast cast on death? I've talked about death. It's a lot of MP too. It's like two thirty on the one nineteen weapon. And the augment gives thirty more. Yeah, it's like two sixty. Let me pull it up. Mm-hmm. We'll just say 260 be fine, but... And I'm still torn between this and Farsha. Like, <laughs> both of them are the same endgame uh, where it's going to do something cool and I'll get to play around with it on a job that I like, so I just don't know yet. For you, Farsha, for me, I'd make her go. Yeah. But just because I have more faith in you being other jobs than that. And it doesn't define <laughs> you because you already have access to it. Well, I already pretty much have the staff made problem. <laughs> it is 230 MP plus, I think, 30, so 260 is what you get. Yeah. And without a grip. And grip gives you more MP, so or can so. There's a, a lot of people really don't like this weapon, though. Like it's they, really they consider, good for black mage, as we said. Yeah, like like most of the sta- the staves are just like considered jokes if they're not a Leviathan or a Nirvana. Uh, but I don't find that to be the case. Uh, Herverglamir is actually very good for black mage, and then unless you need to hit very specific numbers, like if you're fighting Ongo uh, or something like that, uh, you're perfectly fine nuking in Herverglamir. Like, you're sure your damage is going to be lower. 
but you also will the be rest of your gear matters there. This weapon enables you to do other things. Exactly. Yeah. And um, and in terms of people not liking staves, out of all the weapons we've covered right here, having fast cast fifty percent out of eighty percent, including in your mid cast, which is when fast cast is not active for all sets, especially in your mid cast, is unheard of. So for what the other weapons give you, this weapon, as people not liking a staff, is unparalleled in what it gives you for what you can do for the job. And it's only fast cast, but it's still unparalleled for what Imperium weapons give you. This is the only weapon like beyond damage that matters. You have to think about yeah. recasting, yeah. Yeah, honestly, like given the rate at which I cast death, I'm probably just going to convert the winner. <laughs> you should. I still think Farsh is cooler for you, but you should make her Velgan. I'll do them both, but yeah, I just it's so sweet. Um, yeah, you, this is about the only place you'll get that take, though, because like, like I said, most people hate this weapon. <laughs> But yeah, without going into a super deep Black Mage episode, we should probably just move on. I mean, even just saying the name's fun. Hefelgrimir. There you go. If I was Don Diego de la Vega, I would want Hefelgrimir in my my harem. So (laughs) (laughs) my harem will include this weapon eventually. Even Basing's making it too in our in our. He's not like officially in our static, but he's making it so. Yeah, I did see him comment on Kakolkin's fangs, and there's only one weapon that uses that. Yeah, he he just made the level eighty weapon or whatever. Gotcha. So next weapon we have here. I guess it's my turn again, unless Funk, you want to go. Um, I'll go next. I'll go next. Yeah, you could do Gandhi. Oh, yeah. Read that, too. I'm not going to read the Sanskrit. Yeah, read that Sanskrit. I'll read Gandiva, but read, I can read, read that spaghetti. This is more spaghetti yeah, than spaghetti. It's like it says Gandiva. Gandiva. Yeah, okay. okay. Gandiva. The Sanskrit is... <laughs> yeah, good, good job. Good job there. Not to offend anybody. Yeah, I, I mean, the 1% of people in any that speak Sanskrit in a country of a billion and change are very, can be very offended. I mean, 1% <laughs> of a billion is quite a lot of people, but right now. they don't have internet, so. It's the divine bull of Arjuna. One of the Pandava, Pandavas of the Hindu epic Mahabharata. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. The bow is made by Brahma, Agni, god of fire, wanted to devour the forest of Kandavarasbatha. That's the uh, his... Ionic weapon for Steph. Okay. To regain Kandana. his power and splendor. He had enlisted the help of the two heroes, Krishna and Arjuna. Arjuna was the best warrior and greatest archer of all time and demanded from Agni a bow that would suit his strength, skill, and the power of celestial weapons. Agni then requested Varna to bless the heroes with the desired weapons. Varna gave the Gandiva bow to Arjuna, as well as two quivers, which would provide the inexhaustible number of arrows. Why two quivers? You only need one quiver if it's infinite. Different elements. <laughs> the weapon was dreaded by so many during the Kukreshtra War, having defeated and killed many great warriors and the gods themselves. The Gandiva givers of the Gandiva gives a wielder a self confidence, self belief. The bowl consisted of 108 celestial strings, and it was endued with a great energy and is believed to have the strength of one lock bows. What is a lock bow? Google, what is a lock bow? Okay. Gandiva is indestructible and was worshipped by the celestials and the Gandharvas. The weapon skill is Jinshu's Radiance. Jinshu is another great name for the hero Arjuna in the Indian epic. Mahabharata, and the name means uncontrollable. Arjuna was an excellent bull user and owner of the Gandiva. He was also a child of the god Thund- thunder god Indra, which is where the effect of the weapon skill comes from. 
there are many aliases for Arjuna and Vijaya. One of them is one of them. It was the Vijaya bowl, which, which is in game as well. The Vagina bow. Exactly. So I guess this ties into the Artemis arrows and the unlimited Artemis arrows with the unlimited quivers. Yeah, it seems weird that they, they tied Artemis to this, but sure. Um, well, Artemis, Artemis would be the, the goddess of the bow and the hunt, so. Uh, they're going to be right behind uh, um, the, the chrono arrows. So without looking up Lockbow, because it returns your fucking Wikipedia page here, I just put in Lock, which is uh, Indian for 100,000. So uh, the strength of 100,000 bows is Gandiva. Hmm. Assuming L-A-K-H is Lock without the h being pronounced but that's english so who knows there was a time i wanted to make this weapon carrot made it yeah it's rank is seven the one she was disappointed in or no it's rank seven and she's disappointed that she did not rank 15 it so it so her body and she just liked armageddon better so i only own one empyrean weapon that's a, that's fully complete and i'm also disappointed by it even though i used it to great effect to clear her body well that's what it's um, for so honestly I- I can understand her being upset with Gandiva. I felt like you would make a better true shot set than she would, and she would not make a thing in her Lua like you would. So did you make a true shot set with it? Do you have it? Oh, it's disconnecting again? Oh, well. It's ignoring you. Maybe he's looking at his true shot set. <laughs> it's interesting that the Jinshu's Radiance is Dex. Kind of strange for it's both. It's the opposite it? of Blade He, unfortunately. Yeah, it should be Agi. Yeah, it should be. They should be swapped. But SE gonna SE in their 20th anniversary expectations. This game has been modifiers for two weapon skills to be swapped. Yeah, so no, I don't I don't have this bow, but I wanted to make it at one point. Norcris has it. Um, he was disappointed with it when he used it on Procne recently. Well, <laughs> he switched back the gun promptly. Yeah, he would. And I mean, but the difference is you want to be out of range for her body to get better advantage of true shot. You don't have to be out of range for Procne. It's conal. He was a, he was a true shot for Procne. Yeah, but you don't have to be out of range for gun on Procne. It's a difference. Yeah. If you can be in I range mean, for true shot on gun, there's no reason. Exactly. I, I it's 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 fine as a weapon from what I've seen. Super niche. Um, but yeah, it's not going to cover as many situations as the gun. That's for sure. I like the crit on Arabani uh, for the weapon skill, but once again, unless you're trying to proc, which I do think as the tank for Arabani, and I personally say this, it'd be nice if you tried to proc the ore off. It's a big deal. So <laughs> we can win the fight with extra time. I do, actually. Even with Gondiva, even if it's doing less damage than Armageddon here, hear me out using your weapon skill to help proc because it's a critical hit weapon skill the aura off if i'm using power slash on ruin and the other core is also using armageddon uh, as we do then it'd be nice to use gondiva instead and i do think we'd have a better successful win v20 rate overall if you use gondiva even if it does less damage as long as you clear the dps check in general because getting an aura off especially depending if it's a magic defense down aura or magic evasion down or especially which is the worst or for body i'd argue then gondiva would be the optimal weapon there and for a fight that can be really difficult for people i wish carrot would use it more but since it does less damage she won't use it and sometimes the dps yeah. check's not met so she's not wrong it's true um i want to see more situations where it'll be useful and i still like the idea of gandiva especially given all the true shot gear that we have access to it's not bad to hold on to or to try and find use for i think it will be good the problem exactly the the problem is that the range on all these attacks are still nothing a ranger is going to want to stand within range of 
So I want to be prepared for it, but I just don't have high hopes that. I think she was still somehow getting hit with some stuff and range her true shot with Bo. Yes, and she will. Yeah, I thought I thought it would have cleared it, but apparently some of those attacks are. A bit will longer, you still get but... any bonus or less of a penalty whatsoever? Uh yeah, it's it's more giving uh, when it comes to hit squarely. You're gonna get you're gonna get hit squarelys with the bow, whereas you will not get hit squarely with the gun. Yeah, so she needs to stand squarely. Yeah, but it's not true shot range though, so you don't want to use the true shot gear with that. Okay, so the difference of squarely is not true shock here. Okay, that's different. Correct, but you're still going to get a bonus. Today. See, that's important information now that we've now obtained from Gundivas. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, everybody's attacks are just a little bit too wide. To it's only like 10 yam, so it's really unfortunate, but one is like 15, right? Yeah, and that's the problem one. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's the problem one. Yeah, fuck, I see. I do remember uh, Jinshu's Radiance being used quite a lot. Was it just because it looked cool? It was, was it Abyssia Era. It was crit weapon skills. Oh, it, was it was really good for Abyssia Era. Super good. Yeah, it's got a dex it's mod on it, though, everywhere. which is what makes it bad. Yeah, the, the dex mod on it is what makes it awkward. Because, yeah, as you're DCing, um, we're talking about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the, the Rangers get uh, D agility for their, their, for their crit rate. It just doesn't do anything to stack dex on this, so it's a, a blunder by SE. Because Dex has the property of uh, lightning, so that's why they gave it to it. <laughs> what about right. the arrows that come from? Is there any reason to care about the uh, Artemis arrows from Gundiva Fox? Or no? Because I mean, it's also yeah, you don't, if if you have those, you don't need to strictly get the fifty k beads just to get the arrows from the Ionic bow. Uh, these arrows are okay, and they're going to be better than Yoichi arrows and any other arrows that you use. So they're fine. They're the not as good as Chrono. So if you're oh, trying to make some better. weird skill chain on Ongo with your setup with a gun with a Yoichi on like a samurai or some weird whatever the fuck you're using a Yoichi for, then that would be the arrow to use, I guess, right? If if Sam could use these arrows, yeah, well, um, I, if you're on a I would not be a sad person. Yeah, you'd have to be on Ranger. Yeah, um, I went to Yoichi. Yeah, so yeah, so if you're using Yoichi for for the weapon skill and you're on Ranger, you should be using Artemis arrows or Chrono arrows with it. Yeah. Unless you need like extreme amounts of accuracy, which probably isn't the case on Ranger. You'd hope not. <laughs> right. I, considering like you can just chill and be at like 1400 easily. Yeah. So the next one for me, I guess, is Armageddon. Oh, I already see a lie like right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't disagree. I, it, it very well could be. I mean, it's supposed to be a So <laughs> Armageddon, which is also known as Bruce Willis's greatest movie. Slash um, S. According to the fi- according to the it's fictitious book of Revelations in the New Testament of the Christian Bible, Armageddon is the prophesied location of a gathering of armies for a battle during the end times, also known as Ragnarok, which is variously interpreted interpreted as either a literal or symbolic location. The term is also used in a generic sense to refer to any end of the world scenario or big deal. In Islamic theology, the Armageddon is also mentioned in Hadith as the greatest Armageddon or Al-Malhama Al-Kabura, the great battle. The Mount uh, Megiddo in northern Israel, Israel, if you're serious, I guess, is not actually a mountain, but a tell, a mound or hill created by many generations of people living and rebuilding in the same spot, uh, Source 5 on which ancient forts were built to guard the Via Maris, an ancient trade route linking Egypt 
with the northern empires of Syria, Anatolia, and Mesopotamia, Megiddo was the location of various ancient battles, including one of the 15th century BCE and in the 609 BCE in nearby modern Medigo, Megiddo, whatever the fuck it is, is a kibbutz in the Kashan River area, if you're familiar with the Kashan River area, also where uh, Don Diego de la Vega is also familiar with. So weapon skill is wildfire uh, from an old sailor's proverb, proverb, piss on wildfire and your cock burns off. Wildfire is also used to destroy Stannis Barthreon's fleet in Game of Thrones. Baratheon's fleet. Well, thank you. Thank you. Stannis Baratheon's fleet in Game of Thrones. Uh, it it clearly not, has everything to do with the actual lore of the gun. It does, it does not say Game of Thrones. I'm introducing that. It just says Stannis Baratheon's fleet. That's where the proverb came from, too. Yes. Piss on wildfire and your cock burns off. Might be a connection between core and wildfire used to burn enemy ships or your cock burning off, which I think is more apt to a Corsair than, than a ship. But hey, <laughs> your cock only burns off once. Devastating bullets. Any good? Question mark. Discuss the weapon in the game. Uh, devastating bullets are good when you need magic accuracy. Um, yes. They're actually the they're actually very good for um, light shot and dark shot specifically. So I have this gun and it's mostly hate, but it's a love hate relationship that I have with it. Um, it always feels like it underperforms <laughs> always. And I'm, I'm geared on Corsair. I, I, everything except for a death penalty and a roster. Like I, I, it's good to go damage wise. The problem is that it just always underperforms except when you align everything for it and you treat it like it's some sort of special princess cannon. That's the only time. Like you're, all your buffs have to be aligned directly on buffing this gun, and then this gun is fine. It reminds me somehow of back in the relic days where we had guns that had some special ammo, like the cannon ammo. Yeah, like Culverin and stuff. Yeah, Culverin. Yeah, there you go. But it's just too bad the the, relic, the properties you get with relic are just too good to pass up. If the enemy. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. no! Well, relic, the relic gun's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's just too Especially bad. Out shines everything else pretty much. Outshine. Yeah, outshine. just because of that. So, in terms of raw damage, uh, when you're on ranger, Fomalhaut is probably going to do more than an armor will. Um, if you're just spamming weapon skills, the the reason that this gun is so good on Arabati is you have a specific situation where you are tailoring your entire setup to allow Armageddon's crits to do nasty damage. And this, this also requires you to full charge your hover shot in order to make it work. If you are not full charging your hover shot and leaning everything into crit rate for the damage on this gun, it's, it's going to fall behind foam uh, in terms of regular damage. And of course, as a Corsair, it also falls behind death penalty for leaden salute. So, uh, it's really, really disappointing to use when you do not have a shot. Kind of like Bruce Willis's movie. <laughs> yeah. Where some yeah. animal cracker danced on some lady's tits. <laughs> and of course, seen it. <laughs> of course the black guy was sacrificed for, you know, the whole mission. Cause of course it's a nineties movie for white people. So yeah. And I mean, for people who didn't read too much into Armageddon, it was still just a really boring movie most of the time. So yeah, I made this gun <laughs> in the level ninety. Like, um, so here's my story. Mm. 
I saw the weapon skill in that whole SE trailer. And I'm like, wow, that weapon skill looks so fucking cool compared to the other weapon <laughs> skills. Like Shantu Signa is not nearly as cool as Arma fucking Geddon. God damn. So yeah. I made the Magian gun, the the one that just gives you access to it. The the mm. dice and lemonial residue stuff kind of gun. And I used that while leveling up Corsair itself because I decided I was going to be a Corsair sometime before this, like level 75 era, when I was that single-wield Joy-Use Corsair, when Super no Mimi while single-wielding on Joy-Use was the coolest option. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Sub-Warrior using Slugshot, fucking killing those birds like one of the top-parsing DDs could in a Board fucking bird Maripo. And the weapon skill looks so cool that I made the Magian uh, bit, and I was leveling up Corsair to 99 or whatever at the time. And someone was near Ronnie or whatever drops the opponent's ring. Is it Ronnie? Raythi? Whatever the fuck it is. It's Ronnie. Ronnie. Someone was near Ronnie and all of them got charmed while I was XPing on dolls. Because back in the day, people XP'd at Conflux 8 on dolls. And I just got wildfire TP from Meiling and just killed all of these charmed people with fucking the Magian <laughs> Walk of Echoes gun wildfire. And they were all so pissed and threatening to report. I just killed them all. The whole line spell just killed them all one by one with wildfire. It was great. Excellent. And it was Excellent so good. Story. It was so good that I made Armageddon level 90. It's still level 90 in my mog house. I have some hearts and stuff. I never made 95 or whatever, and it's just sitting there. So one day I might make it, but I stopped playing Corsair at the Delve era, where I was a really good Corsair dancer for stuff like the shark and stuff when it mattered. And I felt really good to join Pugs as a core. And I still don't have Armageddon yet because I just don't need to make it. And maybe one day, once again in the future, Armageddon, level 90 in my mog safe, will come out and be upgraded and matter. But until then, that is my story. Well, at least you still get Final Fantasy AH points for it. Yes, I do. That's how I beat Blue Spoons in the ranking. Suck it, Blue Spoons. Love you, Blue Spoons. <laughs> yep. Anyway, should we continue? I hope yeah. so, so we can fucking finish this. Right. Two more left. Dora, blah, 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 blah. That's you, folks. Spicy's turn. Uh, no, it's you. This is your weapon. <laughs> okay. Named after the Daga, Irish Daga. Oh, back to Irish, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's oh, an boy. important god in Irish mythology. One of the Tauta di Danan, the Daga is portrayed as a father figure, king, and druid. He is associated with fertility, agriculture, manliness, and strength, as well as magic, druidity, and wisdom. So may. <laughs> okay. He can control life and death, weather the crops, as well as time and the seasons. He is often described as a large bearded man or a giant wielding a herd cloak. Tales depict the Daga as a figure of immense power. He is said to own a magic staff, club, or mace, which could kill nine men with one blow. But with a handle, he could return the slain to life. How is this going to an instrument? Well, where are we getting there? It was called the Lorg Moor, the Great Staff Club Mace, or the Lorg and Fade, the Staff Club Mace of Wrath. His magic cauldron was known as the Cure Ansic, the Undry Cauldron, and it was said to be bottomless, from which no man left unsatisfied. <laughs> no man left unsatisfied from the Undry Bottomless Cauldron. That is that is a fucking legend right there. And, and story, that's all I want is an Undry Bottomless Wet Cauldron. It was said to have a ladle so big that two people could fit in it. Oh, that's no, we're never leaving that realm. Oh, with hot me. dog in a hallway. 
<laughs> with me, also known as the Four Angled Music, was a richly ornamental magic harp made of oak, which, when Daga played it, would put the seasons in their correct order. Other accounts tell of it being used to command the order of battle. He possessed two pigs, one of which was always growing whilst the other was always ro- roasting, and ever-laden fruit trees. He also described it as being the owner of a black-maned heifer, which was given to him for his labors prior to the second battle of Moitura, when the heifer called her calf and all the cattle of Ireland taken by the Formians as a tribute grace. Despite his great power and prestige, Daga is sometimes depicted as an oafish and crude, even comical, wearing a short, rough tunic that barely covers his rump, dragging his great penis in the ground. (laughs) Wow. This story has fucking got everything. It's got big dicks, wet pussies, and fucking rumps being exposed. And dragging your penis in the ground. Just needs a coffee machine. (laughs) (laughs) The Daga has an affair with Bron, the goddess of the great river Boyne. She lives at Bru Na Boyne with her husband Elkmar. The Daga impregnates her after setting Elkmar away on a one-day errand to hide the pregnancy from Elkmar. Instead of fix the coffee machine. (laughs) Got it. <laughs> the pregnancy from Mark. The Daga casts a spell on him, making the sun stand still so he will not notice the passing of time. Meanwhile, Bruin gives birth to Agnes, who is also known as Makan Og, the young son. You are not the father. That was the funnest one to do. <laughs> you are not the father. That copy machine. Help, stepbrother. I'm stuck in the copy machine. Wait, I poop from there. No, uh, not when I copy this big dragging dick with my rump exposed at the ground. <laughs> dragging Dude, my penis in the ground. I, I'll be honest, I'm modest enough to say I've never had a problem with dragging my dick in the ground when I walk, and if I did, <laughs> it would be very uncomfortable, so I'm glad that I don't have my dick dragging in the ground. I may drag it across everyone's face in the server, or your mom's face if we're doing me or you, but I do not drag my dick in the ground, and I am glad for it. <laughs> True. Copy machine. You don't want those troubles. <laughs> Fucking the scrapes, man. I just wrap it you around my leg. Dick. Who wants a callous <laughs> dick? Oh, man. The fuck? Anyways, <laughs> Diablo. What does a callous dragging dick have to do with the fucking instrument? I'm, I'm glad from all of this we got to learn how this song, this harp puts like two additional songs on our party. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the effort. It's it's great. Yeah, you know, once you, once you work it to completion, it, uh, <laughs> if you play with my strings, I'll sing a song that gets my dragging dick into the bottomless cauldron that is your mother. Wow. Um, Everyone knows the song takes the panties off and the bottomless dick has to drag its way inwards. <laughs> the bottomless dick. You're mixing these stories up. Come on. I, I, I mean, it's, is... it's a dick's dragon. It's a bottomless dick. Bottomless cauldron, bottomless dick. We got everything here. But he still managed to impregnate the lady. This is the next story of Shrek that we've missed. Shrek 5 and the Bottomless Dick. I'm pretty so, sure, I'm pretty sure that exists somewhere on the internet. Oh god. You know, it probably does. <laughs> uh Dardabla is the new rule, whatever. 47. So I don't know, Funk. What what's your what's your take on Dardabla? <laughs> what's your take on the story, <laughs> Funk? Because you're writing a book report. <laughs> Well, the story is different, different time for a different day. This, this is the but Irish man. This is this is how itself. it is in Ireland. The, the Emerald Isle is a reason for that. <laughs> you know, everyone dragging their dick in the ground fertilized the whole place. It is so big. It drags in the ground for a reason. You don't need a dead oblate to be a good bard. Nope. But I would expect you to have one. Maybe. But you had to start somewhere. 
You can get by with uh, the one song to pander until you get to Adaba. It's only in fights like uh, Imposa or something where you need to have offensive buffs as well as defensive buffs, Carol, Sherzo, etc., where the extra song becomes monumental and like game-changing. Otherwise, when you're in Shulsey and some asshole who doesn't know shit gives you a third or fourth, fucking fourth, attack song, it's not important. It's not helping. Yeah. So you can still use Clarion Call, and you can still have four songs. Correct. And if you get reset, hopefully you will on, on the third floor or whatever you're at. Everyone you have four dies. songs for the whole time. Yeah, no, but nobody dies. You have songs for the whole time. All four songs. Typically, Sometimes I think about what, what am I going to put for the fifth song? You know, I don't, I'm kind of running off the or, or a mini or something, because adding that extra attack song that people want their double for is shit in Chelsea. It really is. Yeah, you do add uh, attack songs. It's just like the fifth song. It's like, what am I going to do? Sherzo? Extra attack. Extra time. Yeah, there we go. I, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Like I sometimes like that fifth song is just kind of like, well, let me throw something on there. Correct. Like, most of the time, four is 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 a nice sweet spot. And yeah, my general rule with songs is that if you're going beyond two of the exact same song type, you're probably doing something wrong. So, I, I almost never put a third attack song on. Like you have to like fight me tooth and nail to do it because there's almost always something better that you could put there instead. To be fair, on, as a fifth song, if you're doing Shoal with Regen and Brava, having an extra 25, men. 25 a tick, yeah, if it's already on or whatever, an extra 25 a tick pay on wouldn't be the worst thing either, but you would use Min or another attack, Herculean dude or something, but in this case, uh, pay on's not the worst thing as a last song, but it's really just important for defensive songs on top of attack songs. I mean, if you need accuracy too. If you're lacking accuracy, the magic all being thrown on is really important. But most situations in the game, it's just that extra fifth song is not game changing at all. It's just in, sometimes just wasteful. In she'll see specifically, like I see I see a lot of people like put the min on the tank only. It's and then not on everyone else. It's it's actually more important that it be on your regular DDs and not just the tank. Um they, they actually gain more out of it because they're already at a much higher deficit of defense. And yeah, that'll cause your people to die less. <laughs> I want to show D, frankly, at this rate. I want them to release our, you know, 30 cap for, for and dragging stuff. on the ground and shit. And I want to fucking show D's nuts. And I want to have a show D so we can have even harder mobs than we have now. So these people have a reason to have that extra little bit of attack that they cry and complain about. What they should have done is make show C the least amount of points. So people would do show A and get the scales. They're not balanced. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But one or thing they, should, they should all be worth the same, actually. Well, all, yeah, all the same. They do same difficulty, same. Yeah, one thing overlooked yeah. with Dodabla is the extra skill mm-hmm. that you get, the strength skill, especially mm-hmm. these days with Horlala by 2 and the AoE duration, the AoE range. Do you have an yep. AoE Lullaby set for Lullaby 2 of a Fox? I sure do. And uh, right I now, so. I, I do. And in fact, a lot of people actually comment on the range of my uh, the the radius of my songs when I when I put things to sleep, like they're surprised that my I'm able to sleep like everything in the group because they usually don't see that happen. That that actually yeah. happens quite a bit. They'll comment on that. I have. If you um, want to learn more, for, go to, sorry. If you want to learn more, you can go to Obama. I want to buff you. It's all <laughs> talked about there. Obama want to buff you. Yeah. The bard guide on BG made by a certain local resident of a working manner remember when it wasn't a guide and you told me to make it a guide for years years and now it is the best bar guide around thank you since i'm ml30 now though well ml29 but basically ml30 i actually switched back to blurred heart plus one for both lullabies i just took the one yom off 
because I just like having the extra duration more in case you something really goes need wrong. It though? Nope, sure don't. I mean, it's not really needed. For context, nope. Obama wanted Buffy was around for like 2016, and it wasn't a guide till 2021. So it took like five plus years to make a guide. Oh. The picture was there. It's like coming soon. It was an empty page with a guide of a picture of Obama playing a fucking uh, Spanish uh, guitar or something, whatever it's called. A liar, whatever mandolin. the fuck it is. Mandolin. A mandolin. So Thank Funk's you. absolutely right, though. Um, you, you you don't need the extra song duration on, on Lullaby 2 using a uh, Blurred Heart Plus One. Especially the master levels. But, doing the only, but the only other argument I have is that you don't need the magic accuracy either. And you, you like the radius sometimes matters but i mean burst magic accuracy for the the big rocks nope. or whatever nope i i never get resisted on big birds some people do i'm just saying but i've been well, people is, get resisted well what i'm saying is that when once you build your bard out properly um you you don't run into the, a lot of these problems and most of the time you can just use horde little by one anyway for a bigger a bigger radius so do both what's so interesting about bard is as i said i've invited people who have had problems fucking sleeping rocks and I recently was, was as much as I praised who was a G or someone who came on Bard in a link shell. Uh, when I pulled a group on shell B on Blue Mage, where we're doing that for sleep, and I saw it only slept maybe a third of the group, I go, I just said, and they were in group shot, I go, who is using horn to sleep? <laughs> and you just oh. you just notice it because it's like, why am I being hit? Why is this not slept? You can't sleep. Why is it? But uh also bards who don't change gear properly because they just do sleep and whatever the fuck they're idling in because they're a bard on shoal c will have trouble sleeping as well blurred harp plus one is good for albumin still yes blurred harp is good for albumin and it's good for sleeping in shoal c if you're not a bard who like like you can be a good bard in this game don't get you like people like ask for ridiculous bullshit in this game yeah. g horn is super easy to make a blurred harp is not hard to get. It just fucking take a stroll to the auction house and get a you know, fifty fucking or hundred job points, whatever it is fifty or hundred, and just just play bard. It's that easy. The only thing else you need is a fucking ionic weapon, which is the hardest thing of the entire thing. It's the easiest job to gear with those weapons. If you have an ionic yeah. weapon already for it, easiest job to gear, and just play it. G horns cheap too. Yeah, just play. It. You don't need the so, extra song generally. So yeah, I, I I just personally never use anything beyond horde lullaby one. Like that's that's just it. Like I use Horde Lullaby one, everything in front of me dies. I move on to the next thing. Horde Lullaby one. So I mean, sometimes but, you have some leg and some hang out in the back. But, I do anyway, so I need to have both. So yeah, I guess for the average bard, you could say Dredabla is important, obviously, for the AOE sleep range because, of course, it is because they didn't pick up Lord Heart because they just bought Dredabla. Yeah. And even if they have it, they could save an inventory spot by not having to carry Lord Heart because they have Dredabla. Yeah, you don't need. Yeah, mm. we talked about why. So, yeah, rewind exactly. if you want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with you at all, Funk. I, I the only thing, the only point I make is that I, I just personally don't find that it matters. Is this the thing? But I, you're, you're not wrong. Definitely not. I just, yeah, it just doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Honestly, um, the last weapon or the last item, which is not a weapon is a Foxwork special, which he will talk about Martell, because Martell... I wonder if we get Martell in the horn. Oh, jeez. Wham? It, it's, it's, it, no, yeah, it's not happening. It's it's 2 a.m. Yeah, don't don't try to contact Martell yeah. at, like, midnight. I'm sure he's busy, busy sleeping, so... Yeah. So, this is, like, the most overrated shield to ever exist, in my opinion. 
But sure. with the story behind it first. Most yeah, overused shield, frankly, compared to what you can use, especially with Servasta, which we're going to have a whole secret Paladin episode, Fox. This is going to be right. so exciting. Oh, boy. So everyone, including myself, pronounces this wrong. So the Okane, um, sometimes referred to as the Ear of Beauty. How about the O-Able? Yeah, this... Huh? O-Able? O-Able? The Okane. Oh. Never mind. Just go on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, this enchanted shield is referred to or belong to uh, Conk Obar, uh, Macnessa, uh, moaned a warning whenever its bearer was in danger. Uh, danger. Uh, it, said, uh. <laughs> it said that it is. It did not even dent when hit directly by the Calibol. Uh, it should have the Agus face moaning. The Agus face. Okay. There are several versions of like how Tonkabar is conceived. In one, Ness, daughter of Ikoid Alabuid, <laughs> is brought up by 12 foster fathers. And while all 12 are at a feast, Cathbad, like, like leading Stepdad? a Fiam or landless warband, attacks the house and kills them all. Ikoid is unable to avenge them as the culprit is cannot be identified so Ness forms her own Fion to hunt down a Cathbad or to hunt Cathbad down I'm glad you're reading uh, this right? but while she is bathing alone in a pool Cathbad <laughs> appears uh, stands between her and her weapons and pair his sword a copier um, a copier her life on condition that <laughs> she should just say a copier dude this don't worry about how the story, story plays out we're not at the exciting conclusion yet. <laughs> they they settle near a river called Conkobar, and Ness conceives a son. Uh, but in this version, the father is the High King Fakna Fashach, <laughs> who is Ness's lover. As she and Cathbad <laughs> set out to visit Fakna. You keep saying uh, Cathdad or something. Cathbad. It's Cathbad. Cathbad, or Ness goes into labor. Cathbad. Tells her she can manage to not give birth until the following day. Uh, her son will be a great king and have everlasting fame. Uh, for Pretty sure that's how you kill while giving Jesus birth. Christ. Ness sits on a flagstone by the river Conkobar, and the following morning gives birth. The baby falls in the river. Uh, that's unfortunate, but <laughs> Catbad lets him out and names him Conkobar after the river and brings him up as his own. Fucking conked his head in the river. Man, but, I mean, this definitely explains the block rate on the shield. <laughs> so, Kankabar is <laughs> eventually funny. killed as a result of a wound inflicted by the Kanak warrior Ket Makmakach. Uh, Ket is, had stolen one of Ulster's trophies of battle, petrified the petrified brain of Mesgagera, king of Leinster. That's metal. Uh, <laughs> and shoots it from his sling. <laughs> what? So, it embeds itself in Kankabar's head. I'm I'm pausing there just so we can marinate on what just occurred in this story. So you guys have left. Conkabar eventually killed the kid as a result of a wound inflicted by a conic warrior Ketlock Makan. Yeah, that's that's what, what happened the there. Fuck. Had stolen okay. one of Ulster's trophies, the petrified brain of Mesagera, Mesgekra, Mesgekra, King of Leinster. And shoots it from his sling, so it embeds itself in Conkabar's head. Fucking sling, man. It gets better. It cost you a lot of money. Conkabar's physicians are unable to remove it, but sew up the wound and tell the king he will survive so long as he does not ex get excited or overexert himself. <laughs> wow. Well, the the block story. rate's getting really reasonable. 
Seven reasonably peaceful years later, Conquabar is told of the death of Christ and becomes so angry that his brain <laughs> bursts from his head and he dies. <laughs> what the shit? Oh, that's good. Uh, the that's blood great. from the wound baptizes him as a Christian, and his soul goes to heaven. Is that how that but, fucking works? Pretty sure if you're not if you're not baptized story, at the time in their bullshit mythology of of the cult of Christ, and if you're not baptized at the time you're you know before you oh. die, you don't go to heaven from dying in the blood of your fucking skull running over yourself as a baptism. There's no fucking priest there. It's not baptism. They're not following their own fucking rules as usual. But this story is the last one, the best ones. I'm glad they were last. Uh, I'm glad to. I don't understand what's going on here with this with the shield. Um, I, I, so I this, call Christian this shenanigans. This doesn't explain much about the O'Kane. Um <laughs> and there's some questionable rape happening. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> questionable is there non-questionable oh. rape? Yeah, it's what we're doing to this uh this shield backstory. <laughs> so where is here, the blocking? He didn't block rape even. If he, if he can't morning. block rape, what kind of shield are you? It's right. the morning to make sure that the person's in danger. So no, the morning lot. after block rate is not effective enough to block rape. So if you're not blocking rape, what kind of shield are you? Plan B no, shield? Said, the plan B shield? He didn't bear his I don't think sword. the shield's moaning has... Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, so this, this shield is overused <laughs> by paladins. It shouldn't be. It was good until everything casts magic it's, these days. Every time I see a paladin using this instead of like pre one or Shavasta, it doesn't I, do anything. I anymore. just go, ah. well, it's before yeah. the whole block rate and the, the paladin buffs that we got. If it, it was some, good, if for some bizarre reason your paladin cannot keep reprisal up, it means something has probably gone wrong or there is a ridiculous amount of dispels happening. <sighs> um, but both of those situations are very rare, and in that case, I guess. You know, you could use Ocane. The last time I used it was for Iron Giant's Ambuscade when I didn't just fucking kill it as a ninja. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we, like, super tanked it for, for whatever reason. It's much more efficient to just kill those with ninjas, though. Uh, I can't ever justify equipping the shield. I have it. Um, I've used it in basically just that situation, but I, I never equipped this and thing our because it episode. doesn't do anything. In the Paladin episode we had many moons ago with Martel, who we cannot wake yeah. up at the moment, uh, Martel said he, he loves used his shield. <laughs> Does he still love it? I mean, him and, and Burt yeah. Gang, which, well, I mean, I forget the story of a Burt Gang, but <laughs> it doesn't involve rape, I'm sure, hopefully. I know. <laughs> Let's put a whistle on that one. Whistle while you work. And uh, he, that was his preferred combo. I don't know if with master levels that have happened since that episode occurred a year and a half ago. It's been, oh man, it's been a while. Uh, if that's changed or anything for him. But it seems like this is his favorite sort of like bread and butter combo, even yeah. though we both agree, even though I don't play Paladin Fox, I've listened to you intently enough that O'Kane, O'Chain, oh, why are you using this too much is not, <laughs> an, you know, the correct choice for the majority of the situations in which a Paladin faces. I agree. And it is mistakenly chosen as just the best shield when it is not. And it's just you'll you'll finish this one off. Yeah, it, it it blocks less damage than a lot of other shields too. Even though it blocks the most, the special size like modifiers. size three, right? Um, no, this is a size six shield. It, it that's its special size in that it blocks a ton, <laughs> but and, and it blocks a lot of damage. Like don't, like don't get me wrong, it's just that the other shields will block more damage. Um, but it's size six. The, the higher the size, the more damage it blocks. You know, right? Historically, 
historically, but not in this case. Because <laughs> in this game, we have never covered shield block sizes. This is like very old school mythology for this game. Was it like two is a buckler, three is a kite mm-hmm. shield, four is like a tower shield? No, one, one is a buckler. One's a buckler, and then like yeah, like, and then there's like round shields. Round shields. So buckler is the smallest kite one. Then you have those round maple shield bullshits. Then you have a kite shield, which is literally a kite shield looking thing. So the typical Sandorian shield you see. Four would be a tower shield, like the literal item, the tower shield, which is old school. You would not see it. It's level 75. You will never see Paladins use those. Yeah, Yeah, it's level 75 era. It was somewhat for something for like a minute. And then you have size five is Aegis and size size six. Well, sorry. Um, Oh, there's no mythic. So RA shield, I guess. Raw shield. What the fuck is raw shield? Well, it's, you can't call it Rima for for the size fives. So. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Just just call it. Five, five, just call five, it Aegis. Size, size five Rhea. is is Aegis and um, Relic and Ionic. So Servasta yes, and and, and, and Aegis are both size five and size six. The most specialist of all sizes and rape whistle enthusiasts is Prewin or okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry, okay. Okay, yeah. uh, Prewin so, is a kite shield, right? Uh, Prewin is a kite shield. Yes. So and the the level of damage is the is the rate of block natively plus damage mitigated like the, the higher the shield the lower the block rate but the more defense it typically has to mitigate damage. Yeah, and the defense rating on the shield itself matters too, which is where the shield also fall, falls behind. Um, because it it it, it doesn't have like a a one nineteen. It's a low defense rating for shields, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it it's. It it has a special block modifier though, which is what everyone gets caught up on. And there's a lot of content where you don't even need to put reprisal up, and you can just cap block rate with this thing. And most of the time, if you block as a paladin, like you're going to get hit for zero anyway, especially if you have phalanx on. So it's kind of like a weird point that only like the sweatiest of us nerds actually argue. Um, but there are shields that do something else too, or else in addition to blocking, and you can still cap block rates with them too. Also, so. O-Chain can refill your MP if you're taking damage but it, and you block with it. But if you block with a shield, typically you won't take damage unless you cancel your phalanx, and in which case you've just weakened yourself as a paladin. To, yeah, yeah, as a paladin to receiving incoming damage, whereas you were getting hit for zero before. So, I mean, you can justify it by saying, yeah, you know, now I can cast more more hate spells or, or cure because the thing's refilling my HP, but you're also taking damage and bleeding enmity at the same time. So it's like this weird dance of how min-maxy you want to be. And I mean, at this rate, I can actually argue the effectiveness of Excalibur's app <laughs> to be superior to this. But um, ho- hopefully they improve it in the future. It has a great block rate, but people use it when they shouldn't. And Stravatsa and Prewin are almost always superior. When you're going full content. tank is the reason not to use this anymore, especially with master levels you're arguing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I suppose. It's, it's a poor choice in that case. However... Uh, depending on your build here. So now the, the good thing about master levels and the level of the block rate in the shield is you can really change your build around. So if you're just a basic bitch paladin who shows up the content to tank and you're fucking plus one <laughs> objuration gear, your full full uh, set, yes, uh, then this is not the shield to use because you're just being bad in general, but who fucking cares? You're a shit paladin who thinks you can throw on sock pot a five out of five and be a tank. So nonetheless, Fox, how about this? So Excalibur, and we talk about we have like we have to have an update episode for Beastmaster, Paladin, 
uh, old <laughs> jobs we've done, maybe even Dragoon, like Our episode master levels have changed the face of what's going on. Yes, yes, yes. So we're, we're, we're gear. It's like uh, episode seventy eight. This is seventy eight. Episode seventy nine could be uh, like Dragoon and stuff, like Gluttys and stuff didn't exist when we did that job episode and things that have changed since then. Uh, Paladin in general has especially changed. Beastmaster, those jobs since we did them because they were early episodes, especially Beastmaster, like episode seven. We're on episode fucking two years later, but. Uh, how about this? Being in content where you can have a cap block rate on Paladin, but also use Nagling and deal some damage. There you go. Eh? 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 Oh, as to why you'd use this, the shield? Yeah, well, I mean, just situations in which no. you could, you know, maybe do something else with the shield. No, because in, in the kind of content where you can gear yourself down like that and not be that turtled, you're probably better off just using Nagling and Blurred Shield plus one. Yeah, okay. Um... Because it's a kite shield, and then yeah. it also has the extra 20 block rate on it. Yeah, you got a point. And honestly, I would really wish we would see Paladins who would did that, uh, use Blurred Shield and Enabling. You can do that on Paladin. I've never seen a Paladin. Oh, they, they, probably, they probably have no idea how to gear for, for block rates using that particular shield. Uh, do you want to give you, anyone you, any you tips, probably, Fox? Because that's a special thing. You you probably aren't going to cap it, because like the only reason Prewin gets away with it is, but you're gearing down already, so you can wear Sakpatas yeah. plus Blurred Shield, and even if you're not capping block rate, etc. You still that's true. Yeah, it's still really good for what you're doing, and it's what pal, it's what warriors are fucking doing anyway. So yeah, and you're gonna have like some amount of, of block rate anyway, because I mean you get an extra plus thirty skill. Like if you happen to be ML thirty, if you're not, then you're just gaining it for every master level you happen to get um, along the way. It's I, I wouldn't have any particular pointers about how to use Blurred Shield. It's like, do you want your Savage Blade to hit harder, it but sounds, you don't really care about blocking? Well, there it, you go. to me, it sounds like Paladins who are going to Shoal Sea are really not pulling their weight because they can be using a Blurred Shield and still tanking and doing damage, and they're not doing that. So I think Paladins are just That's not... That's setup. Paladins are not pulling their weight. I think the Paladin can pull its weight just by simply replacing the White Mage but or, or the yeah. Scholar. True, but I mean, if they're not doing that, like a traditional shout group is not doing that, Fox. That's not so true. I mean, filling in that role, if you want to be all the paladin you can be, I mean, you're obviously we've moved so, past Okane. It doesn't even fucking so, exist. It's, so it's not going in, in, a, in a world in a world where where your where your Okane paladin is running around Odyssey and trying to be useful. What I would expect out of a paladin that's not going to try to contribute DPS is that they aren't actually trying to tank these poles and that they're just trying to get the poles to the DD as fast as possible. As they should. As they should, yeah. They should be also be going out of the way on like floor three in, in Shoal Sea to try to pull the downstairs and then go pull the upstairs while the DD, you know, roam around killing the stuff that's already there with the group. Because the Paladin's not contributing DPS anyway, they might as well save the DPS or walk. I think so they floor be doing three well. is the biggest area to maximize in your Shoal Sea mm-hmm. run if you're trying to get extra segments slash gill, of course. But yeah. segments for farming uh, mobs and stuff, because certain people run out apparently. Uh, I don't know how it fucking happens, but they run out. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, yeah, well, if you spam nothing but that event, I guess you would maybe eventually. Well, I run out because I do your your runs and <laughs> Well, you're runs. doing double run. Yeah, I'm doing all kinds of fucking Sometimes runs. with your with not using your Okan. <laughs> oh never. Yeah. So is there any <laughs> world in which you think it's worthwhile to make an Okan and have it and be like, hey, I have Okan, I'm using it, and you're not Martel. Yeah, if you don't have the 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 fast cast or like haste gear, the recast gear to support reprisal, and you know that you're not getting like haste cap and things like that, like if you can't bridge a reprisal to reprisal, then pre win does you less good. Even at master and level thirty, even at master level thirty, you can still have paladins that have just bought their master level thirty. You know, so it's whatever. well. I mean, um, 
I, I, I didn't never mean assumed, those. I meant in general. I never assume that people have actually looked into what makes a good reprisal set and having the the right amount of recast gear on it and stuff like that. Because uh, a lot of people mess up all of their mid casts and precast sets on Paladin. That's like the number one thing that that people do incorrectly. It's not your idol set. That's easy to make. You can see that everywhere. But a lot of people mess up the the mid cast and precast stuff, and there's a lot of problems in those. And that's also where most paladins go to die is they they go to mid cast or precast and they fucked it up. Um, but those are the kinds of paladins that actually benefit from an okane greatly because that shield is going to protect you while you're not. Well, you don't have the proper buffs on, and you don't have the proper sets on to help you block, and that's uh, that's so maybe something like Kalunga, where you're getting constantly dispelled. No, no, no. Kalunga does so much magic damage that I would actually um, tank him in an Aegis. But uh, when I'm on Rune Fencer fighting Kalunga, the only thing that possibly can kill me is Searing Serration, which is physical damage. Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not concerned with any other effect because those aren't killing. I mean, I'm on Rune Fencer. I have the extra stuff. Paladin has more defense than you, though. Yeah, okay, you're right, because I, I can cast bar fire or something right again, or I have runes on, so that's the difference there. Yeah, in, so. in fact, the, the biggest argument is actually just use Shravatsa in that situation instead of Aegis, uh, and then that way you have the null chance, and you have generic DT, which is going to help you against the, the fetters, which is going to be Paladin's biggest problem, because they don't have the, the native bar element stuff, like you're relying entirely on your white mage, and your Paladin's getting dispelled by Kalunga, so there's the problem there. Um, and Paladin can definitely do it, I mean, we've tanked Kalunga used Paladin before. It's, it's actually not that hard, but you have to stay on top of shit. I can't um, find a Paladin that can fit up to the role. Carrot obviously doesn't take Paladin seriously, so as a Paladin who represents the mass, vast majority of Paladins that we talk about, which is because of the job and has gear, she will die to Kalunga. Just just die. I yeah. have to, I think Kalunga on Runefencer because the average Paladin cannot do it. So, And that's it's the one true, they can. Yeah. And a lot of it is in the midcasts and stuff. Uh, that stuff is, yes. you have to be very, very, spe- I, what I do is I, I actually time them very specifically, but I have very robust midcasts um, to help bridge that gap. But when the fetters come out, that is a problem. And you actually have to like get into the rhythm of how those fetters hit you. And then you have to cast at the tail end of the, of the volley because they'll hit you about six times, and then they'll stop, then hit you about six times, and then they'll stop. And you have to get used to when to cast things so that you don't get absolutely destroyed by that. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Yep. Feel I was just thinking the that. same thing. Bunch mm-hmm. of time. So, also, not to be too divergent from the episode here, Fox, do you want to do the next episode being an update on Paladin, the shields and master levels and block rates, Excalibur, etc., Beastmaster updates, um, Dragoon? Like, do you want to do like a, an outline with me on that? Just stuff on that to have an update on those jobs because uh, Paladin after Shields. Tuesday this upcoming week i can probably start doing something like that yeah yeah because paladin shields have changed since the last time we thought paladin was like episode two and then martel came out for paladin two yeah 30 30 skill changed the the face of it did of a what lot. content you can use what shield on that's for sure and with people taking paladin to shoal c and leveling up master level in general uh being able even just in general, retouching on master level like three, just like in, not that it changes anything, but it's like touching, t- like touching again on. I know we've done it like a mil- like shield has been the number one thing we touch upon, but just it's, of- it's basically what 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 jobs will benefit from skill differences. You have red mage, bard, paladin, 
Um, I'm just saying Sravasta has come back into the mainstream of Paladin Shields where uh, people like, it may be back in the mainstream of Paladin Shields due to master levels and gear sets we have now for Paladin. I mean, I'm not a Paladin, don't I have seen it. more out there, yeah. But it's not recognized in the wide community for how valuable the shield has become. And like Rua did his video forever ago on it, and just like people don't. That's because Martell doesn't support Cervasa the same way I support <laughs> Yeah, but Mar- as good as Martell is, I really think <laughs> I I like Martell. I do, I do. I just I really I don't side with you because you're you, Fox. I side the with you. I with your dick dragging on the ground and your bottomless cauldron. <laughs> I, I don't side with the you because you're you. I side with you because you make much better arguments in terms of how to approach content instead of playing with Egen. I don't. It's true. <laughs> I like how those are the two things that are being compared. They, honestly, funny. it's just if that's the world you live in, it's not the real world. So, like, I think you live in more of the real world of Paladins, Fox versus. Like Martell is great. I, I just I, he's great, and I'm not putting I, I him down. Craft. I just he doesn't theorycraft. This, this is it though. I theorycraft. I then go out and thank shit on Paladin using this theorycraft. I then don't die, and neither does my party. And then I come back and tell you guys about it. I have nothing beyond that. Like he has an immutable, <laughs> uh, you know, persona where you cannot question or criticize that persona in the community. Much like you can't spiteful yeah. mirror you, of course, and you'll be crucified if you do. Thank you, fuck everyone in the community. But you theorycraft and you, you're not explicitly greater of a person. You are just a different animal compared to that other great person who is being compared to here, where he's rather linear in how he, he like he's very successful and very informative, and does great testing, and he's very knowledgeable and wants to know things. But when it comes to like experimenting, he's not an experimental kind of guy. And when you talk about how using Servasta is more important, and he doesn't condone it, you do. I just see that as more of a issue where you're more in touch with how things can be used and he just is not so i think it's more of a situation just identifying that both of them can be used in both situations but not seeing that because the other one can be used in the same under the same situation mathematically you support other one right i mean yeah exactly exactly. he's a math guy so there's no reason not to be like hey this is also good or better than what i use and he just does not do that for some reason it sounds like I mean, I, I don't know if he's like strictly a math guy. Like he does testing, but I don't think he does. I, I don't think I don't know how DP goes on like comparisons or like. OK, that, that would make more sense then. But I, I spend a lot of time in, in the world of of math logic as opposed to math plug and chug. And you'll, you'll see that you'll you'll see that like a lot of I don't know if maybe he's an engineering type, but a lot of the engineering types are the plug and chug ones. And whereas I figure out the problem, I suppose, and then like logic that out i'm not explaining it really well but i live in a world where most of the time i deal with the logic of math as opposed to like whether the numbers matter and that's how i'm able to go through and like identify that yeah okane and Servatza can do the exact same thing but at what point does Servatza pull ahead and or what factors and then i just let i just put the information out there and i tell you that you know i use this in this many situations you can figure it out for yourself if you want to do the same but they don't is the problem. They just like when it comes to Paladin shields and builds, it's kind of like Paladin's the most copy paste kind of job I've seen where, where people don't talk about things outside of the norm for it, unfortunately. And it's a job that has a lot of options outside of the norm that might even be better when it has. I think a lot of people also get excited because they get to fulfill that, that Rima Paladin requirement by having the shield and the shield is incredibly easy to make. It um, is. 
you just you just go in, you just blast the objectives and stuff. You don't even need heavy metal plates like with uh, Dardabla. You you can you can stop after the last uh, after Estasia, and Oshane's fine. Yep, it's really all you gotta go. I mean, it does get a better block rate from having heavy metal plates, right? No. Oh wait, yeah, yeah. Once once you're done with the with the, with the plates, the colorless souls, and the Asdaja horns, it has the same block rate as if you put cinders and rift cinders into it. And okay, and so you stuff. can stop it. You can stop before the yeah, cinders. You, you, I was gonna say, yeah, you, you, I thought you had to like camp heavy metal plates and everything, which is a lot of plates to spend on something still. So oh, well, I'm yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry, I, I said plates generically. Uh, yeah, th- this 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 is actually one of the most effective. Empyrean Simic in terms of the time you spend on it and the gill you spend on it because this is this is free. This is kind of like doing an Aeonic, but it's an Empyrean instead. Except in the terms of plates, it's pretty expensive. You don't have to spend heavy metal plates for Ocean. Okay, no, you you do iron plates from the gull from the uh, uh, okay because I have an Ocane in my house for the last nine years or something that I've never used and it does not have heavy metal plates on it. It just has all the uh, colorless souls yep. and everything spent and the and the yeah horns. so. Yeah, so after horns, then you have a fully functional shield. Oh, so like I always thought you got a better block rate and stuff from having metal plates and stuff besides defense added. Nope, it gives you extra vit. That's, oh, okay. Uh, And a slightly higher defense value on the shield, which matters, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be any difference of a comparison between Servatza and it, because Servatza has such a much higher defense on it. Um, It's fucking 150 on Servatza, so... It's huge, yeah. Servats is insane. Um, that shield is. I'm. I'm glad that I got that shield when I did, and and that. It's whereas, as as it whereas Afterglow at Ocane is fucking forty defense and twenty five hit. That's that's actually really sad. It's less. It's it's more than three times less than the fucking value. Mm-hmm. It definitely needs an update, and uh, Martel even acknowledges that too. That that this the shield definitely needs an update. Needs to do something again. And I think he's starting to realize that it doesn't do anything anymore compared to these other shields. Hey, there's a big description on Wiki here for Okane. So uh, starting at level ninety, Okane is a size six shield, which is the Azdaja horn or the yep yeah. Uh, with, with significantly different properties in size three version that it previously was. Size six shields have 110% base block rate, base block rate being the block rate when the shield and attacker combat skill are equal. With 440 shield skill, which I don't know what you have now, it's probably 500 something, uh, the Okane's block rate will uncap on uh, level 107 mobs, which this should be updated, obviously. Uh, with this really yeah. should be with 440 shield skill and reprisal, Okane's block rate should un uh, should uncap on level 138 mobs. Uh, Okane reduces 60% of incoming damage on block. The breakdown is 40% base from the size six shield and 20% from the 40 defense in the shield. The higher level and afterglow iterations of Okane do not differ from the level 90 version. Da, 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 da. Uh, thus, it's generally considered a, a waste a waste of resources to upgrade past level 90. Yeah, because it, it doesn't do anything for why you're making it. It's a, it's it's a lot of discussion surrounding a shield that just is kind of getting phased out. But uh, well, I mean, it says it's getting phased out, but it's just still, you know. So if if you were a new Paladin Fox outside of Prewin, would you make Okane? Would you go for level? I, 90? I mean, level ninety is not hard to make. So yeah, the the very first thing I made was an Aegis, and then I immediately went and made Okane. And you don't. And use I actually I actually had this shield before I got a Serpentza. And then I got a Servatza and never used Okane again. What? Well, you never <laughs> used Okane again. So yep. you wouldn't make it then, because if you would make Servatza and and Aegis and never use Okane again, you would just never make it. 
Uh, I feel like if you just don't make this shield, you're you're just kind of like wasting potential because the shield is incredibly easy to make. Um, well, let me tell you, on, a, the, on Asura, the competition for Call of Souls is pretty intense right now. Oh, whatever. I, it I is. was doing it wrong. So basically, the, this the shield is incredibly easy to make. And for the situations that the niche situations that come up, you're very likely to embarrass yourself as a paladin having everything but this shield and needing this shield. Like if you're trying to super tank iron giants, for example, um, the iron giants ambuscade, that's like the number one thing that comes to my mind because they constantly dispel you. And this is the best block rate against them because they're, you know, level 139 or less content. So you're going to cap on the, um, the, the problem is that you won't use it anywhere else. So like, because this shield's so easy to make, there's no excuse for you not to just make it in your free time. And, have it as an option should you need it. But that's my really, stance on this. Really shield. niche though. Outside of the Iron I would Giant still Ambuscade, make it. I would still make it. I know um, you would because you're prepared. You're a good Boy Scout Fox. But outside of the Iron right. Giant Ambuscade, is there any other situation in which you really care about the shield? That's a long pause. Ex- stuff like extreme purgation or um like full dispels, because those will shit on prewin. Uh those will also shit on uh Cervatza, because Cervatza does need reprisal. Um, just like pre-win does. Um, those are the kinds of situations. Like if you, if you, for whatever reason, cannot keep your reprisal up, if you're constantly slowed and for whatever reason, no one is taking that slow off of you. Yeah. Or oh, this would be a better shield, uh, provided that you're also not just taking truckloads of uh, magic. So. Okay. That's actually a very clear picture now. So Yeah. It just doesn't happen very often. So I have to add that. <laughs> but yes, those are situations where you would want to use this. Like suboptimal situations is when you use the shield. Alrighty. So in that regard, I think unless Funk or you have anything to add, I think we finally put a uh, capstone on this whole episode here. An Ukon Savura like, stone, if you will. I feel like I've already <laughs> added quite a bit. <laughs> well, I was going to say that nothing to do with the episode, but people want to merge servers and you say what, how what? bad it is for the for getting Imperium weapons, that would just be a nightmare. If oh, you want, they want more merge servers, you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they ask for it in some weird random auction house, I'm stupid.com uh, questions that they ask, but they really don't want merge servers because they don't been want... Talking, they've been talking about it for years, but... They don't want the happen. consequences. They want, they want the people in the economy, but they don't want the consequences of queues for Odyssey, Omen, Ambuscade. Yeah, queues of your... Introducing Azurans into your groups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, the yells as much as, yells. as much as lucifer keeps making fun of asura for having shit players as much as i've had the one the 119 guy which is instrumental for people in this game having people go to his server his server is becoming the new asura so fuck you lucifer <laughs> oh, <that's fucked> up. <laughs> it is it's become the new asura fuck you lucifer well hopefully he listens wow. this long to hear that hopefully <laughs> oh, oh, hopefully <laughs> I don't know. I, I th- are, are we at the point where we're almost rivaling the, uh, the like five-hour... Yeah, yeah. five-hour fucking... The, the new anniversary podcast coming out. It wasn't <laughs> intentional. It's just... It's a thing. So, let, let, oh you my god, three hour. we are almost... Oh, fuck. Before we yeah, started, man. you said you wanted a three-hour episode today. I did, and if you, ta- not if you take away <laughs> the one-hour intro we had, it's still three hours, 45 minutes, or whatever. So... <laughs> and imagine that. You know, I it's thought funny we could be- do... These fucking and you wanted to combine Aonix in this. Fuck I you, we could funk. do Aonix too. <laughs> fuck I, you, Funkworks. Fuckworks here wanted to combine, you know, both my, weapons. It's the gr- giant, great, grand penis rig on the floor. The bottomless Start cauldron with- of this episode. 
It's funny because I made fun of the five hour episode or the five hour anniversary thing. And then we yeah. suddenly just like go put one out. <laughs> How can anyone talk about this shit for that long? Well, well people will be cleaning the garage for a long we time. We talked about this. every job that uses every weapon in the scenario in which it would use it. We like, we didn't just like say, this is the weapon that was possibly used by Masamune. And like, we didn't just do that. We, we talked about the actual implications of the weapons and the well, way they apply to the game on this if, current date, year of our Lord fucking 2020. Fuck yourself. If if we left Kanagi off this list, would anyone have even noticed? <laughs> no. It was the shortest one for sure. <laughs> no. There wasn't even anything good to go with it. And Kanagi, no it's story, kind of... Shrine Maiden, da da da. Okay, next weapon. Something. <laughs> yeah. I Just guess. how it is, man. That's how it is. But I had a good time, so thank you guys. Yeah, same here. Thank yeah, thanks done. for coming back, Fong. Oh, yeah. Until oh. Anox. Hopefully, this gets translated to Japanese so people who actually want a real anniversary can talk about how good this game is, talk about weapons in this game, and enjoy it. And hopefully, someone translates the Japanese for everyone because the 20th anniversary will let you down. Stop crying about it. It's just going to happen. And uh, that's how it is. Next, we I need mean, the Anox, and we need an MSD weapons, and we need MSK weapons. And we'll be all set. I mean, I believe <laughs> it was UD. So you can have an U diversion. <laughs> UD. Oodles a noodles, UD. What's that? Oh, spicy! I'm breaking up. <laughs> oh, my internet. Just don't say anything. We believe you, <laughs> right? Sorry. What's, what's that, Fox? My penis is striking on the ground right now. <laughs> Couldn't hear you over the penis on the ground. <laughs> Bottomless conk conk. The baby dropping the river. <laughs> Fuck you, Lucifer. So okay. Uh, that's it. Uh, there's nothing else unless you want to join r slash Final Fantasy 1-1 or perhaps be a person who sends us a fucking email because we're a bunch of mongoloid cavemen who can't read and perhaps you could be the one to teach us Braille via your email. <laughs> and and all those, those, those shenanigans. So those things and others. And Fox, please leave us with some words of wisdom, perhaps a poem. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, oh, no, Fox. Who is this episode sponsored by? Oh, hang on. Let me, let me <laughs> pull it up. <laughs> uh, this episode you, of WF and is brought to you by the Squatty Potty. Tired of your feet falling asleep while you take in the podcast in the optimal venue? Body betraying you after the third hour opens with the actual topic? Then try out the Squatty Potty, which in, will improve your podcast listening posture and it'll help alleviate those problems. They also make a great icebreaker when a guest comes over. Be sure to tell them how much it's improved your podcast listening experience. Listeners can use the code PORCELAINROD to get free shipping. <laughs> Gold subscribers to the podcast can now look inside this week's email newsletter for a coupon for 25% off the first purchase. Uh, oh, God. It rem reminds me of 4chan Gold. Squatty potty. <laughs> we don't have a gold anything or a tier or anything, so unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know who would want to advertise with us, but I'd be fucking disturbed. Yeah, advertisers have to wait until the very end of the to get the actual ad. <laughs> Unhappy waiting until the third hour for the actual advertisement to come out? The fourth <laughs> hour? The fifth the hour? Minutes. Uh, he's never going to know if you read that. <laughs> oh, I hope Lucifer listens this whole time. So, once again, thank you, Funk, for coming back. We appreciate having you and your. Thank you for writing that nice, beautiful outline. Oh, you bet. That glorious, beautiful outline that you provided to us. some wildfire now. The ASMR of an outline. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you again, Fox, for being yourself, and we appreciate it. And the mashed potatoes. All right, well, uh, 
Later, guys.